What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and many other things. Well, how's it going, Leia? We're back again. How's oh. your week this week? It's well, we're a- all sick. We we did. Yes. We had a whirlwind of things last weekend happen. You had, when did you get your booster? Thursday. Thursday. I thought it was Friday. And the kids you, got their second shot. And you got a sidecar of the flu vaccine just for fun. For funsies. To do it in hard right. mode. Yeah. And we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. And the kids got theirs. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then it was just downhill from there. All I downhill. I do not feel good. <laughs> You're, you still don't feel good. I think you can hear it in my voice. I'm I'm somewhat congested. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But other than that, how are things, uh, how have things been? Oh my gosh, I just watched the most epic meltdown at a school board meeting I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. We, we postponed the starting of the recording of the podcast just so Leia could listen to this live stream to YouTube of the board meeting. And... I wasn't paying that much attention, but it was pretty ridiculous. Okay, so... uh, We talked about this person, by the way. Remember? On the podcast? Okay, so today was board elections. Mm -hmm. So essentially this person... I certainly am bored. Yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. It's board elections. The person that's in the the vice president... The person we mentioned many podcasts ago is vice president. Right. So she's technically up... For presidency. for presidency, yeah, and then the half of the board is split. Mm-hmm. They all speak up against her. All of them, the three. Oh, the three the, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then the other three. It's a seven-person board. Mm-hmm. So the other three, they, uh, they have nice things to say about her. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But the last person to speak, or the second to last person, is the board president. Mm-hmm. And it is a complete meltdown. She starts yelling at one of the other board members, I think accusing him of buying votes. Which is just, nothing bad can come of this. And then she starts talking about how she was kicked out of the Republican club because she went to a Democratic club meeting. Could and you imagine? I'm just like, this is local politics. Nobody actually cares what side of the aisle you're really on. I mean, they just I'm want sure you there, sure to not that... pass taxes. Right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure there are people who really care, but like they're really into it. You know what I mean? Like they're far too into it. Like they make yeah. up a small percentage of the, of sure, the whole. Sure, sure. You know? But it's pretty wild that you get kicked out of a public club because you I don't think that's what happened. I don't think so either. Yeah, but I still. mean, I you know, I'm sure that's how she perceived it and I don't know what actually led up to all of that. But like imagine <laughs> Both these individuals you are pretty are, tone deaf, so I'm not surprised. You are it's your last day as president of the board. <laughs> you know that the meetings <laughs> I really want are, to put a cherry on top are of this streamed one. and recorded <laughs> and posted to YouTube. <laughs> And you just go after everyone. <laughs> it's like that, uh, that oh man, half baked. That when Scarface like leaves the burger joint and he's like, "F you, F you, F you," just going out, calling everybody out. It's just. But then, so what was dumb. really bizarre was that at the end of of it all, mm-hmm. the board member she was yelling at mm-hmm. says, 
regardless of what I said, I have the utmost respect for you. <laughs> and then the president goes and hugs him after all of that. Whoa. I mean, I, I guess it speaks to some kind of unity, right? I, I, I just, don't know, man. And this is how I know I can never get into politics because I don't get it. I, <laughs> like I, it's a complete lack of understanding for me. I mean, I know I am a nerd, but sometimes I look at these people and go, "What a bunch of nerds!" What? I don't know. They're just like they they, they get these real like clicky things that happen, and there's I so much drama, and it's like, oh my god! I just have no idea. What's it's happening. crazy. Anyway. So Leia had a good uh, hour before the podcast yeah. started recording. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, should I watch this before I, I was the podcast? Like, no. No. And then I was like, I, I wanted to see what was going to happen because I had heard that like both sides were trying mm-hmm. to get speakers there. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see what happened. So I watched. Yeah. I started watching late and then I 2X'd it all the way to current time. <laughs> so you're not 1X crew. No, not for board meetings. No. And then... <laughs> It paid off <laughs> big time. <laughs> I have an early day tomorrow, too. I was hoping we could get started earlier. Yeah, no, we're okay. going to, we're moving all, right along. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for clicking on the Hammer to Crash Course podcast. We appreciate it. We do like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. Although today was local politics. But yeah. <laughs> the Ham Radio Minute today is it's time to set your challenges for 2022. Your ham radio challenges. Some of you may have challenges. Ham solutions. Your hams. <laughs> ham solutions. There's a t-shirt. What's your ham solution? Uh, I have always been an advocate of like one good challenge. Set a good challenge for the whole year and start working at it. Get licensed. Get licensed. If you're get a your general. Get your general. Get your extra. Get your extra. And if you're an extra, you could probably do VE in another channel. Like that's not yeah. really a big challenge. Sure. Okay. But at some point you got to add Morse code. Do you have to? You got to got to add Morse code. Or maybe it's a kit, you know, building an actual complicated radio kit. Okay. Learning a little bit more about circuitry. Or like making so many POTA contacts. Making so many POTA contacts. These are all really good things. Or like hitting so many sodas in the Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. So the time is right and uh, the tis the season because people are probably looking at potentially throwing you some scratch or buying you something. So you may need a POTA ready portable radio. Maybe you only have a shack radio. HRO gift cards. HRO gift cards. <laughs> yeah, my mom my mom called me and she was like, Josh, I, I noticed you don't have your Amazon wish list updated because I'm like just Give notoriously <laughs> bad for that. And she's like, would it be okay if I got you gift certificates to that radio store you like? <laughs> and I said, Mom, that would be that would be wonderful, but you don't have to buy me anything. I appreciate it. Why that. is it gift certificates though? Are they gonna come on multiple? Five dollar increments. <laughs> it's a book (laughs) what i like to do it's it's a it's a real ki6 and easy special is uh i I bought the supreme dollar gun and uh, i make it rain with hro certificates when i'm buying uh pl259 connectors when i buy them in bulk i bet billy bob loves that he does that's his favorite because he is an extreme ham (laughs) I did a video with him, and I still catch him when I roll in there, like, watching the video <laughs> of his car. Amazing. You know what his, you know what his yes. extreme ham qualifications are? What? 
He has a tiny car, okay? So he used to have a smart car. I know this is still the ham radio minute, boy. Uh, <laughs> he has a smart, he used to have a smart car, which is like a roller skate, right? Yeah. It's like a. Now he drives a solo. No, he has a slightly <laughs> bigger, it's like a Scion XA or something like that. It's not the the shoot, the square. It's the, not the hamster car? No. It, it But it's similar in size, call okay. like that, similar okay. in size. He, like one of his, his family members, fabbed up a an aluminum enclosure that rivets to the body. Like it's firm fixed rigid center console like below the major center console yeah and he put off 7300 in his car wow an icon 7300 so base station mobile yeah 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 which <laughs> which is funny because like arguably most people wouldn't think mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm looking for a mobile 7300 <laughs> right right which is funny though because if you go back far enough there was a period of time where there were no mobile radios so dudes were just putting base stations in their car. And so literally the joke is laughs in Gordon West because Gordon West has a wagon, an old school Chevy wagon, and he has a base station radio in it. Oh. So like he still drives it around like an old school vintage car, like an old school six, late, six, early 70s. Oh, no, I remember that. The I black love one. that car. The black yeah. one. Yeah, uh -huh. the wagon. Yeah. And he's got like radios mounted in the back and then he's got like a console built in radio in the front, like full on done. So it's like he's been doing this. You I know, know nothing about vintage cars except for the fact that I really like how they look. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some of them. Some of I them like are not great. Yeah. 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 I'm not big into muscle cars. Oh my God, those are the best cars. But I like, I like like very interesting looking vintage cars. Right. Yeah. You you do like mid century modern too. So if there's a yeah. car that's got those kind of <laughs> stylings, like you're you're pretty on board. I would actually prefer to drive like a vintage Porsche than a new Porsche. Like you know a, what I mean? What what vintage of a Porsche? Like just a cute little Porsche coupe in red that's like just completely restored. But you're talking about like the 70s era. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think 60s, late 60s was when they started coming to the U.S. My yeah. dad had one. Yeah. He still talks about missing that car more than anything. That was like his favorite car. He had an Like how much are they? Can we get him one? <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> um, he had like a 912 or a 913 Southern California. It was called an SC. He loved it. He also liked his old Nissan Z, too. Yeah. His uh, 280Zs, the, like the originals back in the day. Those things were pretty sweet. Those They're are like awesome. his equivalents of the S2000 that you miss so much. It is. Yes, very and much. Every time, every time you're mad at the kids, I bet you think about that car. I do. And how much you've given up. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Today, I'm not happy with them right now. Anyway, with that said, we definitely popped a, a can. I'll bring the beer. And uh, <laughs> what are we? What are we drinking today, Leah? Jameson and Coke Zero, because mm. I didn't have time to go buy drinks, and neither did you. <laughs> and we thought, why not slam a bunch of caffeine before bed? That sounds like a great idea. That's and, and I yeah. said, I need something to keep me from falling asleep. <laughs> That's true, because you are a little loopy, right? Yeah. Now, so. Anyway, I'm just going to get loopier. I feel like the sickness has really intensified my buzz. <laughs> I was already <laughs> a little fuzzy. <laughs> then I added another fuzz. <laughs> it's a different kind of spin. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. 
Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams, or the ham curious, and we appreciate it. So now is the time where we take a look at our reviews. I love reviews. We we do have a couple of iTunes reviews. Yay, successful week. Yeah, and we do. That's how Leia knows it was a good <laughs> podcast is when people go and actually give us a review over there. Because at the end of the day, we are gaming the system a little bit. Like the reviews and the rankings for podcasts are basically all done at the iTunes level. Although Spotify, Spotify is definitely pushing some numbers out there. We saw a bunch of really cool posts from people showing us how much time they have spent listening oh, to Oh, they have podcast. a wrap-up, which is like very cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, we, so thank you for everybody who has us in their top five on Spotify. Yeah, and, and the hours and yeah. hours they've been listening to us. So. It's always amazing to me, though, that like for us, it's like, that's a lot of hours you listen to, but then there are podcasts ranked above us, and which like, means Whoa. that's a lot of hours <laughs> you've been listening to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and if you do want to drop us one of those images, feel free to join us over on the Discord and Linkle's in, link, Linkle, Linkle, mm-hmm. the Linkle is in the uh, show it's notes. It's a little link. It's a little link. <laughs> it's in the show notes and join us over on the HRCC podcast chat. Finds little Zelda. You know, it's a little Linkle. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. well, that's young Link. Yeah. Which is a thing. Everybody got, somebody, no, my sister called me out to mention Zelda because the kids have been playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And just loving it. Love it. And she's like, you should have started them on Ocarina of Time. She like shamed <laughs> me on how I'm raising the kids with the, with the video game. She doesn't have a lot of parenting opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she doesn't get involved in much, but that she was. She doesn't even want to have her own kid. No, that was so, like a this, great. I screwed up. Yes. In her, you in her mind. have uh, really led them astray. So. Because it is entirely possible that because the, um, the difference in, in hardware performance and capabilities of Ocarina of Time, because that mm-hmm. came out on the N64, is going to be like potato quality to the kids. Oh, they can't stand potatoes. And I don't know <laughs> that they're going to even want to play it. So that's the curiosity. So we'll see. So we got the first one. It's from G90 and a random wire, which oh. is a very big inside joke uh, within the <laughs> HRCC. Good show, but they need to tighten it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, how am I supposed to listen to my other podcast <laughs> when you guys keep jumping your four-hour shows to the front of the list? In all serious, serious, no, seriousness, though, it's made my commute easier since I moved further from town, especially since it's now through a couple of canyons and poor repeater coverage. HRCC is a fun community to engage with and is what brought me into amateur radio last year. Well, thank you. Amazing. That's awesome. Thank you for joining. Thank you, indeed. <laughs> Thanks to Josh and Leia for the laughs and occasional learning. That's right. We just want to be, as much as we are ham radio adjacent, we'd like to also be learning adjacent. Yes. <laughs> this is from KE58DX, and he says, clones. Clones? <laughs> you missed both references. Star Wars was the first reference. Multiplicity was the second. Clone oh, of a clone. Man. So much for movie knowledge. So I have a rebuttal to that. Oh man, the clone brutal. topic came up because of multiplicity. The whole clone topic came up because of the movie multiplicity. We yes. were always. By the way, we read a review that talked about clones. Right. But we thought that that review was from our previous episodes where we talked about multiplicity and how the clones got done. Oh, I thought that it was 
in reference to the fact that you had posted a YouTube video where there was a second you in right. the video. And then there was a whole discussion on multiplicity and, and it showed up in one of the emails or something like that. So no, multiplicity was always involved in this. I didn't miss that. Hey, now, if anybody hasn't noticed, Josh is very defensive of his movie knowledge. Yeah. Don't, so, yeah. Man. Josh's like weekly tradition before we met was going to either see a movie or buy a DVD every week. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> That's really gone by the wayside. Now. It's all ham radio now, guys. <laughs> now, the Star Wars thing. Um, I am, I got a lot of hot takes, I admit, but I am on a, on a Ridge Tridge guy. Like, ride or die a Ridge Tridge. Not wow. any of this other junk that they've, by and large, I think Star Wars has been killed for me. Like, I can watch the original trilogy. I love it. I grew up watching it. I don't like the new movies. I don't like the... The prequels, and I don't like the new movies. The all that J.J. Abrams stuff. Although J.J. tried his best, uh, I did my best. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. So I'm. I'm not a. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get pulled into those. Uh, he those is, memes for the for the Star Wars, the the later movies. Everything except for episodes four through six don't exist to him. There are some things like the extended universe stuff, like Rogue Squadron. Or oh, the Mandalorian was. The Mandalorian good. is yeah. I mean, the joke is still my favorite. You want to piss off a Firefly fan? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them. Did I say this on the podcast already? I don't know. If you want to piss off a Firefly fan, tell them that how is it that Firefly was the best space western, but The Mandalorian's been re-up for a second season? Oh, brutal. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real big slap in the face. Uh, what was the... All of the animated stuff is pretty good that, okay. that showed up on, on Netflix and, and before Netflix and all that. So there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there, even though it is technically prequel territory, they did a much better job of it. Oddly enough, animation can go a little deeper with the stories, but I didn't completely miss the reference. So, but, but thanks for the review. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for both reviews. We really appreciate it. We do. We appreciate all the reviews. So yes, drop us a link over or drop us a review over on iTunes and uh, give us those five stars. If you're unwilling to type something up. We appreciate it. Okay, Leah, what has been uh, your useful item or items? Oh, this man. Week? My favorite item this week is a Theragun. Oh, my. <laughs> I got God. it on Black Friday sale. I you just kind of impulse bought it. Yeah, well, it was on sale and I was like, my back hurts. But also, if if we don't use it, then we'll just give it to somebody. Right? Right. And so we, I hadn't we, decided. And just for everybody listening, we, we don't just try all our gifts. No, 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 no. We were. <laughs> I, was, I don't like that. Get rid of it. No, I mean, I was trying to decide whether we were going to open it and use it for ourselves mm. or keep it and give it to somebody for Christmas. It was just such a good deal. I think it was like 50 or $75 off or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, what cinched it for me is my friend Helen was saying that she has like a knockoff Theragun mm -hmm. and then she tried her brother's and it was like day and night actually. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, then I'm, I'm going to get the Theragun okay. and it is amazing. Yeah. Like it if is, you have a sore muscle spot, it is insanely good. It just punches you into relaxation. <laughs> Which by the way, if, if you guys want to cheap out on this, there's totally a way to do this. You get your jigsaw. 
and they actually sell Theragun attachments for jigsaws, you, you obviously swap the blade out for this attachment. And it's almost like a hard hockey, street hockey ball that you just pound out your sore <laughs> muscles with the jigsaw. Uh, Theragun is a little easier to use, though, which is pretty nice. Uh, it's, it's very effective. Um, it is. Yeah. I actually felt like I was, I finally like could have a relaxed breath at the end. Wow. Yeah. That's good. I know. That's kind of, yeah. uh, that's, that's a pretty big moment. It yeah. is. I, I will like to the comment for the significant others that get asked all the time to like give a massage. Yeah. You kind of get tired after a certain point. Yeah. Like, we're obviously sure. not massage professionals or getting paid for any of this. Sure. So there's a point where you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and I, and I can't also scroll my TikTok feed while doing this massage. Like you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. So the Theragun is actually pretty nice because you can kind of swap out. And I, I won't say that the Theragun is a direct replacement for all types of massage. Cause there's some things you can do with your hands that are going to be more effective. Sure. Yeah. But it works really well. Like it, it really does. It work just well. vibrates through your whole body. Yeah, you got to be careful. If you put that like too close to your head, it'll shake your brains and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty wild. But also, so there's a lot of articles about how uh, the Theragun can actually lead to weight loss mm -hmm. because it will, uh, the vibrations, because it's a deep <laughs> tissue massage, right? Sure, of course, and, by its nature. Yeah. yeah, but that, the same way a regular massage is supposed to clear your lymphatic system. This all sounds like yeah. major Major woo. woo. I get it. I, I get it. I cannot get on board with this. That's, I, the Theragun came up with this article. The day after... I had the first Theragun massage. I lost a pound. There we go. <laughs> Where do you drain your lymphatic system? Where does it drain? In your pee. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That was fast. Almost as though you were confidently stating that. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I took Ben on a fun little Cub Scout event. Man, you know, a, a I'm really surprised, actually, that they um, they do this event in California still. <laughs> Well, and it's not, and it's one of the events that's not required anymore. It's, it's a, cool though. It's a cool event. You get a yeah. cool pin out of it. Well, I'm assuming all other states or most other states are using 22s, maybe even giving them shotguns. I would not be It's surprised. possible. And like the archery, well, the archery is going to be the same. But this is what's weird. They call it sports awards day. <laughs> and, and the I best guess, kind of sports. I guess you could call it a sports, like an Okay. Every one of those events, aside from Slingshot, is in the Olympics. Sure. But if you... Both if, winter and summer. If you said to the average person, I'm going to sports awards day, you're assuming, one, it's a whole day of giving awards for sports like basketball, baseball. Mm -mm. Sports awards day is shooting day. It's, it's for what we can make shoots of. <laughs> and so it was a cool little event. It was a Slingshot and um, Archery. Which and Ben loved. Ben loved the he archery. He loved it so much. I'm actually looking into archery classes for him. And then there was a BP gun uh, shooting range set up. And it was just all Red Riders. There was oh, a yeah. couple of kids that had Red Riders, or at least their dad had Red Riders. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty good, but most of the kids were just bad. And Ellie I, was pretty good. I didn't see Ellie's target. I saw it. because Oh, I saw she shot pictures. after us. We were already, we were already yeah. gone by that point. And actually, Ellie and her dad, who is my friend uh, mm -hmm. Helen's daughter and uh, husband, they loved it so much, they went home and immediately started shopping for BB guns. <laughs> oh, my God. They need, to, <laughs> yeah. they need to message me before they go buy a bunch of junk. 
I'll, I'll let them know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did really well with the archery. Most of the kids did deplorably at the slingshot, which <laughs> I don't understand, except for the fact that the ammo that they were using was like pinto beans. <laughs> and I shot it. I shot because the, 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 there was like a spot where they had a couple open slots and the, the docent or whatever is like, if some of the parents want to try. So I just ran up there like, heck yeah. You're like me, me, me. Yes, yes. And I fired it. And like the, if you get the if you get too much like velocity mm-hmm. going, the, the bean will actually just like split itself apart midway. <laughs> I was so pissed off. <laughs> it was so frustrating. I'm like, I'm glad I bought all these BBs with me. No, I didn't. But. I did think about bringing my pellet gun, but then I realized it was like a camp, like an organized yeah. thing. I thought it was just some dads like doing a scout thing. I was like, yeah. I was, you, I'm you, just going to bring all my crap. You asked me multiple times, are you sure we don't need to bring anything? Are you sure we're not supposed to bring our own gear? And I'm like, man. I'm walking it's, around with an over-under <laughs> shotgun broken over my shoulder. Like, we don't even have... <laughs> I don't even know what you're, what you're thinking right now. I'm pretty sure that's a felony that you just committed <laughs> with all these kids here. Uh, so anyway, but the but the point of this was I was wearing my FT5DR, um, my Yesu. Sure. And I had my glow-in-the-dark signal stick on it. Uh-huh. And I got a bunch of people asking me, like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a ham radio. And they're like, what do you do with that? I'm like, well, this is for local what kind of scout people are you? You don't know what a ham radio is. But the is. best part about this is, like, the, the scout, the, the, the group of scout people that were running the event scout masters you will well they're not all scout masters they're like either scouts they're volunteers for that event it's a it's a camp it's a scout camp we went to this scout camp wait does do scout masters have like certain criteria to meet they can't they're not just the volunteers no understand what i'm saying okay (laughs) this is a scout camp there's like a pool and canoes and things like it's a it's a place like it it is a place for scouts to go and do multiple merit badges like it's can we just just go there not like with an organized group they built a freaking fort there's a fort like an old school frontier fort that they built okay so the at a scout camp there are both scouts that are either employed and making money because they okay. have a certain set of skills, like yeah. life just like Liam Neeson's, just like Liam yeah. Neeson's, <laughs> all of this, right? They like multiple levels of people that are there volunteering. There's people that are running the camp because they're not usually not for profit, and then you know, et cetera, et cetera. They're all rock and bow fangs. Are they really? They're all rock and bow fangs. Like, but the no screen. Oh, gotcha. Dial on the top okay. bow fangs, and the guy who was doing the BB gun who reminded me a lot of the dude who shot, like basically showed me how to shoot better, like okay. taught me how to shoot better. All right. Reminded me so much. And his name was Ed too, which is hilarious. Oh, is that the guy who's at the gun shop? Ammo Bros? Yeah. At least yeah. he was. Yeah, I don't know if he's still there because of COVID. I'm <clears throat> I remember guy. when we walked in there and you were, and he was like, you look familiar. And, and then like, you were Ed? like, you look familiar. <laughs> And it was like, that was a big, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because it was literally my scoutmaster. It was like behind the counter selling guns. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> When you were coming to like buy a gun or register a gun or something. Right? Who, yeah, who knows? Anyway, so they're all rocking Baofangs. And he saw mine, the scoutmaster guy, and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a Yesu FT5DR. And he's like, that's pretty cool. He's like, hey, could you use that to figure out what these frequencies are on this, on this <laughs> And I'm like, I probably could. I'm like, but. Uh, this is my son. I'm like, but there's like 11 kids with BB guns right here right now. 
because he was the he was the one guy doing all the BB guns, and everybody was backed up. All the little packs were backed up. You're just up. standing there talking about I'm ham radio. I'm just talking ham radio with this dude. We're not watching the kids. It was, you know. A couple of kids shut their eyes out. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> Didn't learn his lesson. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. So you're suggesting that people get the FT5DR with a glow signal stick to derail scout events. That's right. <laughs> or um, it doesn't have to be an FT5, but I still recommend everybody get a signal stick, which you already know. Uh, there is the glow in the dark signal stick, which is really, really cool. And then there is the ha- the HRCC special, which is just the unofficial special, which is the uh, orange or yellow signal stick with the yes. black base and uh-huh. tip. That's very popular. Uh, I bet those two colors really make kids go, what is that? <laughs> particularly at night yeah. when you're walking and you glow in the dark. And then you have a, a, a black light, handheld light that you keep using to regenerate your glow, you know? Right so on, So people right keep on. asking you about the antenna. Because <laughs> I don't do that or anything. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, what's the per- 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 preparedness corner? Oh, yeah. I've got a thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to be. So funny. All right. Well, this uh, week is, uh, I think every holiday season, I talk about this. Don't burn down your Christmas tree? No. Ways to protect your home while you're on vacation. This is a different site I'm using. Okay. Includes a detailed guide. Let Noah know that you're going to be out of town. Yeah. (laughs) Noah already knows. (laughs) I mean, thanks for telling us, but uh, do you know who we are? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a weather radio in your home? That's right. All right. So the first tip is to invest in a monitored security system. We talk about this all the time. Uh, the Ring system's great. I think Nest has one too. Nest has one. Simply Safe is another one. But the cool thing is anything where you can, from your phone, see what's happening around your house is going to give you peace of mind when you are. Yeah, try not to have any like dead corners or spaces where there isn't coverage. So then that's where they would break. Because these people aren't, people aren't stupid. They're going to look around for where you don't have cameras and then that's going to be the window you break. You know what's really interesting though Mm -hmm. is if you have like an Alexa Mm -hmm. and there is the sound of breaking glass in your house, it sends you a notice on your phone. Yes. So. That literally happened in our home, right? It happens repeatedly when we're watching movies and there's the sound of breaking glass. Oh. I always get a message. It's like, it sounds like there's broken glass in your home. <laughs> Was there an earthquake? Did you remember to put your shoes by your bed? No. <laughs> but also, the other thing you can do with an Alexa is you can do drop-in where you can use your Alexa to listen to what's happening in your home. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have... And I... I understand not wanting maybe interior cameras in case something is hacked in your home Mm -hmm. and just having cameras on the outside, Mm -hmm. but the ability to hear what's happening in your house. Mm -hmm. If you hear, if you get a notice that's like broken glass, Mm -hmm. 
and then you do a drop in, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to hear if there's somebody in your house. Right. You know, so that's uh, that's probably a cheap way to. If you are looking for an interior camera, though, wise cams are really, really inexpensive. Um, check that out if you're if you're looking for an interior camera. They're also magnet based, so you, I believe you can actually set them up outside too. But mm -hmm. um, they work really well inside. Yeah. All right. Uh, put a pause on your mail deliveries. Oh, particularly if you're going to be out for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that online. Just make sure you're doing it with enough time for them to stop the mail from coming because the last thing you want is. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for anything that you are getting shipped to your home, obviously, if it's not something you can stop from arriving when you're not there, mm -hmm. make sure you have somebody who's going to be near your home, like a neighbor or something that can grab that package for you. Obviously make it somebody you trust, not somebody who's going to be like, Ooh, look at this box that I find very interesting. It's, it's weighty. Yeah. <laughs> but also have somebody who can keep an eye on your house. Right. There, there have been times where this we, is why it's always good to have like a, a close knit group of neighbors. If you yeah. live in an area where mm -hmm. a neighbor can see your home, you know, I, kind of thing. we were um, on a trip once. I think it was a big bear trip last year where an alarm, a motion sensor alarm inside our house went off. That was so frustrating. And I was like so freaked out. It happened like, in the middle of the night. The trip. I almost packed up the car. And, yeah. Well, I almost just drove down. And my dad happened to be, um, my mom had come with us, but my dad didn't. And my dad actually came and went around the entire building. We also called the sheriff. The sheriff walked the entire thing. They did. And we were able to see on our surveillance system the areas that the the sheriffs covered. They walked around the whole house. Mm -hmm. So uh, There was no signs of glass yeah. breaking, whatever. We found out later, and also this particular motion sensor was like in an interior room, like a secluded interior room. Right. It's like... The, the signal came from inside the house. <laughs> oh, it's the ghost alarm. It's just the ghost <laughs> alarm going off. Uh, so that sensor has been updated. Oh, the really frustrating thing was when the alarm went off, mm -hmm. there was a gap in like um, recording. That was the frustrating part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there was... And we just got done saying how good Nest is. But I think... Or Ring, sorry. I think that the reason that there was no recordings was because nothing was happening on the outside. Right, there was the literally nothing. Yeah, 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 it was just a false alarm. But um, so, and had I had the drop-in feature at the time, I would have just dropped in to hear if there was something going on in the house. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, have somebody keep an eye on your empty home. Yes. Um, set a timer for your electronics. Yeah, there are timers now that I believe are smart enough that they can actually uh, change, like when they come on and when they go off. Right. Because then you don't want the Home Alone effect. Remember, we all uh -huh. learned from Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> when they're, you know, the the sticky bandits are sitting in the uh, the van. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's the wet bandits in the first one. Ha ha! There's a movie poll. Nobody at me on that one. Then I screwed up the <laughs> sticky bandits from Home Alone. Corrected two. quickly. Uh, so the wet bandits are in their van, and that's when they show that the lights come on at a predictable time. Uh huh. So that's that. Um, I'll I'll throw it if you if you were going to say it. The radio. Yes. Okay. The Sorry, radio. I, gonna, I stole your thunder. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, because you're the one who sets it up every time. Usually, I will set up a AM FM radio radio on the the flamethrower that is our AM six forty station, and just leave it on that in the kitchen. 
and then I'll turn on my ham radio too. And so some of you are saying, well, what frequency do you pick? Because sometimes the bands are going to be dead, right? 40 meters is pretty good. Uh-huh. I like uh, 7.190. There's always seems to be a lot of activity, particularly at night uh-huh. on, on uh, 7.190. Or I'll put it on WWV and I'll go towards the higher side of those frequencies. And that's just the time. That's just the mm. clicking, yeah. click, 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 and then the human voice that comes in every once in a while. What's kind of cool is that you can put in multiple timers, right? And then you make it so that certain areas of the house turn on. Right. And then turn off at other times so mm-hmm. it looks like somebody's in the house. Mm-hmm. There's also even devices that simulate TV. Oh. Like it's not actually a TV, but it Oh, will... the light will flicker? Yeah, so it looks like the TV's on and there's somebody watching TV, mm-hmm. right? Uh, keep your lawn mowed. Oh, this is, sense. I mean, I guess this is not a big problem in the winter. But in the summer when lawns grow very quickly and maybe you're gone for a week, right? Make sure before you go, um, if you're in a cold climate, shovel all the snow off your lawn and then mow it. Yeah. I mean, the big deal, the big deal about your um, lawn being mowed or like things looking unkempt, Mm -hmm. unkept, is that people might think that the house is abandoned if mm. the landscaping's not being taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then they'll break in just to like get in your house and squat. Oh, and then you can't kick them out in California. <laughs> then you go to a victim. It's a 30-day notice. It's a whole thing. <laughs> so this is an interesting Squatter's tip. rights. Yeah. Well, not, it's not a week, but it's you know. It's a joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank you. But, <laughs> so this is a really interesting tip, and I would have never thought this, but keep your tools and ladders locked away. Don't give criminals the tools they need <laughs> to break into your home. <laughs> I know you like to outside. keep your bolt cutters next to your <laughs> your ladder <laughs> on the side of the house, but uh, maybe don't do that. It's like, don't make it a crime of opportunity. Next, tied and then tied together with a piece of wire with your spare set of keys on it. Yeah, the, the ladder up to a window that's open when you're gone. Right, it's just like a magnet, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, a criminal is just walking by, and they're like just drawn to it. Right, right. And if you use one of those fake rocks that you hide keys in that's meant to go in the garden not on the ladder yeah (laughs) and i mean obviously the rock thing Mm -hmm. don't leave like rocks that can break your windows in your landscaping that that is like a terrible thing to landscape i i only um all my all my gardens are filled with the uh, broken ceramic pieces off of spark plugs That's what I exclusively <laughs> use for my uh, for my flower beds. It's amazing. So leave a car in the driveway. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you're a two car family or more, and you normally park in the garage, why don't you steal a car and leave, just put it in, <laughs> in your driveway? But also leave it in the primary spot. Yeah, yeah. Like don't make it look like <laughs> that the car, main car that's being driven. <laughs> it's just. Not park it on the lawn. (laughs) Mow it first, though. Yeah. You don't want to lead people to believe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before you put the car on cinder blocks, please mow the lawn. (laughs) Beef up your security system. So in addition... Set an elaborate Rude Goldberg (laughs) trap. 
add extra sensors, install additional cameras. Like if you think you have a good security system now, think before you leave, <laughs> what can I do to make this more expensive? <laughs> That's right. All right. Keep your vacation plans away from social media. This is a Yeah, that's huge. Because people really are. Oh, do you know what we recently found out (laughs) about social media? Is that debt collectors can now use social media and cell phones to, and I'm not saying anybody's in a debt collector situation, (laughs) but (laughs) there are people watching your social media, Mm -hmm. right? Criminals, debt collectors, the government. Is is that why HRO is trying to do a phishing attempt on me? (laughs) (laughs) To pay off my debts? The TikTok we saw was actually some guy who was uh, basically getting catfished. It was... It was so good. It was this... uh, They sent pictures of a woman pretending like they had met previously. Like Vegas or something. Yeah. And then that she wanted to like come out and see him, but she didn't have the cash to... um, to see fly him. out for the ticket. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll cash app you or whatever. You know and what then, the best part about that is? And is she, the fetish? No. Oh. No, no. The fact that he said, I have no bills this month. Yeah. And she said, no, but like reiterated it. Yeah. No bills? Yeah. Like no bills? Yeah. And it was from the... <laughs> Declare. And then she was like, well, I've got this thing about doing it in um, in the living room, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, uh, she's like, I really like living room furniture, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, well, guess what I've got in my living room? Furniture. So he cash apps her. Mm-hmm. And then she responds with that his debt to rent a center has been paid off for the living room sectional. <laughs> <laughs> and so even if that's not real, it's oh, it's so not real. funny. <laughs> it's not real, but it's very funny. So I actually ended up looking it up and yeah. they can absolutely use social media and reach out to you by social media and like by any means. Yeah, but they necessary. can't like they can't like entrap you. That's kind of entrapment. That is probably entrapment? wouldn't hold up in court. Is it entrapment? I'm guessing, yeah. I don't know. I mean entrapment is probably the wrong word. Because but... it was a debt he owed and then they cleared the debt when he cashed out her. Or him, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, they ask no bills. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like excellent. <laughs> okay. I was thinking it would be a fun trick is um, set your uh, radio frequency when you're away to like a known number station frequency, and then if oh. somebody breaks in the house and they're like one seven nine creepy eight, and they're like, "Yo, this house is haunted. We gotta get out of here," <laughs> or they're in some Illuminati business we don't want to be a part of. Okay, so keeping your plans away from social media. That's Mm -hmm. just, if you want to share a picture, share when you get back. Yeah, nobody's going to know. Yeah. Uh, Unless you go to a YouTube channel. But even I record most of my videos, then go home. Yes. I I do live stream from the locations sometimes. It's not real smart, though. Not great. Yeah. Uh, But a lot of times we, like actually the vast majority of times, we have somebody staying at the house. Right. We hire security, armed security (laughs) with, with pit bulls. Exactly. We fill the house with pit bulls. And they also have guns. The pit bulls have guns. <laughs> Come home to just a house full of dead pit bulls, full of negligent discharges. Okay. It's rent a pit. 
lock your valuables uh, away in a safe hidden lockbox. Uh, just secure it in a way that even if somebody were to break in, they're not going to get anything. Too oh, good. please. Message to everybody. Bolt your safes down. Please bolt your safes down. <laughs> please bolt them down. Like, even if you've got a really crappy gun, not even a safe, a cabinet. A lot of people run in cabinets. That's fine. I'm not throwing any shame at you. Bolt them down. Make it harder. A cabinet's not going to stand up to a good pry bar, but still. Um, yeah, seriously. Um, do, do the right thing. So if you have, um, keep your regular schedule of people, like if you have like gardeners or pool guys, mm-hmm. don't tell anybody that you're going away. Did you pay Just, the gardener, by the way? I did. Okay. I saw the video. <laughs> I gave him like, extra oh, no. too. <laughs> okay, good. Was he happy? He was. He didn't even care. He was like, I don't know how much you owe. <laughs> he cares. The man's working hard. He really is. Yeah, he's really good. So, yeah. Uh, so yes, he's like, I'm really into ham radio. (laughs) No, that's not what happened. So yes, keep your gardeners, pool guys, all of those people who would routinely come to your house, Mm -hmm. uh, coming. Um, but if you, for some reason, don't trust them to come to the house, tell them I'm definitely not not leaving this week. Yes. (laughs) I'm definitely not going on vacation. Just tell them that you have... That car that looks stolen definitely is mine. (laughs) On the lawn. (laughs) It's just... It's my my crashing car. All right. Uh, Keep it on the down low. That's... (laughs) What? (laughs) That's what this... Isn't that code for like yes an undercover gay thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. So along with keeping your pictures off social media, don't go around telling everybody you're going on vacation. We're touring like, rest stops this month. <laughs> like if you have shady coworkers, don't tell the shady coworkers you're going out of town. If they ask, oh, where are you going on vacation? Just like, why why are you going on vacation? You just be like, you know, I got to. Bro, it's a down low weekend. What do you gotta, don't worry about? <laughs> Mind your business. Can I come too? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I don't find you attractive in that way. Uh, hide your GPS. So, what? yeah, it says you may not have considered this, but the GPS system in your car can double up like a red carpet to your empty home to would-be burglars, leaving your GPS on display in your car at the airport or hotel parking lot makes it an easy target for thieves to oh, break into your car. Take it and say, take me home. Yes. <gasps> yes. At the airport. Yes. That is. That's a hot tip. Man. Never been done before. <laughs> well, apparently it's been done many times. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. All the more reason to really like Uber to the um if you if you can afford to do it or if you have somebody kind enough to drop you off. To I mean there there are cheap there are yeah. cheap parking locations you can get at most airports, but it's not really convenient. You gotta yeah. get to the airport like way earlier. You gotta get yeah. ready way early. Um it's often much cheaper just paying for an uber yeah yeah much cheaper depends on how long you're going to be it is the convenience for the price and the price is generally cheaper um when you total it up because it's cheaper to get to the airport it's much expensive more expensive to come home i have gotten yes some 
gnarly Uber bills. Yes. Before and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going home. <laughs> Here's my GPS. You know where to go. Uh, the next one is to think about investing in smart lighting. The smart LED bulbs come with software that connects to like apps and stuff like that where you can put on vacation mode as a theft deterrent. The lights turn off and on to mimic the usual behavior mm-hmm. of the. So instead of you programming it, it goes, I know what your normal routine is and I'm going to turn the lights on and off based off of your normal routine. Okay. So that's pretty good. So then thieves are like, wow, there's just some normal humans living here. Right. <laughs> I've been watching this house for a while and the light patterns have not changed. <laughs> it is very normal. Yeah. <laughs> this one says to tell your neighbors. Uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. It, no, Depending it, it on, does. It, I mean, you tell the neighbor that you trust. Don't go around telling all your neighbors you're going to be out of town. Oh, like take you the sign down? Huh? I should take the sign down. Yes, take signs down. (laughs) Uh, Consider your curtains. Your curtains or blinds. Please consider our curtains. A a shutter or shutters. Tell the story um, to anyone who's watching your home of what's happening. So if you usually leave your shutters half open or blinds rolled half up, if you suddenly shut them, that's like a dead giveaway that you're not home. Okay. So your your that's pretty like window dressing. That's like a lot of people casing constantly. Well, I mean, to build we, this kind of like case yeah, report on, sure. on this house. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Don't stash your key. I think that goes without saying. Don't leave. We said put it on the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Have someone take out the trash for you. Uh, a house that Have you're going to be. Have them dress up like you. <laughs> Because the same people that are looking at the the curtains yes. are probably going to put two and two together when their your neighbor comes out to take the trash out and be like, that's not normal. Yeah, that's not the guy that normally takes out the trash. With, with, uh, with a family with such normal lighting as these. <laughs> to have someone not the homeowner take out the trash is very not normal. Very suspicious. I don't think they're home. But really, um, uh, trash cans that are not taken out to the curb mm-hmm. when it is trash day is a dead giveaway that that house mm-hmm. is probably not home. And all it takes is a criminal to know what the trash schedule is. And they drive down those streets on the, trash the day. The pro move is generate more trash than normal to where uh-huh. your trash bag is basically like the lid is like at a 45 degree angle, uh-huh. just stuffed. Yes. And then you can set it on a Monday or whatever day. Don't matter. Yeah, but if it's you, full. But if you leave your trash can out too, to the point where like it's like days after trash day and it hasn't mm-hmm. been brought in, they know you're not home either. You know? I think the stolen car gives you a good cover for that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just put the trash in the car. <laughs> no, like wreck the car up a little bit before you park it. It sets the vibe for the front of your house. <laughs> Run into leave, some things. Leave, leave all kinds of things in the front of your house that... That scream. I don't want to mess with this yeah. guy. <laughs> you've, you've just got like uh What is it? Um, what is the weight bar thing? The weight bar <laughs> thing. You know what I'm talking about? The, the deadlift uh, through bar? Through your arms <laughs> frantically moving up and down. The deadlift bar. I'd leave it in front of your house, but with like 300 pounds on it. So then they just steal that? 
No, they'll be like, that guy lifts <laughs> right in front of his house. So, you know, he's, he's buff. <laughs> I think he was just punching the car. <laughs> this guy's trying to recreate E Honda's 100 slaps <laughs> in the bonus stage of single player of Street Fighter 2. Uh, add a smart lock to your door. I don't agree with this. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. The smart I don't, locks are not a good idea. I don't trust them. I, have I, a, I, I feel like lock picking lawyer is um, who I reference for most locks. I don't know if yeah. anybody else does this. I hope other people do this. If you're like in in the market for a lock, please go look at Bosnian Bill, who's actually my favorite. I prefer Bosnian Bill um, over lock pick lawyer, lawyer, but I love them both. And just search the lock that you're thinking of buying, including your deadbolt locks, and just watch these gentlemen just. Uh, molest these locks they're just they get through them so fast it's ridiculous and then you just think to yourself well uh criminals aren't going to use like they're not going to do these finessey lock picky things sure they're just going to throw a rock through a window or whatever but still like padlocks all that stuff consider like looking that stuff up but the smart lock is actually the key padded lock no i understand but they've also done videos on those like picking them and bypassing them yeah they're not some of them are not hard to bypass so what's funny is i have a friend who has one of these on their house and i was like walking back from the park with like a gaggle of kids one of the kids from the house and the four-year-old runs up to her she's like i'll open it (laughs) she just punches it in and we go in we're like uh, probably mm, a fourth of a block away from her when she like shoots at to oh, do up. this. Let me record this real fast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would not recommend that. I think that's bad advice. Uh, install a sensor light. That's kind of a no brainer. Install a lot of sensor light. Yeah. Just get the cheapy ones with some solar panels. Okay. Cheapy is probably the wrong word, but some decent inexpensive ones. There's a lot. So go nuts. Install a fake burglar alarm unit or stickers. Install a fake burglar. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's already breaking into the house. I'm going to let him do his thing. <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> but it's like a hamburglar. It's <laughs> just like somebody who looks like they're at your door trying to pick your lock. It's like, oh, somebody's already, they've got it. Okay. I'm just going to move box. on to the next You house. just have like a, a, a machine that just keeps going rabble, rabble. <laughs> so that way, when you drop in with your Alexa, you're like, oh, it's still saying rabble, rabble. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> Everything's good. So <laughs> what's interesting about this is that a good tip for if you do have uh, a security system mm-hmm. is to not put the alarm system, the sign that says you have an alarm system for the company you have it for. You like, for instance, if you have ADT, mm-hmm. put up a brink sign. So then there are people who think that they know how to bypass one system and then it's actually a totally different system, mm-hmm. you know? So that is some gamesmanship that I don't know. <laughs> All right, disconnect the garage door. This is a really good tip because once we had left for somewhere overnight. I actually have an extra tip tip on top of this one, but go ahead. And our, when we got home, I don't, it might not have been overnight, but when we got home, the garage door was open. Just open. And we knew we that it was why. closed. We ended up actually calling the police to have them walk through mm-hmm. the house to, to clear it for us. Mm-hmm. 
and there was no signs of anything being taken. Um, but the worrisome thing about that is that a lot of people say that there are um, burglars who go through and they they test. Yeah, you, and you, this is a real thing. Yeah, they go through and they test for for door scan codes. Yeah, and then when they figure out that they can open a specific one, they come back at another time. And to this is generally old openers. This yeah. is not like newer openers have uh, a hashing system. Yeah, with hashing system yeah. that that's that's harder to 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 get through. I will go a step further, and this is my even if you have a good system, there is a usually a red line with a handle. That is on um, most most of the points where the door itself, the the mount point, the catch point, mounts to the screwdrive. Okay, it's a, it's a big screw that runs through a, an opener, and it just spins really fast, and that's what opens it. Okay, there is a release mechanism that's usually on the end of a hand. There's like a ball or a plastic cylinder or like a T handle. I've actually gone in and just removed the handle. Oh, and leave a bare piece of rope. And the reason for that is, and I don't think this is a common ex- occurrence, but you technically could build some kind of contraption and a coat hangers or whatever that reaches inside, hooks that ball mechanism, and pulls it loose. Ooh. And so then it's bypassing the opener completely. That door is just free opening. Interesting. So I went in there and, and removed the handle. So it's just a bare piece of rope. Wow. All right. That's a, that's a hot tip. All right. Uh, tell your local police department. A, a lot of uh, cities will have something called vacation uh, watch. Mm-hmm. So if you tell the police department, they will go by your neighborhood mm-hmm. um, more often on patrols, mm-hmm. and they'll know to check your house <clears throat> to see if there's you know anything open or things like that. Right. But I mean that may be something for smaller towns and more affluent towns, I guess. <laughs> Uh, install a video doorbell. We've already talked about that kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, double check your security devices before you leave. Make sure everything is operational. Don't have like a false sense of security and that it's all working. Make sure that like your video connection to your security system is working. And if Mm -hmm. it's not working, make sure you get that resolved before you leave. Uh, protect your home against floods. Hmm. So, because a flood can oh, come and really rob bad. you. That would be really bad. Oh, floods are it notorious so for coming in and just taking all your stuff. With the power of water. Yes. <laughs> that would be really horrible if you had a flood when you were gone. I'm sure that's happened to people. And then it's just, everything's ruined at that point because the water's just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, protect your home against storm damage. Kind of the same thing. Like... Uh, basically prepare for if whatever the potential inclement weather might be mm-hmm. uh, that could be very damaging. Make mm-hmm. sure you're protecting against that before you go. Uh, protect your <laughs> protect against fire in the home. Always right? turn your stove and oven off. Yeah, and check your... And then get in the car after you've prepared everybody and everybody's all comfortable. Yeah. And then say to yourself, I forgot to check the stove. Yes. And then get out of the car. Or actually, no, drive you've two be dri- miles. Yeah, yeah you've got to be far enough away. away that you have to turn around. Turn around. It's super inconvenient. Do, always yes. do that. Always yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> really lay down a good foundation for your future of OCD. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, check for, for smoke alarms. The right. other thing that the Alexas will do is if a smoke alarm goes off, it will send you a message. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, the Alexas are only like $30. Sure. You know, so... Some people don't want that in invasion of privacy and whatnot. I understand. Well, I mean, but you can just get the Alexa to use when you're not home. Oh, and just put Do you it know in. what I mean? It's yeah. in a, you know, it's not listening to you because you're not there. <laughs> I don't argue home. I cannot give you, I cannot show you things on Amazon if you're not <laughs> home and talking about things that you may want to purchase. Uh, check your household insurance policy. Make sure that it's active. Take out more policies. <laughs> then. Or hire a house sitter. There you <laughs> well, go. One that you can trust, not one that when you come back will have trashed your house and like disappeared. Mm -hmm. I saw the most terrible. Somebody had had their sister mm -hmm. come and house it while they were gone. And when they came back, the sister wasn't there. The sister's child had demolished things. There was like poop on the walls and like dirty diapers everywhere. And like stuff that was damaged, it was because they had stayed there for over two weeks. I oh think. my goodness. And it was just, and the sister said nothing, just like also used a bunch of the homeowner's clothes. Like it, it was really weird. So make sure whoever you're using for house Have sitting. Have a good sister is the yeah, recommendation? I guess. <laughs> That's. Those are, those are all hot tips. I mean, those are life lessons. Yeah. Lessons on how to deal with your family. Yeah. Lots um, of things. Practical jokes on robbers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's that was a good one. Yeah. That was really good. And tis the season because a lot of people are traveling and whatnot. So it's important yeah. that people pay attention to those things and be prepared. Well, moving forward into voicemails. And it sounds like we do have a couple. Leah, what have do you got for us? We do have two. Yeah. Okay. Love voicemails. Hey, Leah, Josh. This is Ham Solo. Kilo Zero, Foxtrot, Yankee, Romeo. Right and I'm calling you from a top Capulin volcano in New Mexico. <gasps> I'm wow. here doing a summit and parts on the air activation at the same time. And it is really cold. Oh. About 20 degrees with a 35 mile an hour wind. Wow. I just got the summit and the park activated with about 25 contacts. And I wanted to say, hey, appreciate uh, listening. And, and uh, I'm glad to... Uh, I got a chance to call in and leave a message. This is Dan Solo, K0FYR, saying 73. Well, thank you, and, and you did a great job. The wind noise was not that bad at all. We barely heard any of it. It almost didn't sound like he was on. Can I just say, like, how honored I am that you got to a summit at and a volcano in New Mexico? Well, and, and then thought to call us. Yeah, that's awesome. I. I'm so, I feel like I'm there. Do you? I can almost smell the hatch chilies and volcano ash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's I, not an active I, volcano. I doubt either yeah. of those yeah. things can be smelled at that phase. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to the top. There's somebody roasting hatch chilies. Yeah, no, at that 20 degrees. <laughs> How did you... You know what? Never mind. It's just New Mexico. The magic state? Isn't that what New Mexico is? <laughs> Land of magic, state will, of magic. I will take a hatch chili tamale, please. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Ham Solo. Here's the next one. Now I have to look up the slogan for New Mexico. Josh and Leia, Josh and Leia, guess who it is? It's <laughs> I, I don't know. M-A-Z, Nathan. <laughs> nice so jingle. I'm trying to stick it to is. the ham radio question for you. So I thought I'd give you one and maybe uh, other people... 
can answer either on Discord or whatever. It is, if I have an end-fed halfway, which is the wire antenna, outside and, and winter is coming, is there usually an issue with them icing up mm-hmm. or, like, making it really heavy and it falling down because of ice? Or snow and stuff like that. I don't know. This is my first uh, winter with uh, wire antenna outside, so I thought that would be a good uh, question. It is, and uh, maybe other people have an answer for that also with their experience. I don't know how much stuff you would have in <laughs> California with that, but I thought that'd be a good question. So uh, thank you for the podcast as always, and I'm sure I will send you. Uh, just one email this week. Uh, thanks again. It's everything. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan, for the voicemail. Uh, Josh will answer this question, but I I want to say that the voicemails actually come through Google Voice. Yeah. And Google Voice does a transcription, mm-hmm. and it's always fascinating to me when I read what Google Voice thinks someone is saying <laughs> versus what they're actually saying. Uh-huh. Because it translated and fed half wave mm-hmm. as infection away. <laughs> it's like... Infection way. I don't want to get my infection way iced up in the winter. That would be uncomfy. I put up an infection. Mm. <laughs> an infection away. <laughs> well, I would like to update just so I don't get emails. That is very much not the slogan of New Mexico. <laughs> it is Crescit e Undo. Which is, it grows as it goes. So it's not the magic state? Is what... It's the horniest slogan I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I, I don't know, guys. New Mexico. That's oh, a pretty... okay. New Mexico is known as a land of enchantment, okay. though. Okay. At least I got that right. I'm like, where did I hear this from? Because that but slogan... But it says, it says that New Mexico... Its state motto is the land of enchantment. Oh, then. <sighs> what are you reading? I'm on the Wikipedia. Well, I'm reading culturetrip.com, which oh, is obviously. This is the great seal of New Mexico's oh, Wikipedia. Oh, see? Is it the land of enchantment? So I was right? I okay. think so. The land of magic. <laughs> Whatever. That's Las Vegas. Because <laughs> that's where Penn and Teller is. Oh, man. We're going to go see Penn and Teller. We are in Cerritos. We did it in our backyard. Amazing. You know what the best part about that is? Well, I hope they do this. I won't be sad if they don't. I will be so sad. But they always (laughs) do like a meet and greet at the end. Like you can go shake hands with freaking Penn and Teller, which is just insane. Penn is so tall. You've already done this before and you're still excited. I'm excited. You're such a fanboy for Penn. For Penn. Well, no, Teller too. Yeah. I I like them both. But that that explains why. Penn obviously talks and so you get more of Penn. That Um, explains why you like Sean so much, though. (laughs) What? Sean, EME Sean. What? Is it, doesn't he do EME Sean? Yeah, but what does that have to do with Penn and Teller? He looks like Penn. Oh. <laughs> Cutsco. Sean Cutsco. Yes. Satellites, not EME. Satellites. I, actually, sorry. I won't take anything away from Sean. He's done a lot in ham radio. So he might have he might have been involved with That's EME, why he gets but, all the ladies. Well, he's he's got a lady right now. And also why because he looks like Penn. He uh, also helps. gets the lead. That helps yeah. too. So Nathan's question about uh, antennas icing up. So obviously, as some of you know, I've lived in Southern California my whole life. So I'm not going to claim that I'm an authority in this instance, but 
Um, absolutely, yes. Your antennas will ice up. Your wire antennas will will draw and collect ice. This would be a good time to remind everybody that if you are in a situation where this could happen, stranded wire is preferred. Stranded wire doesn't stretch. Solid Ooh. core wire will stretch. What happens if your wire stretches? Then all of a sudden it is resonant in spaces you didn't want it resonant. Ah. Or just breaks. It just snaps. Ooh. <laughs> So what do you, Nathan, what do you do? Well, I recommend, I recommend a steady dose of RF into the wire every day <laughs> to melt the ice. We'll warm it up. Warm it up. Um, I, I actually don't know if that will solve your problems if you just use it. Hamnation has a uh, weatherproofing. Hamnation? Yeah, Hamnation. There was a weatherproofing video a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, but I don't know that we talked about. Weatherizing your setup. Yeah, but I don't know if we talked about de-icing wire antennas and stuff like that i'm not sure you, nathan you might have to go to a better authority to, than me on this one because again i'm not that familiar with with situations like that although it might be fun to set up an antenna at my dad's place and just because we only go up there a couple of times during the season that might be fun as a long-term test <laughs> so uh please nathan do i'm actually going to put this out to alex from alaska Oh, our Alaskan correspondent. There you go. We're calling out correspondents yeah. to, re to reply to Alex, other correspondents I, with their I hope, questions. That's great. Yeah, I hope you are uh, listening because I don't know that anybody knows snow better than somebody from Alaska. With that said, if anybody would like to chime in on Nate's question, please uh, post in the Ham Radio HRCC podcast Discord. All right. Okay. And that's it for the voicemails. Thank you, everybody who sent in a voicemail. I love hearing your wonderful voices. We do. Thank you. And I feel like I'm really a part of the action. Like when Sterling called in last week from the car, yeah. which is really where most people are listening to us. It sounded like he called in from the car while driving and the, the phone was in the back seat. No offense, Sterling, but he commented to me. He's like, is that what my car sounds? Is that what I sound like when I'm calling people on my phone? And then Ham Solo calling us so that we could hear the wind from the summit is yeah. amazing i mean it was very well muted i don't know what kind of phone you're using but that's impressive that was pretty good yeah. maybe he had like a maybe he had it in his jacket or something it was, yeah it was pretty good I but thank heard you wind. both yeah. thank, thank you, you nathan thank you have solo love hearing your voices as always and the jingle nathan and the jingle yes. always appreciate the musical stylings of uh, Nathan and Southern Vermont. That's right. And the time is now for the segment most of you are waiting for. <laughs> What's happening? And yes, we'll splash in all the, the drops that we get. But I do like Remember? this one because I made it. <laughs> Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. And by make it, I mean I cut a small piece of audio from an audio. <laughs> I'm so excited because it's Harry Potter season. I know. It's time. That's why I, I yeah. read it too. <laughs> Leah, we're kicking it off into the email correspondence tower. Just as a reminder to everybody, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Please send us your ham radio question. Oh, we forgot to give the phone number for voicemail. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. The If you want to call in instead of emailing and let us all hear your beautiful voice or uh, even, you know, call us from the car when you have okay. a question that mm -hmm. pops up. We're, we're here. We're here for you and your commute. <laughs> Think of us as like your, uh, your notes app. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trying to type in a note while driving, that's just dangerous. 
send us your ham radio notes to yourself <laughs> uh, in traffic, and that would be fun. And you can call 562-334-2389. Oh, very good. Thank you. Okay, yeah, email us at layathamtactical.com with your ham radio questions. And please do try to keep it ham radio related. But if you have comments on other things in the same email with your ham radio comment or question or activation, or you just want to talk something cool about radio you notice, great. We uh, would love it and would appreciate or, it. Or, you know, preparedness related. Oh, preparedness is accepted yeah. too. And... If you send us a merch idea, and by the way, these can just be, you can just send an email with a merch idea, that's yeah. fine. And we end up making one of the merches and put it on hamtactical.com, you'll get one for free. That's true. With that said, we have to make a big shout out. Leia did a pretty amazing task in coordinating with a local coffee roaster. Yes. We now have Give It The Beans hrcc special coffee yeah. available um, this is a limited run i don't think i'm gonna keep doing coffee but well, i thought it would be this is a holiday thing let's just yeah, call it a holiday exactly um by yeah the way, I so think they're the, shipping this week and these actually ship by my own hands i don't have a production yeah we're, we're doing all of this yeah. and the cool thing about this is the only way to get the special give it the bean sticker Yes. Is to buy a bag of this coffee. Yeah. And the sticker actually comes off the bag. So don't just throw the bag away. It comes off the bag. So oh, you don't it's have going to... to very apparently come off the bag. <laughs> right. But, but you don't have to keep the bag. That's right. what I'm saying. It separates. So yes. if you don't want to use the sticker now or you want to, you know, you're in school and you've got one of those folders where you slide the cool stickers and cool things into, you don't even have to peel the backing off because you don't have to like yeah. separate them. It's yeah. all going to be one thing. You can just... Hang on to it. Um, so that's how you can get that. Is it I will say, I will say one thing, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to apologize to everyone in advance if this is upsetting to you, but I am actually having to hand correct every sticker because I spelled Colombian wrong. I, yes. I spelled it like the District of Columbia instead mm-hmm. of Colombia. Colombia. And somebody brought it up actually... Um, Nathan had messaged me because he has actually traveled to Colombia mm-hmm. and he was like two and a half hours from the farm that uh, grows the beans that are in our coffee. I wonder if at a certain point you're like two and a half hours from anything in Colombia. Oh, I don't know. It's not that big of a country. Yeah, but, but still, uh, I mean, I'm really proud of the fact that it's like fair trade and that it's supporting the local uh the local economy mm-hmm. because they're actually investing in bringing up that area. Mm-hmm. I feel like such a jerk spelling it wrong. It's so disrespectful of me to do that. Aww. I did this so quickly. Um, and then in the live stream last week, um, a couple of people also brought it up and I just, I felt so bad. And I was like, yeah, I, I know I was told I'm trying to figure out how to fix them because I don't have enough time to get new stickers printed. So right. I'm literally hand correcting the O. <laughs> like, so you're going to have something that I drew on. And I hope that the pen that I wrote it with is going to last long enough on the decal but i i could this is figure truly out. a limited edition because yeah. there's no way leia will make a mistake like this ever again oh, i feel like such a jerk i'm so sorry it's so disrespectful i have so much respect for the uh the country and i just uh, just a bad move on my part so yeah a, I a deepest you. of apologies to all of our colombian friends for me doing that 
incorrectly. And to the farmers who grew the coffee. Yeah. You know, I no, mean. I, you've, you've apologized. I yeah. think we're good. And okay. it'll be hand corrected by you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'll help you. No. No? Thank you. No, you don't okay. want me to help you? It's, okay. You're fine. Thanks. Okay. okay. <laughs> you're good. I appreciate that. You don't sentiment. think I can do it? Is that, mm. is that why you're... Okay. Mm. I like that everybody was like <laughs> apologizing for telling you when you screwed up. <laughs> that was, was my favorite part about all this. And like everybody's like, oh, Leia, I'm so sorry. I, I'm... I, I, it wasn't really, no, it wasn't I feel like really that. bad telling you this. No, it wasn't like that. Everybody was really understanding uh, and I really appreciate it. They're like, I Josh, do. you suck. No. Who <laughs> <laughs> got that wrong, you idiot? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, everybody was really kind in, they were. in they correcting were. me, and I really do appreciate that. Um and, and nobody like set out to make me feel bad. I just feel bad because I know uh, how wrong what I did was. You have punished so, yourself more yeah. than any person could punish you. So uh, there we go. Okay. Well, yeah. that's how you get the, the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really long way of saying it. <laughs> how to get this coffee. There's a couple of options. Um, Leia has a one bag, if that's what you want. The two bag and higher, there's a bit of a discount applied. Yeah. And by the way, just some insider knowledge, the shipping isn't really any cheaper if you only buy one bag. Yeah, as yeah. we found out, and that's a that's a USPS thing. Oh we man, looked, I tried so hard to get the shipping the as cheap as possible, and I just like we. No one's getting any extra money from the shipping. It's yeah. all USPS, and we we use we use we use a specific shipping service because it's cheaper. And I and think even I've explained that like one of the reasons that. Um, that I don't like roll shipping into things is because I actually want it to be like as cheap as possible mm -hmm. for, for any like, of them based merch. off of right. where it's going. Right. right. And if I rolled it into the product cost, the product would then be way too expensive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, it is what it is. I, I appreciate everybody who's bought coffee so far. Um, I, I know the shipping is steep. USPS rates have already gone up. I, I did like everything I could. To so is there is there a cutoff date when you think that they will show up by Christmas? Because by the time people listen to this, is Friday. Um, I would. I mean, I would say the tenth. Yeah. Isn't that the day this drops? So is literally it? the day it drops. Yeah, the tenth is Friday. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe the eleventh. It all depends on USPS. I, I hate to make guarantees on uh on shipping. Just because you never know what happens as it gets closer to the holiday. Well, if you if you want a warm glass of give it the beans on Christmas morning, you might want to consider ordering early, ordering now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is, you know I'm, what? I'm While doing, you're in traffic, I'm shipping sending us weekend. a voicemail. Order the coffee. I'm shipping I'm this kidding. weekend, <laughs> and then like everything else, I will try to ship very quickly. Uh, but again, it's kind of up to USPS as it gets closer. Sure. So all right. Well, we belabored that enough. Yeah. All right. The first email reads, he passed <gasps> in a good way. Okay. Mm. Mm. Can you pass in a bad way? Yes, you can absolutely pass in a bad way. <laughs> Put it together. Come on. He passed. Oh. <laughs> the, the big pass. Okay. Yeah. Get this it. This is not the bad pass. This is the good pass. Okay. And this is from Adrian. Hello, Leia and Josh. Thank you for answering my email on charging HTs in the field. Today, 
I'm writing to you to brag on my son Xander and the Southwest Idaho Arc. On November 6, 2021, 13 days before his 12th birthday, oh. Xander passed the test and earned his ticket. Yay! Yay! I was so excited. I also wanted to brag about the Southwest Idaho Amateur Radio Club. They are the gentlemen that put on the exam. They were super friendly and genuinely happy to see all of the testing candidates. Also, anyone that passed an exam that was under the age of 18 received a free Baofeng. Whoa. That is super generous. Way That's to cool. go. I wonder how many they give away like that. I'd be curious too. If that wasn't good enough... They did all of that without charging anyone a dime. Oh, wow. So they don't charge. That's amazing. That's great. I couldn't have asked for a better testing experience for my son. And the support that this club gives to young people that are licensed is critical to bringing young people into the hobby. 73KF7LRI. Thank you for sharing that. And there's uh, a bunch of pictures of Xander with his graded test showing that he passed, which is, oh, man, you know, I haven't seen um, a VEC like answer sheet before, Mm -hmm. but it's actually just like a bunch of letters circled. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've only taken. It's a multiple. It's like a piece of paper with multiple choice on it. Oh, this is amazing. Can you imagine how exciting it is for like a young ham to to get his first radio right when he gets his passes his Oh test. yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, that's amazing. You know what? I you know, I want to reach out to Southwest uh Idaho Amateur Radio Club and see if we can give them a donation. Oh, that'd help, be cool. Yeah, to help pay some of the um for some of the Baofangs. That would be awesome. We'll pay so. your Baofang fees. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but you know, some of them. Maybe a year's worth if they tell a us like how many how many uh they paid for this year maybe we'll just you know basically reimburse them for Mm -hmm. all those bow things they gave out thank you so much for sharing that adrian and congratulations xander congratulations awesome all right the next email is titled episode 119 comments oh boy and this is from dallas i I love it when an email starts in this fashion i actually don't know what episode we're on (laughs) I, so I don't know how far back 119 is. I'm scared and excited at the same time. I just show up to the dining table and everything else just kind of happened. Like, Thank you for this slight inconvenience you put me through. I was already here, but you lock me up for a good three to five hours, depending on what's happening. All right. Well, Dallas says, good evening to my favorite podcast host. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you for listening. I just, uh, just a few thoughts while listening to the podcast. In the preparedness corner, you were reading about cleaning the sensors on your vehicle in adverse weather conditions and wanted to make a few comments. Do not rely on your adaptive cruise control, automatic braking, lane keep assist, etc. The car senses the temperature and weather condition like snow or rain and will shut quite a few of the safety features down, such as the lane keep assist, automatic braking, and adaptive cruise control. This is something we have run into while installing auto glass during the winter and having to reprogram the safety features that are attached to the windshield. 
I did not know that. I don't think I would ever trust cruise control in snow. <laughs> okay. That's, I agree. I don't use cruise control at all, so. Yeah, you're the most hardcore. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think you think that they're in bed with Noah, the cruise control people. Big cruise I'm control. I'm not going to let somebody else control how fast my car goes. Big okay? cruise control is, is in bed with uh I want a pulse well. on my gas. <laughs> Incessantly. <laughs> this cruise control makes this far too smooth. <laughs> So Dallas continues, please do not depend on these features if they are in your vehicle during adverse weather conditions. Also, I love that y'all were having sponsors for a few episodes, but have noticed that you have not done that for a minute. Are you planning on doing sponsors more or is that something you have decided against? Uh, so we actually, we do have sponsors approach us, mm -hmm. but we're like very selective Mm -hmm. about well we were trying that out we were trying it out more than anything yeah but we've gotten more offers but the offers that we've gotten for sponsors are for things that we would not support well not just that it's not a good fit it's right like it it like literally supports doesn't, the wrong word it, it doesn't yeah it doesn't fit the podcast that's a better way of saying yeah it. it's a, it's like when we put something on the podcast we kind of want it to be a value add for everybody who's listening mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. and so the things that we have been offered we are not so enthused about we don't right. and we don't think that you'd like it it's not so not only is it not good for you who's listening mm -hmm. it's not good for the sponsor either it's not it's not right. going to get not like them a any good sale yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. it's we would be taking it and it would fruit nothing for them right i don't which feel also good about feels yeah, yeah, either, yeah. i know? mean if if you want to support us just hit us up on patreon it's two dollars a month and you get a newsletter that none of you have probably if you're not on patreon you don't know that it exists yeah, so yeah. you'll get the podcast and text yeah and you know what's really interesting about that josh writes the entire write newsletter and then leia edits it for me yeah so if there are grammar mistakes that are left, know that those are originally Josh's grammar mistakes that I didn't catch. Right. Because I'm so used to reading his writing. The best part about the newsletter is every time I spell Columbia. I will never, never. <laughs> All right. Well, Dallas continues. Lastly, mm. radio question. Oh. Josh, I am studying for my general still. Good for you. Tis the season. Set that uh, set that challenge for 2022. And I got a Jegu G90. Is it Jegu or Shegu? Shegu. Okay. I'm glad that I'm G90. closer than you were on that and one. And I was wondering, how do I get into the hidden menu and the Mario game? <laughs> That's not on the G90. It's, I would... That is smaller than the Game Boy screen. To play Mario on that... Josh, you should give it away. I think I might. You're not using it. Give it away. I think I'm going to give that away. And then I've got like a bunch of stuff for the Christmas episode I'm going to give away. Okay. Well, you guys tune in for that because you can get oh, a... Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm going to be giving away something that's, I think, really awesome. So I I, I love this What's product. the spoiler? I'm giving away a bunch of stuff for the Christmas episode. Oh, that was the spoiler? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did only some of the G90s have that option? It's not on the G90. It's not on the G90. But I guess tune in for the Christmas episode. <laughs> uh, if you want, to, by the way, everybody listening to the podcast, if you're not on the Discord, 
join the Discord. That's how I do the giveaways. It's it's a giveaway bot. Oh, yeah. I apologize for the phone number thing. It's going to ask you your phone number. Just keep in mind, I never get your phone number. It's not for ad purposes. It's for bot and like... Yeah, like the the admins don't get the numbers. No one knows We have no access to your numbers. Nobody's going to spam you. Normally, Discord doesn't ask that question. There is a reason. It's because, believe it or not, our little Discord is one of the more popular Discords on Discord. Really? Yeah, we're at the top level of what you can do with this hey way to go without HRCC going community. like affiliated which we're not going to do that right so at this point we kind of have to do that because of the spam spam bot protection that's why yeah. it's enabled it's well, not because for any other reason there have been people or groups that have tried to like raid the discord mm-hmm. and so it's happened that's the only way to kind of stop it right like well it's it's one of the ways yeah. We, again, the HRCC admins are some of the best admins doing any of this Just Discord some, stuff. Some of the smartest people I know, like hands down. It's the, the amount would not of be possible. tech savvy they have. I just feel bad for other discords when it's the things I hear, the stories that they go through. And it's like, man, sucks to be you. They, they are just so amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, Dallas signs off. Have a great weekend and Merry Christmas. 73 is Dallas. K-E-0-W-J-U. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. Uh, hope we answered your question. <laughs> Not uh, that radio. It's, yeah, I sorry. bought, that was a part of the, uh, the... We didn't do one of those this year. No, I mean, we might. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. Shipping is rough right now. I know. Like yeah. all those things I bought in AliExpress... I don't know if they're going to show up for Christmas. Yeah, it's not great. I bought them at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's, uh, the beginning of the month was only um, seven days ago. Yeah, but the the like the estimate... Yeah. It's like January 5th. Oh, no. Like they're already planning for it not to arrive yes. on time. Yeah. So I, I usually, at least once a year, just go buy Josh a bunch of ham radio junk on AliExpress because I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and many other people think it's funny too. Uh, so that was one of the radios that I bought. It's like the KN nine ninety or something. I don't. I did actually. The video is a uh, competition video between the nine, the G ninety, and that radio. Ah, uh, that makes. It was sense. a side okay. by side. The screen on the other radio. The, that radio is not really portable. The G ninety is immensely more portable. Yeah. The Mario playing one has a much bigger screen, but it's also just much bigger in general. It's a big radio. But I I think that we should forewarn everyone that uh, I don't think it's actually very fun to play on, not just because of the screen, but I think it crashes a lot. Yeah, it's it's not a not a fun experience. Yeah. All right. Well, go buy yourself an Amber Nick, an Amber Nick handheld if you want to do um, retro gaming. Okay. The next email is titled QRP Heroes, and this is from Pete. Hello, Josh and Leia. This is a quick note to congratulate you on your excellent podcast. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I've been a 1X listener for quite some time, and credit the two of you for continually pointing out new and interesting aspects of the the amateur radio hobby. Per the subject line, my activities are mostly centered around QRP field operations. Nice. 
as there's a certain satisfaction to be had in optimizing your equipment and catching just the right conditions to make long distance contacts on low power. I think it's a good challenge. I always think it's fun. I Again, it's not for the people starting out generally, but it's a fun challenge. That's why QRP is for heroes. You know, being a hero is not easy. That's right. But it's deeply satisfying. I assume. I have no idea. I'm not a hero. When you're... When you're... <laughs> That's what Batman always feels. Deeply yeah. satisfied. <laughs> he's that is punching most, out thug. Just the most tortured of, of superheroes. <laughs> Speaking of Deeply tortured superheroes, we finally started watching, and I didn't want to, but I sat down to correct some decal stickers, and Josh turns on Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And I was trapped. <laughs> what did you think, though? Ah, I think that they came out with what is a female also worst. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What's I, like what? I'm interested in, um, I kind of liked the uh, hearing aspect. You know what really upset me about that? Mm -hmm. Because we all know that Hawkeye has a limited number of arrows, mm -hmm. but then it turns out that half of those arrows aren't even usable as normal arrows because of these weird trick arrows that don't actually do what arrows do. They do something entirely different, well, which I guess is functional in, in, the, in the limited no, like no, no, ways no, no, no. they can be okay. used. But yeah. that means that only half the quiver is actual arrows no, 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 that no. do what arrows no, do. No, 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 no. In, in the Avengers, he has a little computery thing that he types on, and the quiver will put the right head on the shaft. So the quiver is full of empty shafts. I'm assuming a lot of them are just like broadheads, just normal broadheads. Okay. But then the extra shafts, he can type a button, and it will put the trick head. It will screw it onto the shaft. That's not what happened to Hawkeye. I understand because he had them already tricked out, pre-tricked. Yes, because <laughs> he didn't have his trick quiver to go along with it. He was just right. regular Hawkeye. Right. But I found it interesting the whole flashback scene where they were talking about like because again at the end of the day he's just a regular dude with sure. all these superheroes and he's just getting blown up and thrown all over the place and something's got to give and in this case it was his hearing like he lost his hearing basically. Yes. And so there's a there's a lot of parts where he has to have a hearing aid in and he loses it at a certain point. That's why he's your dad's favorite superhero. Well, no, there was a lot of it. I was like if like I felt kind of connected to it a bit from that experience of, you know, living with my father when I was still at the family home kind oh, of. Oh, so thing. you didn't think it was as terrible as I thought it was. <sighs> I, I felt like that hit me in, in a feel spot, <laughs> but it's still not like, I, I don't, I, what's the, what's the, the main actress's name? Uh, Haley Seinfeld. I'm not a, Seinfeld? Steinfeld? It's not Seagal? It's not, or, or Siegel? It's not, oh, anyway. No, I think it's Haley Seinfeld. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. I thought she was fine. I, it was okay. Everything's fine. I probably will watch it to the end. I'm just not like. Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm like, Jerry. I don't think that was <laughs> the right. I don't think that's who we're thinking. So, okay. Continue. She shows up with a puffy shirt. You know, it's like. What's the deal with all these arrows? <laughs> Only half of them do what arrows are supposed to do. Half of them is for shooting people. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't as bad as what was there was a series that I didn't love. Was it what? It was Falcon. And, oh, then uh, the Winter Soldier, which was okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm still. I, I can always find something I don't like about something. I don't have a problem finding things I don't like. I. I just felt so bad for him because he's got this family that he's constantly letting down, <laughs> you know? Oh, and it's such a wholesome family. I mean, that was kind of the whole thing with Clint is that his family was like, like That's, yeah, the other Avengers wanted to protect that family. Like, you know what I mean? They were yeah. like, that was kind of where they went to when they needed a safe home. And it was just this beautiful. That's yeah. when like Captain America's favorite, Ben's favorite scene where he's just ripping logs apart. <laughs> 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 That's where that happens. <laughs> Uh, I just, he's got to be the most tortured hero. He's not a superhero, really. I mean, he's just not super. He's as much of a hero as Batman is. No, Batman is superior intellect. Okay. And I I really have to respect that, you know? That's what people say is he's super intelligent. Yeah. That's his superpower. That's how he beats Superman. Spoiler alert. (laughs) This is... We're we're getting outside canonical. Well, it's still canonical, but uh, that's the Justice League cartoon. There's a whole episode where uh, someone, something, steals the plans that Batman made to nullify all of the Justice League and then implements the plans. That's terrible. All right. Well, Pete continues. (laughs) Even when I don't make contacts, the field environment often results in some incredible listening opportunities, which leads me to a T-shirt idea. Ah. Forgive me if this has already been suggested, but I was thinking of a Dr. Seuss style character holding a baofeng and the caption, oh, the things that you'll hear. That's really cute. That is cute. Yeah. I myself am often amazed at the things that I stumble across when scanning the dial from the ever-evolving world of ODA activations, usernets covering a variety of interests, and societal needs at special event stations celebrating aspects of our world that we so rarely take the time to appreciate. Throw in a few high-power stations trying their best to outdo one another and the occasional quote-unquote Elmer fight... An interesting interesting t-shirt idea on its own. And it's no wonder that people can dedicate a lifetime to such an esoteric pursuit. Oh, they're Uh, fighting again behind New York Joe's Pizza. (laughs) That's where people used to win in high school to fight. Always behind New York Joe's Pizza. Why? I don't know. Was that a negligent pizza place? It was a really nice parking lot. (laughs) It was alley adjacent. Lots of curbs. So many, so many opportunities for hoodlums. <laughs> all right. Well, Pete signs off. Keep up the good work. And 73s to all, Pete, K-I-5-H-S-E. Pete, I like your idea. If we make the shirt, you are getting one. I like it. I just you have to figure out what a susicle type character would look like that won't get a susa sued. It could be Baofangs. Baofangs holding QRP radios. We still have so many Baofang things we got to do. We still have to do the. <laughs> it could the be like the, the red fish, the, you know, the fish thing. Mm-hmm. But like different Baofangs. Red fang, is, yeah. blue fang, <laughs> yes. yellow fang, dead yes. fang. Yeah. Though I will say it's just that. Just like tire tracks over a Baofang. So every year, each mm-hmm. kid has their own book of all the places you will go. 
mm-hmm. from Dr. Seuss, each one of our boys. And every year at the end of the year, I have their teachers sign the book and write messages. Oh, So Ben is like five teachers in now because he's had it since preschool. Mm-hmm. Is it five? He had quite a few preschool teachers. <laughs> so and they all wrote just like these amazing messages that like when he is... Uh, Last year's though was rough because the teacher just wrote, "You didn't go nowhere, you liar." <laughs> Don't pretend like you went somewhere. I saw your mom with the green screen photos. I know what you're up to. <laughs> just get a little happy with the background erase <laughs> on her phone. So, so when they graduate, you weren't in Paris. That was locked down. <laughs> Ben's like, look at me. I'm in the bat cave. She, <laughs> I'm at Hawkeye's house. You're saying house. your mom literally made you pretend to hold up the weenie tower pizza in your home? That's just sad. He's got a background. It's Hawkeye's house with Captain America splitting logs. This is me hanging out with Cap. <laughs> look, I'm splitting a log. <laughs> But yeah, I hope it's something that is uh, really meaningful to them when they graduate sure, from yeah. high school. So, yeah. So I do really That's love gonna, this. They're going to get idea. made fun of a lot, though, when you're showing up in the 11th grade asking their teachers to sign this. That's going to be weird for them. You're going to have to cut Because I'll off be on the PTA. Point. Oh, man. <laughs> that's when you like. PTSA. That's when you have your gavel and you bang it and you go PTA assemble. <laughs> Right. Instead have, of a shield, somebody's holding up a comically large state crest well, that I, you hit. I am already in the PTA. Actually, did I tell you, you know, I ran this art program for the PTA. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a national program, the Reflections Art Program. And last year from our elementary school, uh, during a virtual year, I had put together an entire virtual art program so the kids could uh, go through this curriculum mm-hmm. and then create their art, mm-hmm. right? And so last year we took half of the first place spots in the entire district. Like half of all the first place winners came from our school. Wow. This year, four out of five of the first place winners at the out of district level came from our school. Man. <laughs> yeah. For elementary school anyway. So yeah, I'm pretty That makes of sense that. because it's an elementary school. Yeah, yeah, that you're well, coordinating for. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, for the entire district, we were half, including the high schools. Wow. Yeah, that's so, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah, and the kids, good. obviously. I didn't make <laughs> I'm the pretty art. proud of myself. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I am proud of you. I don't know these kids, so I'm not proud. Of them. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I mean, I'd be prouder done. if our kids won any of the spots, but their art was terrible. It was bad. <laughs> so. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> the next email is titled CSCE. And okay. this is from our maple syrup expert, uh, Russ. Howdy, Russ. Good morning slash evening, Josh and Leah. It's always evening when it we're must recording be, these. It must be morning for you and evening for us. <laughs> I just finished this last episode as I arrived to work this morning. See, it is morning for him. Mm. But even see, he was dead on. I see. Russ is nothing but accurate. He was talking about himself. Yeah. In, got it. Got it. In the context. As, my, as I made my way to work, I heard the question asked about how long the 
a CSCE is valid. It is valid for 365 days. This hails from the days of old when there were more than just three elements. In the early years of radio, one could pass element one, novice, but not sit for the code. They Mm. would receive a CSCE. Then the candidate could have the opportunity to obtain a full license within one year by learning and passing the code. This was more important during the time of CW levels, 5, 13, and 20 words per minute, as the candidate would study until they could obtain the next level. That makes perfect sense when you put it that way. That so is... it is a vestige of the past, and we must cast it off. Wow. I, I, <laughs> one year is fine. I think that's a yeah. fine number. Wow. Thank you for the history lesson in ham. I love ham history, good. actually. Ham history. Because it's really evolved over the years. So Ham history. And I also just like random history. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Russ signs off 73 de Ross, KC5CNT. Thank you so much, Russ. Did he, re- did he, refer-, he refer to himself as de Russ? 73 de- That's the thing that people say after 73. Oh, D-E. Yeah. Russ. Yeah. You just said de Russ. Is that not how you're supposed to say it? It's not a street it? name. <laughs> Is it not duh? 73 duh? No, it's D-E. I was supposed to say D-E? Yeah, or from. D-E is from. We don't go duh. Why isn't it capitalized? Or (laughs) de. I'm supposed to say D-E or from? D-E, yeah. That's why... We've been doing this podcast for over a year. (laughs) (laughs) Drops the mic. D-Russ, out. What What was that tweet? It's like... What's your that text message that meme? What's your street name? <laughs> little little dog? Like little, no, what street Romeo do you little something. Romeo? No, what street do you live on? Oh. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. How long Still have on... we been doing this podcast? I... <laughs> and you and we've never come across me saying How many DEs do you get? Pretty often. <laughs> and you've been saying da Toby? Do I do I, maybe I just leave it out? I think you <laughs> might. And you're like, I, <laughs> I'm gonna that, that's my, literally the parks and recs me. We're like, this has gone on for so long <laughs> and I've seen it so much that I'm just afraid to ask at this point. So I'm just <laughs> you just went for it. You you took your shot. I just so De Russ. <laughs> Everything is so fuzzy. <laughs> well, Russ, there you go. You got a new moniker. De Russ. 73 to Russ. 73 to Russ. <laughs> He's just constantly saying goodbye. <laughs> okay. You better not let me catch you slipping or I'll maybe stir up that ass. <laughs> That's probably a good way to go. <laughs> to diabetes land? <laughs> At least you'd enjoy the ride. <laughs> Sweet, sweet ride. <laughs> okay. It's like the most polite drive-by ever. <laughs> you know, nobody. Oh, I was thinking do that. of Canada. That's the wrong. That was the wrong connotation. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled "Signal Link versus Data Port on VHF UHF." 50 watt radios, mm. and this is from Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Leah and Josh. Thank you for everything you do for Ham Radio. 
Thank you for listening. As per your last episode announcement regarding the shoring up of your podcast, I have a ham radio related question. I have exhausted how far I can go with the Baofeng and mobile phone setup. Mm. It has been a great learning experience for me on a basic HT combined with mobile phone. Okay. I would like, however, to expand my range and capabilities on the UHF VHF bands. My question is in regards to the data port found on many UHF VHF mobile slash base station radios. Okay. If I can use a signal link or equivalent device in conjunction with a radio for modem functions, why is the addition of a data port unique or extra in terms of connecting the radio to a PC or Raspberry Pi? So a mobile radio with a data link or a data port is going to do two major things. It's going to provide the audio in and out. I'm calling that one thing. And then the other thing it does is allow you to PTT the radio through the data port. So you can key it up. So when you have a software application that connects to something, uh, whatever, it's like a, it's an app that is handling both the PTT click, the, the turning on of the push to talk, and then the sending of audio. It's best if you let the audio application handle that because the accuracy of turning on the PTT is important versus just using Vox. You can get Vox very accurate, but some of the downsides to that, and, and not all radios will do this, but when you have a data port, um, you can still both listen to the speaker output regularly on just ambient transmit and control the volume on the front of the radio, but when you have to both nullify the microphone and the speaker output capability for using just a standard mobile, you will lose the capability to receive out of the speaker at the same time. So a lot of people will go with the mobiles that have the data port because it's an all-in-one port. Mm. It'll do audio in, out, and PTT. At least tell me one that doesn't do that. I mean, that's kind of the major point of them. The signal link is more of an external volume control for that one port. It allows you to control indiscriminately the speaker volume of your computer and the microphone jack uh, that goes into your computer or vice versa into the radio. So that gives you the important audio control you need manually if you want to do that for doing data modes. You can do this with a computer. You can control all this with a computer, but sometimes it's a lot easier to just have discrete knobs to make those changes. Okay. So that's why. Well, for context, mm -hmm. uh, Jeremiah says, Josh, I recall your video on the Yesu FTM 6000R, mm -hmm. and you mentioned it was surprising to have a data port on such a low-cost radio. Yes. Having Googled, YouTube, Discorded, and QST'd, I'm still at a loss for a clear answer. Okay. Thank you for the time. For taking the time to read my email, I hope the shoring up is successful. It, it's just, it just simplifies things a little bit. <clears throat> it, it's designed to have a port that you can plug into that you can then connect to a computer or something, Raspberry Pi, which is still a computer. Uh, and, and it just makes the whole interfacing of all those things easier. If you want to listen to the audio, you can. If you don't want to listen, you don't have to. You can turn the volume all the way down, which a lot of people do. They just look at the red light and know it's transmitting. Because once you get that sorted out, it's kind of like listening to WSJTX. 
at a certain point, it's like, this isn't doing anything for me. I get what it's doing. As long as my SWR doesn't go up, I don't really care. And you just let it run. So there you go. Okay. So, hang on one second. Jeremiah VE3EJN. Hopefully okay. that you, answers Jeremiah. your question, Jeremiah. Thank you so much for your email. The next email is titled Battery Idea for QRP and my rejected previous email. You, sir, have been rejected. <laughs> I think it probably ended up in the wrong email box. Uh, and I am going to pull it up right now. If you pointed out Columbia to Leia, then <laughs> was auto-deleted. She put a filter in. It might have sent it to a different... Um, so the original email reads flooding in BC. Okay. And um, so Michael writes in, Leah and Josh, while listening to the latest podcast, I heard a listener write in about the lack of ham radio deployment for the British Columbia flooding. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. In case you were unaware, the British, uh, the province of British Columbia has been curb stomped by back-to-back <laughs> atmospheric rivers for the past couple of weeks. Curb stomped is an interesting... Uh, Okay, okay. For a time, the greater Vancouver area, where my QTH is, was effectively cut off from the rest of Canada, as all routes were severed by mudslides, flooding, or catastrophic infrastructure damage. One of our major highways connecting the Vancouver area to the interior has had multiple bridges destroyed and over 100 kilometers of damaged road. Wow. Several cities were flooded and evacuated, and the damage to them is apocalyptic. One of the problems is that in 1920, Sumas Lake in Abbotsford was drained and turned into farmland. The only thing keeping the water out is four pumping stations, one of which is currently running at full capacity. That is until the dike failed and Sumas Lake rose again. This covered the Trans-Canada Highway in eight feet of water. Dang. Wait a minute. They drained a lake to turn... Aren't lakes, like, naturally occurring? It's really sweet farmland, bro. That's a, like somebody looked at a lake and was like... I bet there's some sweet farmland there. Under under that water, right? Gotta get all that water out of there. Dozens of farmers have lost everything. I bet. And the military had to be called in to help with rebuilding dikes and sandbagging in anticipation of the next three storms on deck to body slam the province. Wow. I, too, was very surprised that Ham Radio did not get employed during this disaster, as we have several Aries groups and other amateur radio emergency programs in place. Even if they were not required, it would have been good training to deploy them anyway. I think so. Yeah. From what I understand, local and provincial governments do not see the value in Ham Radio as MCOM, regardless of the fact that we stand by ready to assist. Continuity of comms is a major shortcoming in the emergency management plans of my home province. The, uh, wow. It sounds like ham radio would absolutely be needed in a situation like that. But would there be anything that would stop ham radio operators from at least, you know, on the outside helping? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the terrain well enough. There may be a mountain. There may be already re- be repeaters in the area, right? Yeah. So 
if, if those if that infrastructure already exists then people should just be leveraging it you know what i mean yeah now what you do with it was my curiosity right it, it still remains my my main curiosity is if you are to again you're, you're talking about people that are that are adept in dealing with the weather and harsh climates all right well i really hope mike that your area can recover because I, I can't even imagine an entire area of a province just being flooded because That's it used horrible. to be a lake. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Well, Michael says on a lighter note, I have another merch idea. Have a standard HRCC shirt, but on the back have a list of what the teams that HRCC members align with. For example, my shirt would read 1.5 X crew not allergic to bees, York peppermint patties, Team Hawkeye, <laughs> Team QRP, is that an, gang. Is that something you can do with a shirt company that they can like print there, options on the back? Uh, y- yeah, it actually takes a bit of uh, kind of programming on the front end too. So it would just be like a regular logo on the front. Yeah. But then the back would be like you could add up yeah. to five hashtags or something like that yeah basically that's interesting yeah yeah it's i will look into this a, a, a list of teams all on one shirt it's kind of cool michael continues i'm not sure about the logistics of this but it must be possible to have some drop down menus for people to select what they want on their shirts i feel the need to t- chime in about star trek there is no way anyone is stripping off that spandex uniform in time when the skyline yes! chili yes! hits the wrong way. Yes, I didn't even think about this, but yes, yes. By the 24th century, I'd like to believe that the need for expelling waste from our bodies was eliminated by corporate interests who don't want people using bathroom breaks and as an excuse to fire an email off to their favorite ham radio podcast while using the neighboring company's Wi-Fi from what has been dubbed the Wi-Fi washroom. Hashtag oddly specific. Nice. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're teamed Team teleport the poop. Or is it team efficiency in in replicator food so that no waste is necessary? That's a horrible hashtag. It, it is. <laughs> and but they can both we can they work together. They're Why? in some symbiosis. Why? Did you teleport the poop into the replicator? Or the replicator holding. But what bin. is there what if there's no poop because the replicator food is so efficient? That there is no waste generated in your body. We've, we've already talked about the conversion of matter. It can go into something that converts the matter. Okay. Well, Michael signs Along up, with the <laughs> off-givings of the warp core. All goes into the same chute. All right. Thank you for all that you do for the hobby, even though you are wrong about the best Avenger. Oh, man, Michael. Uh, you... That's 73. Well, feel VA free 7. to reply back with a ham radio question or comment <laughs> and your hot reasons why Hawkeye is the best. Although he, he might have already, but I'm. I'm just not there. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not team Hawkeye. 
And now that you know that half of those arrows don't actually work like arrows, one of them well, is the USB stick. They all work like stick. arrows. They're all arrows. They're not yeah. going to harm everybody, though, like plunger arrow. Come on. I mean, there's a lot of arrows that don't harm things now. You know, they're, they're just, they're still arrows. They're, but they're, they're not, a shaft with flesh. They're not attack arrows is my point. <laughs> attack arrows. Okay. All right. Well, that's Michael, V-A-7-E-Z-M. Okay. And, oh, wait. No, Michael, this is... I was reading his previous email that we missed because it was in the wrong. Oh, right. But there that was, was the more recent now. Yes. email. Okay. Yes. All right. So now we've caught up. Uh, I re- so Michael continues this week. I wrote about the lack of ham radio and deployment during the recent catastrophic BC floods, which was brought up in a previous podcast. I have attached that email. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I have a battery related question for Josh today. Okay. I want to power my FT-818 in the field using a small portable power pack that I would like to be able to scale for the length of time I will be trying to operate. The idea I came up with is to have four 18650 batteries. I don't even know what those are. Wired in series with a battery monitor and a charge controller so that I can charge with solar. If I wanted more capacity, I would add more packs of four 18650s mm-hmm. wired to the first pack in parallel so I can increase the amp hours. Okay. <clears throat> My goal for this pack is to run the radio and a Raspberry Pi, which I will have to build a circuit to step the voltage down to five volts. And I would like to it to be able to fit in a small mole pouch. Molly pouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mole pouch is delicious though. <laughs> so chocolatey. I already have a DIY ammo can battery box and a Jackery 1500 solar generator, but both are too large and heavy for carrying in a backpack. I figure that my 18650 battery pack idea would be a small and light option. Man, the Jackery is heavy though. That's a yeah. that's a beast. I see no issues with doing this, but it seems like it seems like most QRP hams don't go this route, and I'm thinking there is a reason for that. Any thoughts that Josh has would be much appreciated. I mean, you have to, by the way, I'm just going to mention Dennis right now. Uh, 86DM Dennis, he's on Twitter. That's probably the best place to contact him. Uh, he's very familiar with battery technology and building batteries and all that fun stuff. Uh, go go talk to him if you have more specific questions. I'd be concerned about what your battery management system is if you're going to just keep adding more on. At some point, you may have to scale that up or change it or however you're going to interface them. All right. So QRP in the field, a lot of people don't build their own battery packs. I mean, that's just straight up that go buy a BioNO. I'm definitely in this camp. I'll just get a BioNO of the appropriate size and then BioNO it. You, you need to consider, again, the factor is going to be the draw on the radio and its ambient receive, including just the ambient draw of the the Raspberry Pi, and then what your transmit is. Once you have that information for how long you want to be out there, then you scale the battery to fit. The important thing to keep in mind is that having a 12-amp-hour battery is, even if you're using LifePo batteries, can get big and heavy and just be this extra thing in your pack that you're loading. What's the lightest battery? I don't know about the lightest, but the lightest ones that we use reliably is is LifePo. Huh. So a lot of people go with like a three amp hour option. 
because they're not going to be out there all day. They're, they're going to go out there, do an activation. Again, it's focused on a particular... I mean, there's a solar element to this, too. Sure. And, and if you have solar, then you actually don't need as much battery. Yeah. You only need as much battery if you have solar, depending on the size of the panel, to keep you going as however many hours into the night you want to transmit when you can't recharge with solar. It's too bad that biofuel uh, stove thing isn't more reliable. No, it's reliable. It just doesn't put out 12 volts. How much would you have to shove into it? To <laughs> more twigs. More well, twigs. Well, so I, I got my, got my uh, bio, bio stove here, and uh, I'm feeding it napalm. <laughs> and I brought two gallons of uh, gasoline that we're, we're feeding it off of. No, it, it's... Um, that's not the problem. It's that it, it it won't output 12 volts, even if you put more fuel into it. It doesn't output Why 12 not? volts. That's just not how it's built. It's built to charge phones and stuff, which is like one or two amps but are you saying at that five it, volts. Are you saying that if it was re-engineered, it could put out more volts? I don't think it would be the size <laughs> it was if it was putting out 12 volts. That's not what that's going to look like. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question, Mike. Michael, I'm sorry. And that is VA7EZM. All right. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm sure people have probably done it. All right. But hey. The next email is titled Packet Radio, not APRS. Okay. And this is from Lonnie. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Hoshnasi. I'm chiming in with a question. Okay. I picked up a PK88TNC. I've been messing around with it and finally got it up and was able to connect it to a BBS. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to do with it at this point. Can you call CQ? I don't know <laughs> any other hams that do packet in the area. Oh, so that's your problem. Okay. Are certain frequencies for different things or it just is it just an area dependent thing? I found one group in Denver on 145.050, but they are a little too far away for me as I live north about 50 miles. I did stumble across one locally at 145.030, but I'm not sure what they are doing just to see traffic occasionally. It was fun, fun learning to set it up. Obviously, this was like bigger in its heyday. But there's, there, there still exist networks that exist. And, and what you can do with them, and you said, oh, I might be too far for 50 miles. Maybe not. Because what you can do is you can link um, packet nodes together. Okay. Uh-huh. So let's say you connect to a local packet node. That packet node, when you're on that node, you can do a listening or who, who are you hearing command. And that will reply back with not only stations that, have connected or whatever or have connected um, but you can also connect to other packet nodes that it can hear if you connect enough which by the way you can keep connecting and connecting through the connection you already have until you might get into that network and then when you're in that network you can create a bulletin board mailbox mm-hmm. um, on the that local system and be able to exchange messages that way send and receive if you're just talking local though you can run them in like a call it simplex mode simplex is probably the wrong term but 
um, just a local QSO simplex mode where you just get on a keyboard and just send keyboard commands, or not commands, but messages back and forth to whomever can hear you on the same frequency. And that's what a lot of people would do. They would just get on the air and start typing and uh, having chats with people. That's kind of how it, it worked. It was these non-signed packets that didn't necessarily have to have a, a, re a reply to them. Uh, and they were always prepended by your call sign, so everybody got it. Uh, collisions were possible, though. So you could have four people all on the same frequency just brah, 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 at the same time hammer each other's packets, and you know all kinds of screw-up would happen then. Um, although that would probably get some kind of capture effect because of uh, FM radio, what you were using at the time, regardless. Uh, so, you know, th th there was all kinds of things people did back then. And that's all still possible. The, the, the problem in the question is, like, who are you going to talk to? That's the reality of a lot of this stuff. So with packet. All right. Well, Lonnie continues on a different subject. Every time you mention Omicron, my mind goes to a test set and not the virus. I work in the power industry, and this test set is a commonly used one. And Lonnie has actually included a picture of the universal relay test set and commissioning Ooh, tool that. that is called Omicron. That is much better. That thing is cool looking. That much cooler looking than the other Omicron that we've talked about. And Lonnie signs off. Thanks, 73 Lonnie W0WAL. P.S. Not allergic to bees, but penicillin. All right. Oh, no. Hopefully that answered your question, Lonnie. Only fish antibiotics for me. <laughs> and thank you for that picture. That gives me a much happier image of Omicron other than, you know, supervillains or whatever. The next email is titled Catching Up and a Voicemail. And this is from Mike. Hey, Leia and Josh, plus all the HRCC family or, you know, Hamily. Hamily. Yeah. I had the opportunity to go work in Texas again, and this time I decided to drive down. I was able to do a POTA activation from Palo Duro Canyon near Amarillo, and I got 12 contacts QRP from the canyon floor. Oh, wow. What? That's got to be hard to do, right? From yeah, the canyon floor? Yeah. The driving also allowed me to catch up on the pod from episode 116 to 120. And you know how long those were. <laughs> those were, yeah. That's quite a drive, Mike. On the way back, I hit Capulin Volcano in New Mexico. This is Ham Solo. Mm -hmm. This is the e follow-up mm -hmm. email to the voicemail. And I got a summit and a park from the same location. A total of 24 contacts including France. Oh, wow. Cool. While I was QRP SSB from my Elecraft KX2 with the Pactena Mini 9-to-1 Anun random wire. Hopefully you got my voicemail and the teeth chattering 70 degrees and 40 mile per hour winds didn't kill the audio. It did not. I hope you, you heard it. It was fantastic audio, really. And hardly any teeth chattering. No. Yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. 70 degrees is intense, though. <laughs> Thanks. And these activations will, of course, be posted on my YouTube channel, Ham Solo. There's a link. I will post it in the show notes so you can check it out. I mean, I am personally fascinated uh, about what it would look like to operate from a volcano. 
So I depending on how tall it is. I mean, that might be one of those volcanoes where the side got blasted out of it. But still, the side of a volcano. You're like on a knife edge and you're trying to set up an antenna to be pretty gnarly. And it's a poda and a soda. That's well, it's in a park. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally doubled up. Doable. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike signs off 73, and I am allergic to bees. Oh, no. Hopefully there were no bees on the volcano then. Volcanic bees. <laughs> and that's my K0FYR ham solo. Thank you so much. I can't wait to watch that video. The next email is titled Dipole Directional. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a lot of inflection. I've just kind of flavored what? it up with. All right. And this is from Alex. And this is Alex, our Alaskan correspondent, who mm-hmm. I also requested to give Nathan some information on snow on a wire. Correct. Right? Yes. Hello, I'll jump straight in. Here's my radio question. I hung a 20-meter dipole and haven't heard much, but maybe a naggy from Japan once or twice over... What is a naggy? Uh, I'm assuming a call sign, but I don't know. Okay. From Japan once or twice over a couple of weeks since getting the antenna up in our new house. But that was and is something that tells me more than one person's been on 20 meters in the last couple of weeks. I figured it was my noise floor tried killing the breaker. No change other than wife and kids sure noticing. Yeah, we absolutely notice when you kill a breaker. Mm-hmm. That is... That is something you wait until everybody is asleep to do. I know. (laughs) So as a last ditch, I lowered the dipole and swapped ends and hoisted it back up. Mm -hmm. So now the center pin on the coax is out over the driveway and the shielding side is out over the flat roof garage. That's about 10 feet. So I'd say 25 feet up on one leg and due to the roof and the garage, Uh, 15 feet up from the roof. And ta-da, there's apparently people on 20 meters. I was hearing Montreal, Arizona, and Missouri right off the bat. I'm running QRP, so they can't hear me yet, but with time. So what gives? I know turning a dipole 90 degrees will affect its directionality, but 180? It was a last-ditch effort I took, and I'm so glad I did. Any thoughts would be appreciated. I posted it in the Facebook group and have been told by some it doesn't make a difference. And that's what I thought. But I'm not complaining. It did work. Well, it sounds like the elevation between the legs is very different. Yeah, it looks like like he he says the center pin on the coax is out over the driveway and the shielding side is out over the flat garage. That's about 25 feet up on one leg and uh, 15 feet up from the roof of the garage. It sounds like you need to get it hoisted up further in the air. That sounds like what needs to happen. Oh, you think that that's too low based on like where he is or the structure of the house? I don't know at this point. Also, I don't know like how adjacent he is to neighbors. Like why... He, he made it sound like his noise floor didn't go down when he killed the power. There's, oh, yeah. There's there's a couple of things I would, would scream out to me. Um, one, you've got some kind of weird um, 
RFI generator. Does it make a difference that he's in Alaska? It shouldn't. Okay. I mean, to a, to a degree, I guess it does. Usually people that are north of a certain latitude have uh, some difficulties. But the, the whole thing screams, get the antenna higher. And if you are having a lot of noise, because he doesn't tell us the noise. Like if he's if he's like, oh, no, yeah, I've got S9 noise across all bands. Like, well, that's a problem. Um, Even if you <laughs> if you try killing the breaker and you're still at an S9. Yeah, that's that's still a problem. Then you've got other de- things you got to deal with because you'll pull out a lot more signals that way. And you'd, you'd be surprised because a lot of people want to make contacts with Alaska and they'll hear your call sign and they'll they'll try and make a contact with you even if you're on QRP. All right. Well, that, so that's it. Get it higher up. Well, that and the RFI issue. I don't know the yeah. RFI issue, so I can't really comment further. All right. Well, Alex signs off. Thank you for your podcast and the work you put in. And that's Alex from Alaska. Thank you, Alex from Alaska. The next email is titled, All Ham Content Below. <laughs> you guys are doing great. <laughs> There's lots of ham content here. Thank you. And this is from Ken. Hello, Josh and Leia. Just a little backstory. I first got into ham radio back in 1988 or 89. I was a student teaching in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and my mentor was a longtime Elmer and active ham. After school at the ham club, I studied for my first novice test along with all the tweens I was supposed to be teaching and passed the five words per minute code test and all. Mm. My Congratulations. First, <laughs> Congratulations from 1988. My first call sign was KB0GTC, and I had a great time with it. Then, sadly, in 2010, the license lapsed. Ah. Life, med school, and children all converged. Well, to do med school with children is... <laughs> they converged. That's impressive. That's there was a convergence. <laughs> but I never really lost my interest in the hobby. Fast forward... This last year, my son suddenly developed an interest in amateur radio and became a general ham at Rose Hulman Institute of Technology, Whoa. where he is a freshman. Nice. Let's just give him. Let's, yeah, let's win. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Ken's son. That inspired me to dig through some old boxes where I found my ICOM W32A dual band handheld. Still works, but batteries and chargers are hard to come by. I am curious, Ken. You found an old radio, and have you put it up against other radios to see what the performance and experience is like? I, I'm interested to know. Doesn't tell like he has any other radios. Well, wait. Okay, sorry. Ken continues. So in November, Mm -hmm. I studied and passed my tech and general exam in the same day. That's twofer. Congratulations. To top off that great day, I also won a raffle for an old Kenwood TS 530s HF rig. Cool. That sparked a zillion questions on how to get a shack up and running. So naturally, I turned to the internet where I found HRCC. The YouTube videos of the podcast have helped me to overcome my analysis paralysis and finally get on the air. Nice. 
I thank you both for the time and effort you put in to make great content. Keep up the good work. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. That's very, that's very nice. Thank you. How old is a Kenwood TS530? I don't know. Huh. I, you know, I am really curious to see how those, uh, if you end up getting a newer radio or maybe your son has access to uh, some great ham radios that are uh, over at Rose Holman Institute of Technology, which is also very impressive. Uh, I'd like to hear back, Ken, about how the older radios compare to the newer radios, because we talk about it a lot. Josh has mostly newer radios. Mm hmm. So uh, I, I wonder if actually the older radios get a, and send out better signal than the um, newer ones. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't know. It's a tube based finals. Uh, they, they, it still uses tubes in the finals, which is pretty cool. Well, cool is a relative statement in this case. Uh, All right. Well, Ken signs off. Though. Oh, there you go. 1981. 198X discontinued. So it's an 80s era radio. The TS530? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a picture of it right there, Leah. That's a lot of knobs. That's <laughs> a lot of knobs. <laughs> All right. Well, Ken signs off. Thanks at 73. Ken, KD9TUH. Thank you, Ken. I like it's got a switch for heater. It's got a heater. I'm assuming it just turns the tubes on in the back. Oh, uh, that... Oh, it's probably for frequency stability. Uh, frequency stability becomes an issue with some of the old radios. They'll oh, start I to see. shift. All right. <laughs> and I'm moving. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. The next email is titled Antenna Review, College Clubs, and Email Follow-Up Podcast. And this is from Wes. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Hoshnasi. Thank you for reading my email last week. Josh, you'd be surprised to see how well the legs on a Wolf River coil will fit nicely into the back of a cow. <laughs> and what? if you don't remember, Wes is our leather correspondent. Okay, got yes. it. Yes. Uh, we made <laughs> some cow jokes <laughs> last week. <laughs> and Wes is confirming our suspicions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, on your holster, do you want the Baofeng antenna to face down like the barrel of a gun or up like a, a traditional oh, a radio question. holster. That's so smart. <laughs> I, I'm I mean, inclined function, to go. I'm inclined to go antenna down, but then that's but, not going to sound very good. Yeah, the, for the function, it's got to be up. Yeah, it just could cool be a little factor. squarey thing. It's got <laughs> a little squarey thing with the antenna sticking up. No, yeah, I, I'm. I'm inclined to think it should face up. But for the cool factor, the cool factor yeah. should face down. <laughs> Also, how about some bullet loops for the multitudes of antenna you have to have for quick reloads on the go? This is this is going to be a part of Josh's Halloween costume next year. I'm going to wear it at Hamfest. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, that so that's that's I like that. I like that direction. I guess I guess coax adapters don't have a gradual taper to them that they okay. stick. But a co yeah. like coax adapter loops would be funny too. Oh my god! Could you imagine walking around a ham fest with this? People will lose their minds. It is the convergence of so many things. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Wes says, I have recently purchased an antenna from Amazon. Okay. It is an HF adjustable vertical. The model is a GRA 7350T. I will include the link to Amazon. They are $50 off right now, and it may be an interesting antenna to review. I purchased it thinking I would get an okay performance, but was blown away. The reports on 20 meters I keep getting were 5.5 five and above. Now, this was on 100 watts on a clear day. What, what's it called? A GR50? GRA 7350T. GRA 7350T. But I have never gotten a 5.9 plus 10, and I received several from that setup. What is this thing? It says it's a... You got to run a tuner. Broadband telescopic portable radio. Oh, 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 I see what this is. That's interesting. What, what is interesting? I'm kind of curious. It's, it's like, it's not cheap though. It's $50. No. You want it for Christmas? Well, he said, oh, they're $50 off. (laughs) It's like $130. Wow. All right, so it sounds like that's going to be something that ends up on Josh's wish list. <laughs> I'm filling out my wish list. I mentioned previously that I am on the default president of the Amateur Radio Society at LSU, and I'm looking to get more people involved. Mm-hmm. I am going to bring my portable radio setup to the quad the first yeah. week back in the spring. Do it. I'm going to use the antenna mentioned above because I connect it to the back radio and have not uh, and will not have to worry about people stepping on coax if there are any other college clubs looking to partner up with other clubs for contest or activity please contact me via the discord or qrz ki5 frf you still got to run a radio with this though really yeah it's a vertical okay Uh, still better than stepping on the coax i assume all right, well, it, it starts to get into toy box territory. What do you toy, mean? Toy box is a uh, antenna that is it, it's it's it looks similar to a toy box, although bigger. It's like a loaded coil antenna with taps, and although the taps on this are like an adjustable, like a tension adjustable vertical that slides up and down. It's it, it's. It's not a bad design, to be honest. Like, it's it's pretty cool design. Okay. I'm well, interested. Wes continues, thank you both for putting the podcast out. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I enjoy myself laughing at the hilarious conversations between the two of you. One of my best friends moved away for college, and he and Josh have very similar mannerisms, so I often find myself recalling good times with him. Is he a ham, Wes? Is he a nut? <laughs> The rant about recreational EpiPen use was truly amazing and the funniest crap I have ever heard. (laughs) Lastly, I would like to say that the video where Josh edited another Josh jumping in and yelling something scared the crap out of me. I was away from my phone just listening and I wasn't expecting to be yelled at. West signs off. Thanks for your time. Your unofficial leather correspondent in Louisiana, Wes, K-I-5-F-R-F. Well, thank you, Wes. That's awesome. Thank you, Wes. Uh, man, I am so excited to see all of these ham radio holsters. 
Well, not all of them. Well, I think there are other people who also want, there's been discussion on the Discord oh, okay, uh, okay. podcast channel that is people also wanting this I mean, leather if you, holster. If you cut it like to the size of a Baofeng, and you might be able to cut it a little proudish, I guess, depending on if you have a belt clip on it or not. I'm assuming you wouldn't you wouldn't need a belt clip. That would be sacrilege to put it in a holster <laughs> with a belt clip. Uh, but it might fit a lot of other radios too, right? So it's it's probably something that would work with a lot of different options. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it's coming along. Mm. It's the remix. It's it's the (laughs) remix edition of Korean underground (laughs) transportation. (laughs) Trying to find a rhyming word. I can't do it. Transmission. Transmission. I didn't want to use. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're back. (laughs) Go ahead. All right. The next email reads battery follow up. Oh, yes. And this is from our dear friend and cheese smoker, Adam. Josh and Leia, sorry about last week. I never thought of including the link to the lithium iron phosphate battery I got. (laughs) Yes. I will include it in the link below. The one I chose was the Pioneer Energy 100 amp hour. There was no slow boat from China as they have warehouses in California and Texas from what the descriptions say. There were several just above this price point, but I decided to take a chance on this one based upon its reviews. Mm. Right now, it is about $360 with a $20 clickable coupon. And is it coupon or coupon? Coupon. Coupon. And... I had some rewards points I was able to use to bring the price down even more. With that said, it is bare bones. None of the extras like built-in battery warmer or Bluetooth. This is things that come with batteries? Yeah, when he says no extras, that that also frightens me, like no uh, charge controller. So so if you just keep charging it, it could blow. What? <laughs> not not life pose generally, but yeah, there's, there's generally some sort of like battery maintenance battery charger that that helps prevent the battery from getting damaged from charging or discharging in this case all right hopefully the performance stacks up with the reviews anyway once again thank you for the advice on getting the power gate and with the temps here Mm, jealous of you all in southern california it is 56 degrees right now it is so cold leia's dying I think it's great. 56 is, is great temps for me. I, I can't even go outside and water the plants. It's so cold. We would, well, the water just turns to ice when you start, when it comes out of the hose? No, I'm just afraid of getting wet in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay. It actually rained today. It did. And so they postponed the scout meeting that is normally mm. on Thursdays. That's uh, right. They have it done because it's in an outdoor par- patio area. Right. And then it stopped raining. <laughs> it, it rained for a couple hours today. Yeah, but not well into the period of time we would have the meeting. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this is great pod. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> but it is cold, so I don't think you should be too jealous. <laughs> it's not cold. Well, Adam's in Washington. How much colder is Washington? Uh, 20s, 30s right now? No. I think... Chris just mentioned on the Discord that it's like in the 30s. Do the lakes freeze over? I'm partly, I'm assuming. 
Partially. So there's no ducks going in those waters right now. The parts that aren't frozen. All right. Well, Adam signs off. Hope all is well and 73. Adam, WA7, CUG, go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right. Thank you for that follow-up, Adam. And I'll include that link in the show notes. Mm, thank you for that. Yes, I and do actually, not have magical powers. <laughs> hey, Adam. I don't um, know. Let us know if there's a charge controller, though. <laughs> yeah, if there's a BMS, battery management system on board, that would be nice. All right. The next email is titled MobiLinked WinLink. And this is from Old Iron. Hello, Leah and Josh. A quick email about my MobiLinked WinLink experience. It's it's kind of wild using a MobiLink WinLink connector, though, because it just sends you uh, Moby lyrics. That's <laughs> all it does. Uh, he has none, he says. This is this. <laughs> After spending about eight hours on and off messing with this quote unquote painfully easy to set up device with no success. I did a video on it. I told my Elmer, I think a small fire will fix this problem. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I have a video on this, don't I? My Elmer did take it and got it to work for him. Mm-hmm. So I took it home and gave it another two hours of my attention with great optimism, I might add. Three PCs, two phones, two radios later, I gave up. Oh, yes. And all the YouTube I can ingest. I do really appreciate your YouTube on the Moby Linked. Perhaps I need a more detailed start to finish setup. That is uh, so uh, shout out to the patrons that has been on the list of doing a Moby Link deep dive on All right. the patron picks episode, yeah. the first of the month. So, or a small fire. So, either <laughs> either one, either one. So, you do a deep dive video mm-hmm. or you show people how to start a fire. Well, I mean, there's always the support option you email Moby. <laughs> He's not doing much, right? He's not doing much right now. <laughs> Right? I mean, I don't follow him on Twitter. He could be really busy. In fact, what's going on with Moby? (laughs) So Old Iron says, just kidding. I will get back into it when I have more hours to spare. P.S. I have another more fun email I've been working on for weeks. Mm -hmm. Love the cast. Thank you so much. 73 Old Iron. Thank you, Old Iron. And uh, don't give up. It it actually isn't that hard. The trick is going to be just buy the cable from Moby Linked for Mm -hmm. the right... um, connector that you're trying to get into the radio just buy that cable it makes it a lot easier because they're like they're a couple of bucks they're not very expensive mm-hmm. and then um make sure you have a phone obviously that will bluetooth to it that's okay. the big trick but you don't necessarily tether it in the phone os you use the app to do it the moby linked app you have to download it and use that i found that is the best way well, ho- hopefully the uh, future video will help you a little bit more, mm-hmm. Old Iron. And um, let me know how that conversation with Moby goes. And just cross your fingers that the patrons vote for it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the next email is titled, Magic That Will Dazzle the Mind. Oh. And this is from Brian. Dear Josh and Leah, I hope this email finds you and your family well. After hearing about the ham radio-themed magic mentioned in the last episode... I wanted to let you know that the hobby already has it. (gasps) What? Oddly enough, it wasn't the sort of performance and showmanship that you may have in mind. After my trip to HRO in August, I realized that right out of my bank account, money had vanished. Oh, 
Around the same time new ham gear appeared in my car, I'm convinced it's magic. <laughs> I thought we just called that the hro vortex. <laughs> oh, it's science. It's not magic. Right, it's, it's science. science. <laughs> the preparedness corner talking about driving in snow and follow-up emails got me thinking of the keys I keep in mind while driving in the winter. One, keep a healthy following distance while driving on uncertain roads. That is the biggest thing. Yep, I agree. Two, ensure you have a thick, <coughs> a thick blanket among other gear in your car. Oh, that's a really good tip. Uh, old vintage, well, they don't have to be vintage, but military wool blankets are oh. really, you know, you can usually get them pretty inexpensively and they're super durable. Three, keep a healthy following distance while driving on uncertain roads. <laughs> really driving the point home, which should be yeah. said. Four, ensure you have the temperature appropriate washer fluid in your car. A hundred, one hundred percent. Yes. I've seen the gas station bucket of fluid become forbidden icy. <laughs> it's <there's> an <laughs> attached image. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Five, keep your speed down if you are unsure of road conditions. And lastly, six, keep a healthy following distance while driving on uncertain so it was roads. So it was intentional. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, generally, particularly when I'm at altitude and there's mm -hmm. like turns and we're going up mountains and stuff like that, I'll I'll run her in in four wheel drive and I I won't go very fast. We'll we'll just troll up the mountain when it's when it's like a non plowed road. You kind of have to because in some cases, it, it could be snow that melted a bit and then iced over and snowed again, and you don't right. know what you're rolling onto. It's you, true. You got to be really careful, especially on mountain roads, right? Well, any roads, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm assuming those could be quite a bit more deadly. Yes, <laughs> given their altitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's why I said that, but you know, hey. The first, third, and sixth tips are duplicated for the sake of importance and Don't humor. Don't explain the joke. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. If a roads are slick and you start to skid, distance between you and whatever you may hit will buy you time to gain regain control. I drive ambulances and have been in multiple situations where I've applied the brakes and physics went lols no. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to call ambulance for the ambulance. Oh man. That's is that a special ambulance? <laughs> tow truck, I think. <laughs> Brian continues, I'm happy Josh mentioned engine block heaters. They can be bolted to the engine block or come as magnetic version that is designed to stick to the belly of the engine. Mm -hmm. On mornings where it is negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 32 degrees Celsius, I can start my car easily and it'll be up to running temperature within five minutes. Mm -hmm. They are wonderful devices. Yeah, the ones for the Alaska, again, this was when I went to Alaska. So this is many decades ago. Mm -hmm. I was told, I, I didn't get to look at one and as a kid that like cared about that kind of stuff, uh, the Dilbert kid, uh, I wanted to see how they work, but they told me, no, it, it circulates the water. So I, I do know, or the coolant, um, I do know that yes, there are engine block heaters too. Those mm -hmm. are a thing. Uh, but there are also circulators as well. But anyway, yeah. You know, negative um, 32 degrees Celsius is too cold for penguins. Okay. <laughs> is it? It's just too cold. <laughs> is it too cold for If me? I am the penguin, yes. Okay. That is, um, that's the reason why animals migrate for the winter. <laughs> you know, just, just putting that out there. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Brian continues. Could you okay. imagine? Could you? <laughs> could you imagine being the first bird that was like, um, I got wings. <laughs> I don't have to I could be just here. Go. <laughs> I gotta go before this happens. Six months next later, year. Barry comes back and like, get a load of Barry. <laughs> Barry, would you get that tan? <laughs> I was thought gonna say I don't even know get a load of Barry, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what is that? They call it a tramp stamp down south. <laughs> I went to spring break. <laughs> and they could see it like through the feathers, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's like <laughs> Barry, it's year zero. <laughs> Who gave you <laughs> I mean, year zero is not nearly enough for yeah. birds migrating, but it's a joke. Thank you. A listener emailed in asking which model tough book uh, Josh uses and asking him about charging options. I'm happy to hear that Josh's Panasonic power adapter is working f- well for him mm-hmm. as mine does for me. Mm. I had the exact same RFI problem with the adapter that came with the CF19 tough book I bought from eBay. Mm-hmm. Mine does have a nine pin serial port and it comes in handy. It does. After I bit the bullet and bought an OEM power adapter for my tough book, I can clearly see why it can be worth paying more for a better made product. For th- These are the instances where you get these are the buy once cry once instances like a a charger that won't cause rfi pay the 75 dollars for it and shout out i don't know if he listens but side boom got down that was uh that was who side boom so by the way if anybody cares about side boom has written if anybody cares about uh tough books and is interested in tough books we do have a resident expert on the hrcc discord it's side boom Contact him if you're curious about uh, Tough Books. He will fill you in on the details or at least be able to answer questions much better than I can. He is who I go to. He's the one who helped me find and also helped me mitigate the RFI on said Tough Book. Amazing. All of it. So shout out to Sideboom. During a stream after chat, I made the suggestion to Josh and found the vendor I bought mine from to pass along. I'm happy to hear it works so well. It's a great insight to Wait, why so cheap side... electronics are so cheap. No, it was. Sorry. This so, is from Brian. Yeah. So Brian, no, Brian was the one that referenced the charger. Sideboom was the one with the RAM and the, the tough book. So gotcha. Also, you can talk to Brian. I don't know what his Discord uh, channel name is, but if you have tough All book right. questions, well, you can go to his, Brian. Well, uh, his call sign's incoming. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. The listener was uh, asking about portable charging uh, options for charging. Mm-hmm. There are charging adapters sold for these laptops, assuming they'll be used in vehicles. If you search for adapters with a lighter plug on one end and a plug for the laptop on the other, you should be able to use any car outlet. In fact, I or bought, a <laughs> I bought a socket from an auto store and slapped a pair of power poles into it. There is an image for that as well, which I will post to the HRCC Discord channel uh, for the podcast. Hypothetically, you could just swap, you could use the power poles, take the connector off and connect it directly to a battery in that case. Okay. It's like a buck converter. 
In fact, I bought a socket. Oh, sorry. Um, assuming it is rated for the current draw from the laptop power adapter, I feel like this would fit the listener's needs. Mm-hmm. You can also use it for any radio accessory intended to be used in a car. For example, HT chargers. Yeah. Well, Brian signs off. Hope this information is helpful or interesting. It was both. It was. Thank you, helpful. Brian. I love books. I love them. I might. You were just using it earlier today. I, was, I just used it to flash a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. So Brian signs off. That's K-E-0-R-I-Y, inaugural member of the 0.02381X crew for those who wished the episode to last them for the whole week. (laughs) There you go. What do we sound like? How do I sound now? All right, 73, Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, And Josh owes you a debt of gratitude as well for his power adapter sourcing. Thank you. And the next email is titled, A Rig Question and a Merch Idea. Okay. And this is from Preston. Greetings, ham royalty. That that makes us like the honey-baked hams, Mm. you know? That is really some royal ham. Yeah. Or is it like a lechon? Oh, is that ham royalty? Lechon is. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually even a specific lechon roll where they just take like the best cut and they roll it into a roast and it's just skin all the way around. That's super crispy. (laughs) Maybe that's the kind of ham we are. (laughs) Man. (laughs) It's like a jelly roll of lechon. Yes. That's what it looks like. All right, Leia, uh, Preston says, I must say I was inspired by your idea for the HF deployment drill to test how long it takes to go from zero to making contacts. I heard that episode of the podcast at work and happened to have my POTA backpack in my vehicle, Mm -hmm. as you should. Good. Well done. The minute I clocked out, I pulled into an adjacent lot and set up my kit. Unfortunately, since I get off at 2.30 in the morning, oh, nice. all the activity I could hear was on 80 meters. Nice. <laughs> That's like the late night chat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I only have an antenna for 40 and up. Oh, no. Mm, nice. No dice this time. But I'm eager to try the drill again. This experience did bring up an interesting question, though. While I'm attempting the challenge, I tried to make contacts on JS8 call and noticed that since I had last started up my laptop, it had lost a full five seconds from UTC. Mm -hmm. Josh, do you know of a way to pass the IC705's GPS signal into JS8 call? Is there a setting within the software or maybe a standalone app? I suppose I could do it with a GPS dongle, but I figure newer parts is better. Uh, I can do this with the Raspberry Pi. I know how to do this, and I have done this with the 705 GPS. You turn on the second port, the second USB port to pass GPS, Mm -hmm. and then you use the the Raspberry Pi to receive that signal and set the clock. Because the Raspberry Pi is a horrible clock. It has no stability. With that said, I haven't done it for a windows pc with that said again if you can tether your phone to your laptop or computer and run dimension four and then it will use the internet off your phone to sync the clock uh, via dimension four i have done this many times portably 
All right. Wow. But you give me a good, I got to go back and I got to go make back. Make some notes. That. Yeah. Okay. I'm making a note. Preston continues, for the merch idea, I think a simple ball cap with HRCC colon PC for HRCC podcast would be cool. Kind of like wearing ball caps that make people ask, what's that mean? But maybe I'm the only one. A graphic of an HT alongside the lettering could complete the design. I'm sure people have asked about ball caps before. And I don't remember if it's one of the things you would have difficulty producing, but I thought it could be a neat idea. Preston, if we make that, uh, we will definitely send you one. Um, I can do this cap. This is a very simple cap that you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I am able to source caps. The issue with the HRCC logo on a cap is still the level of detail on the logo. Mm Mm-hmm. And the colors. Because it is, all the caps are embroidered. Right. So you're kind of limited to the threads that are available for stitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, the I can't get the logo to reduce down and be at all really recognizable for, for it. It gets too elements. muddied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too much detail for the embroidery, embroidery machines. And I've, I've tried. Mm-hmm repeatedly Mm -hmm. and every time the mock-ups look like garbage yeah (laughs) i think i may just not be skilled enough in graphic design for this particular job so we are slowly working on that one that's more my fault than than leia's fault at this point Uh, sure anytime you want to take the blame from me i'm happy for you to do it all right On the topic of acronyms, Preston says, I also think the members of the podcast Discord channel should start a book club. It'd be the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast Discord channel book club (laughs) or the HRCC PC DCBC. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You don't need my permission to get this off the ground. You can just post in the Discord. Oh, Preston's kidding. He says. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm actually down for a book club. To read handbooks? Oh, uh, more preparedness books. And like apocalyptic books. These are areas that I think okay. are interesting. Or like uh, fantasy books. That's okay, too. <laughs> like. Dune? I mean, that's rather long. <laughs> that's, that would be like a year of the book club, yeah, I think. You're set. You just yeah. read all the Dune books. Dune. I meant just the first Dune. Would no. Be like a year. No. You'd go section by section. No. <laughs> all right. Well, Preston signs off 73s for now. Preston KM3 DLY Squirrel Fisherman 1X Crew B's OK QRP Hero <laughs> Appliance Operators Union Tennessee Chapter. <laughs> nice. Very good. I like all those signatures, Preston. Those were all good. (laughs) Thank you so much for the email. The next email is titled A-double-R-L Scholarships. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. But this comes in from volunteer podcast co-producer, Rob. Oh, all right. Howdy, Leah and Josh. Loved last week's email from Wes, the student at LSU. Have you checked out his website, 
wccustomleather.com. It's wonderful. They also carry the H word, H-O-L-S-T-E-R-S. I'm cautious about mentioning that since you already <laughs> you were already on the Noah watch list. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. We have too many listening devices in the house, yep. I think. I think it might be time to shut it off. Noah's just too far entrenched in our home. <laughs> They're already here. Hearing what Wes is Noah's doing. Noah's already in the house. It's <laughs> and not like in the house. No, but like we're watching you. <laughs> They're watching now. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> All right, Rob continues. Hearing what Wes is doing on campus reminded me of the AWRL Foundation Scholarship Program. You guys have talked about this in the past, but in case there are some listeners who do not know the details, here is a blurb from the AWRL website. Well, thank you, Rob. The AWRL, I didn't know we talked about it before, so now I'm embarrassed that I started this email saying, I did not know this was a thing. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I talked about it. The AWRL Foundation Scholarship Program is currently accepting applications from eligible uh, amateur radio operators pursuing higher education. Mm -hmm. More than 100 scholarships ranging from 500 to 25,000 will be awarded. (laughs) That is a big chunk of money. That is a huge chunk of cash. So, like, would it be possible for Ben to get... (laughs) <laughs> it said amateur radio operators pursuing higher education. It's like a cyborg thing. You wouldn't know. <laughs> like, how long do you think it would take for the kids to get ham licensed? <laughs> like, <laughs> at what point are you I, considered pursuing higher education? <laughs> I think when you're going to college and you're also a ham. I think that's how that works. Because I've been preparing them since birth. Like, <laughs> to go to college? Yes. No, that's true. I don't. I don't disagree with that. All right. Applications for the 2022 ARRL Foundation Scholarship Program will be accepted until 11.59 p.m. EST on December 31st, 2021. You got two weeks. Scholarship recipients (laughs) will be notified in May 2022 via USPS mail and email. Via ham radio. (laughs) Rob, Are you really a ham, you kid? (laughs) We send you the certificate via SSTV. You have to send your your essay in using Morse code. <laughs> Correct. It must be transmitted. And that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder how many applicants they get. This is fantastic. Do you yes. do you realize how amazing this is? Leia is now because totally gonna start bugging the children so to get their ham license now. You don't understand. <laughs> it wasn't like I'm I'm sure she was impressed by the number one hundred. 100 recipients. I'm sure she was impressed by 500, but then she saw 25,000 and she was like, what is even happening? (laughs) That's a year of college. It can be. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on where they go. Oh my gosh. And like, there are so few young hams. Like, I feel like this is a lot of people who would apply and get the scholarship. Like all of them. (laughs) That's it. 
there's more than a hundred. Could you imagine there was yeah. like it's a, it's one hundred because that's how many people apply. We, we checked uh, the uh, FCC records. Some of them aren't even going to college. This. <laughs> you just sent them a check. We just, we just looked at this age range and made sure we had enough to cover them all. We just sent Edward Mann with a hundred novelty checks out. <laughs> Is he a ham? No, I, I think oh. he passed. Mm. Was he a ham? I don't think so. <laughs> if he passed, sending him out has got to be real scary. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob says the website continues. <laughs> Rob said the website yes. continues. Okay, good. Good. All applicants must be active, FCC licensed amateur radio operators. Note, active foreign amateur radio operators are eligible for the ARDC scholarships. Wow. All applicants must submit a completed online application. This is literally the best use In of ARRL funds I've ever heard of. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Rob has provided a link for our show notes. Every, oh, I you should know say what? it's Cabrillo format is how you have to submit the <laughs> application. ADIF is the file extension. So I know that there are a good number mm-hmm. of HRCC podcast listeners and members of the email correspondence tower. Who have who been are looking in, to pressure their children into no, getting their hands. who are in college. Yeah, of so course. I am so glad you guys are listening. Please go apply for this scholarship. Yeah, I want you, got, you to get some money. <laughs> you, you got time. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> All right. They, Treat yourself. <laughs> To a scholarship. This is a tuition. (laughs) To a scholarship. (laughs) Rob continues, they misspelled amateur in the first paragraph. I began to contact. What is happening? Directly about the typo. It gets my goat too. And they're but like, shh, Rob, we're waiting for a college student to tell us yes. that's one of the trick <laughs> secret ways to get a scholarship. Wouldn't it be cool if a part of the scholarship was a fox hunt and then at the end it was just a suitcase of cash? <laughs> that would be an amazing way that would be to get the money for a scholarship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just That might be funny to just do a, a like a literal contest that way. Yeah. Like a giveaway. Oh, yeah. Ooh, look at your eyes. Uh, my eyes just, <laughs> did they go all sparkly for a second? Yeah. Ooh, maybe you could do something at like the different ham fest you do. Just like pack up like a thousand dollars. What? Why wouldn't it be like... a radio? <laughs> oh, That's my oh, pocket I'm very, cash. I'm very confused. I thought we were thinking. You about... found me. I'm the fox. <laughs> just get mugged Here's... when you get off the plane. <laughs> Here's my loose pocket cash. <laughs> People are like, oh, yeah, that's that guy who's going to give out $1,000. He likes getting He's beat up. He's at the airport. <laughs> it's one of his things. He's really into it. <laughs> Has it pressed charges once? <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> Rob continues, but then I thought it would be more fun to let you guys mention it on the podcast and see how quickly they correct it. <laughs> They'd have to listen all the way through. Could you imagine? To this point. <laughs> we get an email from Rhea next week. 
it has been corrected. <laughs> I bet. Rob says, I bet they are listening and will change it immediately. <laughs> Maybe Noah will let them know. They're definitely listening. If it's corrected before the podcast releases. Oh, we now got we're, a problem. we got a problem. <laughs> All right, Rob, let us know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, ARRL Watch 2021. Yeah. All right. Well, Rob signs off. Y'all have fun tonight. Rob K5DCQ. Thank you, Rob. Great Thank email. You. Rob is always this amazing source of information. Seriously. Yeah. He's so well researched. If just... I need to, if I need to like research something to get like history on something, mm-hmm. I'm probably just going to contact Rob. Yeah. I'd be like, man, I need some help. Yeah. You can you use your superior Googling skills <laughs> and synopsis ability? Yeah. But like, no, seriously, like type it up the way you type up the emails. <laughs> but like, just to me, don't send it to Leia. Yeah. Instead, you could bring it up on the podcast. <laughs> That's how I get my assignments. Out. In this scenario, you're like a. You're a part of a special force that gives out missions, is that? But they're research missions. <laughs> they got the impossible mission force. We're the Googleable, Googleable mission force. And then all you get is a bunch of emails. It's from Let Me Google. It yeah, just, just a bunch of links. Yep, with a catchy like song that go underneath it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Rob. The next email is titled Crotchety Old Men Chap My Backside. Whoa. Yeah. And I read that in such an aggressive way. The email's from Vern, who is like one of the nicest people. I know. (laughs) Vern would not say it like that. No. Yeah. Hi, Leia. Vern says. Oh, no, no, Vern. Actually, maybe depending on some situations. It, let's let's well, continue. Well, apparently, yeah. against crotchety old men. Well, let's continue. Yeah, and let's... chapped backsides. You know. Yeah, yeah. I hope you and Josh are well and enjoying all the festivities around the holiday season. We are. Thank you. Yes. One of these days, I promise that shipment of Texas craft beer will be there for the festivities of some future holiday. Thank you. Well, a road trip may be in order. Oh, man. I think Renee would really appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of cool restaurants and stuff out here. Lots of great craft brew, too. Mm-hmm. So, Particularly if you like go up the coast, if you like start in San Diego and come up, which is probably easier to do from Texas, right? Well, I don't remember exactly where physically, geographically he is in Texas. If you want tips on how to uh, ship smash schmear, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Maybe talk to uh, Ham Radio 2.0, Jason. Yeah. He's a, he's a pro at getting schmaff schmear out of Texas. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to remark about this, Vern continues. Somehow, recurring nonsense that only uh, that a few overly vocal, crotchety old men keep harping about, mostly on Twitter... Ham radio is dying because of blank. It butters my biscuit to hear this kind of talk. <laughs> they go on to talk about how YouTube is the root of all evil, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it is. I just want to scream sometimes. It is. We're the worst. I don't know how Josh doesn't scream, to be honest. 
because hate is going to hate. Because I don't let people, <laughs> I don't let dumb people live in my, hint, rent, my head rent free. <laughs> Haters going to hate. Josh is going to congratulate. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we, that's what, I mean, that was my big thing from the beginning is just, just reply to all the hater comments. Thank you for watching the video. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> there's probably nothing that could hurt them more You're like always nice to meet a fan oh that's even better <laughs> could you just like <gasps> he just <laughs> drop the keyboard and walk away <laughs> we all know how technical ham radio can be for those that want it to be technical mm -hmm. it's also entirely possible not to be super technical for those that prefer to be an appliance operator I'm okay with either and everything in between. It costs me nothing to allow someone to enjoy this expansive hobby however they see fit. Yeah. I will never understand the OMs that do nothing but talk about the impending doom of our hobby simply because someone likes DMR, FT8, decoded CW, etc., 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 ad nauseum. Yeah, you literally hit all the big ones right yeah. there. How do I know it's not dying? All the technical advancement aside, I know it's not dying because of the community that surrounds our great hobby. Yeah. People like your hubby, my friend Josh, spread goodwill about our hobby. He has taught, he has taught a ton of technical topics, but there is an underlying other message as well. Be a decent human being, treat people with respect, and let others enjoy this hobby as they choose. Don't be a dick. My words, not his. Also, Will Wheaton's words. I have definitely Wheaton. said that as well. <laughs> yeah, but... It, yeah, yeah, well, he's, he should take his own words sometimes. Wow. <laughs> Just the hatred. I'm, I'm not a fan. Wesley Crusher. I'm not a fan. Yeah. All right. I can tell you, Vern says, that I have personally learned from Josh to listen better and approach a potentially heated conversation from a point of view than uh, from a different point of view than in my younger days when I was filled with nothing but piss and vinegar. Mm -hmm. Who knew an old man of my age could learn a new way of communicating from watching a younger man do it nearly every day? <laughs> That's probably accurate. <laughs> How y'all put up with the negative comments on YouTube, etc., is beyond me. I'm not sure I could do that very well. I um I have a very simple equation for this. It is I read the comments, even the ones that I know are people being jerks. Uh-huh. And I try to glean something of value from it. I don't ever want to be wrong. But I'm going to be wrong, particularly when I put out content as much as I do. I don't want to be wrong. I don't intentionally be wrong. And, and sometimes I just make a mistake. Like I know the information. I just say something wrong. It happens. It totally happens. Never my intention. And I don't want to lead people down the wrong path. I really don't. Um, and when people call me out on it, I say thank you a lot of times. Make a note of it. Try to mentally be better and, and move on to the people that... Um, are obviously saying just a mean thing to be mean. It's like, okay, then, you know, then you can release the comment of, hey, thanks for watching. I'm glad you liked the video. <laughs> uh, but you, you, get a, you get a really good feel for it if you do it long enough on the YouTubes. It, it becomes pretty clear. But yeah. always just remember, I'm never trying to put out bad information. And I don't think any of the YouTubers are either. Right, right. 
But in in general, it's kind of like you really love what you do on YouTube. You, yeah. Uh, you love the video production side. You love the ham radio. You love the community. Mm-hmm. And it's like as you get more well-known, there's going to be people who It's inevitable. Yeah. It, I, I have uh, – the, the channel has obviously grown to a point where it's like that's kind of nuts. Didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be a certain level of negativity that has to also increase in volume just because right. of that mm-hmm. that is it is impossible not to expect that right it's just also the only thing you can control in that situation is yourself that's true so control myself uh, try to approach it from the point of view of they're not trying to necessarily be a jerk because you know every all context is lost in a comment all context is lost on a tweet yeah, actually, I think I've seen on Reddit where you've responded to somebody who had like said something that was kind of rude mm-hmm. and you they didn't just, expect you, me to reply. Yeah. And then when they did, they they were like totally disarmed. They were like, oh, I did not mean it that way. Mm-hmm. I I used the wrong phrasing. Mm-hmm. I can see because, from your perspective yeah. how that would have been taken. And that was not my intent. And oddly enough, that's happened a lot. People will make a, a statement, and I think they're doing it because they're on the internet, right? And generally, the internet's a little bit harsher. People have right. a harder edge because it's pseudo-anonymous. And when you kind of just approach it with an open honesty and be like, mm-hmm. I didn't intend to do that, or you know, you'll get yelled at about Baofangs, or you get yelled at about anything, the topic of today's show, for instance, it... You just talk to people about it, and there's there's so many hot takes people have to to kind of because they want to scream into the ether that is the internet with their hot take. Hot takes are seldom nuanced, and when you poke at it a bit with a a good thought, your own thought, oftentimes valid discussions come out of it. But then a lot of times people are just jerks, and you handle it that way too. All right. Well, Vern continues. <clears throat> I have. Your favorite phase, phrase on a label at the bottom of my desktop monitor. Don't yuck someone else's yum. I think that's Leia's. That's it definitely is. Leia's. Yes. Yeah, that's one of her favorite Because you you eat way more exotic foods than most people. Yeah. And yeah. you always teach the kids not to make... Someone else feel bad for what they like. And I don't think most adults feel bad, like when you say yuck. But other kids could, you know, you don't want anybody to... I think adults do feel bad. Some do, some yeah. do. But I also just don't want my kids to grow up that way and not be respectful of other people's like cultures and food, you know. Mm-hmm. Vern says, if my response does not lift up the other person on the other side of the conversation, I now try to find a different way to say things. That's great. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. You can definitely ask Renee about that one. <laughs> 20 years at my side, she will happily tell you of how much of a change I have made in the past few years in this Aww, aspect of my communication. That's amazing. I have learned a lot from Josh in this area alone. I, you know, YouTube is definitely one thing. I was actually commenting on this, but also definitely my career has also right has to affect the mm-hmm. way I communicate just because of, you know, what it is I do. But they all, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is nice to be married to somebody like you. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. you. That's a wonderful by, comment. By like you, I mean you. Yeah. 
Now that you explained it, now I'm <laughs> diagramming your previous statement. And now I don't like it as much. Back, <laughs> Back to the subject of community. I have never experienced better friendships than I have found in this hobby. I have been a ham for about 10 years or so now. I have found common ground and outlets with people that I would have never met had it not been for this hobby. Oh, that's YouTube true. and in the past couple of years, HRCC. Yep. Oh, I'm so glad that you've you've found your people, right? Your tribe. That's, yes. Can uh, I say that? Can I say that? Yeah. Why? Your tribe. I don't know. I, actually, I don't think you can. Yeah. See. Uh, see. Ah uh, ha ha! I need that. Is that. something literally that has changed in the last seven years, because it was all about finding your tribe, mm -hmm. right? And then it was. You can't use that word. I think we can just say you found your community. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It feels just as good. Or your people. Right. Yeah. Okay. I know you are personally aware of my current health issues. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yes. I won't go into those details here, except to tell you no less than 35 members of the HRCC and YouTube community have reached out to me with calls, texts, private messages on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord, and in one case, an actual Western Union telegram. Whoa. That is so cool. That's cool. You know, and I do have to say that Vern is a fantastic member of this mm -hmm. community, and the people who interact with him all feel very positively about him because yeah. like you get the sense from Vern that he is genuinely a person who cares about other people. You know, he, he is. And there's a, um, there's a certain level of presence people puts off yeah. like when they're there mm -hmm. and you're, you're talking with them and they're there and, and Vern puts that out there, which is, a you know, not everybody gets focused in like things in their head and what they're thinking about. But Vern always feels like, well, I've only talked to him a couple of times at Huntsville, but you know, you, you get that feeling, which is right. always a really nice. Well, a couple of times that. included like a significant <laughs> period of yeah, time, like in person <laughs> yeah. time. That's what yeah, I mean. Exactly. In person is the mm -hmm. way you, you can perceive that. Mm -hmm. The HRCC is a fantastic community made up of people who genuinely care about others, Vern says. They certainly have made me feel cared about, and for that, I am extremely grateful. The leadership and example set by the two of you is no doubt the reason Aww. this community has flourished. And oh, the that's admins. so nice. Oh, the admins. A huge part of that. Like, every can't, one of them. Can't say that Great enough. guys. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Good on you, my friends. OMs can complain all they want about how YouTube is the source of all things wrong in the world. But to them, I say, chill, man. And I will remind everybody that in this connotation, the OM is like an aggressive person. Right. There are plenty of people who not are OMs. Not an affectionate OMs. OM. It's not an affectionate OM. Yeah. We're not saying all OMs are this way. Not at all. <laughs> this is a hobby so big and so diverse that everyone can enjoy it however they see fit. It's like breathing. There is so much air. I don't care if you breathe some. It doesn't harm me in any way. Let others enjoy this hobby how they see fit. Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's right. Well said. Well said. Thanks again for giving this socially isolated old timer a way to connect with friends and enjoy the community as much as I enjoy the technical aspects of this wonderful hobby. It is a great treasure to Renee and I both. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Vern. And thanks, Renee. Yes. Vern signs off. You are both 
very dear to us. And I just wanted to let you know how you impact others besides the technical stuff Josh talks about on his various venues. Keep it up, please. Happy holidays to you both and to your family. The 73 from KV5SIX. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because this time I did not say duh. <laughs> duh. It says 73DEV. <laughs> KV5SIX. You can just say from. That's what I just said. Okay, okay. And thank you to Vern's uh, Peacock. <laughs> thank you. Vern has the most amazing albino peacock. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. It is... I can only imagine if Vern were to sell the like peacock feathers that get shed, mm-hmm. that they have to be so valuable. Because I was looking at this peacock going, that's amazing. It is. <laughs> that peacock's insane. They're loud, though. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Yeah. Maybe the albino peacocks aren't as loud. Maybe they're just super chill because they're like... So special. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. You, you see, see me. me. You see You've me. seen other peacocks. <laughs> Have you seen me? Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to miss me. I get that, but. Thanks so much, Vern, for the wonderful words and happy holidays to you and Renee. Yes. Happy I holidays. I am very excited to hear about your trip to Musha K with you and 23 other friends. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what Musha K is? No. It's like the most expensive resort. What's going on? Oh, don't. I, you, we just got done with the whole vacation thing, and you're like, well, he's going to be gone at this day. No, he's not really going. Oh, okay, it's an okay. outlandishly, like, it is like Oprah's favorite resort. It's. Okay. I want to say it's uh, over, for that amount of people, it might be $80,000 a day. A day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's not really going. Okay. I had made a joke uh-huh. about a gift he could get for Renee. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and Renee goes, yes, for us and 23 friends. <laughs> That's insane. All right. That's the kind of place where you try and go there and you're like, oh, we don't allow ham radio. There's here. no way. At that price, you can do whatever you want on that island. <laughs> It's probably bad timing to make that joke. The next email is uh, titled Plasma Donation and Clones. And this is from Michael. Okay. Listening to this week's podcast, excellent as usual. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. And for the wonderful words. And I was listening to the email that mentioned donating plasma. I have been donating plasma since the beginning of the pandemic twice a week. Wow. Whoa. I didn't know you could do it that often. I originally started because I found out that I had the COVID antibodies and that plasma was needed for the treatment of COVID patients. I originally went to truly donate plasma and was told that I could be reimbursed money for my donation. Why should I argue? This is such an amazing sacrifice on your part, mm-hmm. like especially very early on in the pandemic where that plasma was one of the few things that was effective mm-hmm. in like the treatment of some of these more severe cases. Yeah. Right. And then think of how important that was to the research that mm-hmm. got us this quickly to where we are now. Like we think that we have spent so long in this pandemic. Right. And right. it does feel like really long. It's been less than two years. 
the the fact that we went from oh crap to we're on boosters now <laughs> is pretty wild. Insane. Yeah. So thank you, Michael, for doing that. I mean, regardless of what you think about the pandemic, mm-hmm. the people who have made these sacrifices to address this so that we can return to as normal as we can as quickly as possible, really, we owe a massive yeah, debt ob- of gratitude objectively, too. regardless of your political feelings, the yeah. human effort put forward is impressive. Right. So Michael says it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to donate oh, okay. each time. It is very regulated and they s- strictly follow all guidelines for cleaning and sterilization of the equipment and areas. I donate through a company called CSL Plasma. They have many locations all over the place and I re- recommend it to everyone. There is a donor evaluation and unfortunately not everyone is eligible due to age, health and medications taken, but everyone should at least check it out. This funding is my slush fund, an agreement I made between my wife and I. I should hope so. I should hope if you are donating your plasma twice a week that that money is pretty much for you to be happy. <laughs> uh yes. Okay, now to address Josh's question about if the quality of clones would be the same. My only suggestion is that if you haven't seen the Michael Keaton movie Multiplicity, you should see it for a good laugh and a take on clone quality. I I don't know that that has been peer-reviewed as a scientific source. (laughs) I think my question was more towards the scientific bend, but I, I see where you're going with this. All right. Well, Michael signs off. Thanks for all you guys do to inform and entertain. Michael KB1 CKF in Pittsburgh. So I'll I'll give that the nod for ham radio content because that is a slush fund that you can turn into ham radios. Yes. (laughs) If you donate plasma, which is actually. It is a it is a follow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving. I'm saying it it, it is actually a it's a decent chunk of money from what I understand. For 45 minutes, like, it's a pretty good amount of money. And in no way are we telling you to go sell your plasma or radios. (laughs) I am. Well, I'm not. I I, I think I'll go with the emailer. Check it out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not not saying that's a big Josh thumbs up. I'm saying check it out. Yeah, I mean, like, look into it and think about what good your plasma could do. And then for you like, to buy a radio. <laughs> all right. And thank you so much, Michael, for all of uh, your effort and helping us out of this panorama. There is a T-shirt. Hmm. There is a T-shirt. There? It is a person that's uh-huh. in the chair. Because I think there's actually like a chair you sit in for plasma because it, it heats you. And they have like heating blankets they put on you too. And it's a dude... He's got his arm hooked up to the plasma machine, and he's given a thumbs up, and it just says, I'm buying a 7300. <laughs> what? HRCC plasma crew. No, no, no. Do you know why I can't do this? Mm. Because. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Team As plasma. somebody who... 
I am not telling you to do this specifically because I am somebody, I, I do give blood actually, mm-hmm. but half of the time I give blood, I near pass out. The first time I ever gave blood, I passed out. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up completely disoriented in a nurse's office. <laughs> and then I was green for the rest of the day. It was, I, I want to say I was in high school in my senior year. Mm-hmm. That was like the first time ever because it was like I hit the age mm-hmm. where I could. Right. And I'd like woke up in the nurse's office. I, I, I'm embarrassed that I passed out. <laughs> And then the nurse is like, well, you can stay longer, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, no, I need to go to class because right. that's me. Right. right. I've been like, can you give me a note to leave? <laughs> so I go to class and my classmates are like, are you okay? You are literally a different color. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. All right. But I will still give blood. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, now you're, you're older. You're over it. You, you don't get phased by that as much oh no i i didn't pass out because i'm afraid of blood or something i passed out because i don't i have very low blood pressure like this is something that doctors have remarked on Mm -hmm. like even when i was pregnant they were like this is phenomenal blood pressure (laughs) okay you are your heart's not even moving (laughs) way to go so so the I think that that's the not reason. many miles on this heart. Would you like to be a donor? <laughs> this is and I think this is why I have such a hard time when I give blood. My already low blood pressure getting so I don't want to tell people to go give plasma. <laughs> okay, like as the re- <laughs> like for the sake of buying ham radios because. It could not turn out well. <laughs> well, then you just don't do it again. Sure. Okay. It, but it could be very, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, traumatizing. Because I was traumatized for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, I'm glad you shared that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, th- <laughs> thank you again, Michael. <laughs> the next email is titled Winter Heat 2022. Okay. And... <laughs> This is from Jeremiah. Hey, we have a Simplex event coming up this January. This will be our third year, my second, and I had a pla- a blast getting all this blast. <laughs> a blast getting almost 400 contacts. What? It's not a contest. What ended up happening is bringing Simplex to life. I had regional I had a regional gross that met what is that? What is a regional gross that met at certain times of the day and hung out for about an hour or more to do that exchange? I met a lot of new people being new myself. Mm -hmm. The first year was local. And this last one was almost nationwide. 600 ops and 50,000 contacts. Whoa. This is from the coordinator, W9ABS. The third annual Winter Heat Simplex event is just around the corner. Winter Heat 2022 is a month-long amateur radio Simplex event, Mm -hmm. January 1st, 2022 to January 31st, 2022. 
The goal and purpose is for amateur radio operators to make as many contacts as possible over a month-long period of time using only designated simplex frequencies. Oh, that's cool. Last year, the event had nearly 600 participants, logging almost 50,000 contacts. The event is open to all FCC-licensed amateur radio operators. All contacts shall be via voice, but can be either analog or digital. Cool. Fusion D-Star DMR. Event registration will start on or around December 10th, 2021. For more information, please see hamactive.com. All right. Well, the link is in the show notes, and the time is now if you want to check that out because it's uh, go time for uh, logging in, getting registered. Jeremiah says, I helped with a beta testing last year and doing promo this year. He's probably busy coding the new logging script, but I can see if he's available for a QA. Oh, if that would he's be fun. busy, I could do it. Oh, okay. Send me an email at hoshnasi at gmail.com. I'd like to ask for the list of questions you'd have so I can make sure I have accurate responses. I if always you know what do I mean. that. A bit of my secret sauce. Don't <laughs> Not trying to go to a uh, 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 repeat for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. There's a method to my madness. Thanks for your time, Jeremiah. Well, thank you for telling us about the winter heat. That sounds like a lot of fun. I love it. Good name, too. The winter heat. (laughs) It's like the quiet storm. The next team. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was. I was, I was waiting for a reaction. Yeah. I didn't get what you started going. You're like, oh, she missed it. Okay. Oh, so so much old school R and B. The Art LeBeau. Yes. Quiet storm. People are like, I don't, I don't even know it. If you're from Southern California and as old or older than us, yeah, you will know mm-hmm. because that was on the air for a really long time. Is it not on the air anymore? I don't know. It just might not be art anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, the next email is titled Handheld Antenna Testing, and this is from Don. Good Thursday to you, Josh and Leia. Josh, your talk on testing the handheld antenna was very insightful. Well, thank you. But there is a quicker way than what you did. (laughs) I personally would have set up my Nano VNA and Mm -hmm. calibrated it even for the throughput, Mm. then attach the antenna to the high port top and the radio to the low bottom and tested it through the software on the computer. And you know that Don knows what he's talking about because he's the RF field tech. Yeah, this was uh, this video was shot before the Nano VNA existed. Oh, I thought we were talking about the podcast from last week. How yeah. to test your... Yeah, but that was that whole video where I talked about doing that. The, that okay. whole video was shot before the Nano VNA existed. Okay. All right. Well, Don but I sign- like that idea. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. I'd probably do that in the future. Don signs off. 73 Don KE5 ADX, the RF field tech. Mm. See, for all things RF, you know. Forward me that email. You know, Don knows what he's talking about. Because that could be, yes. Mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> all right, Don. I it think you still like- need some distance, though. Don, that might have to, we might have to talk. It sounds like Don, you're gonna get some contact because you're gonna you're gonna overload the front end. So now I'm confused. On anyway, keep going. All right, the next email is titled "Congratulations, Leia." Okay, (laughs) and this is from Braxton. (laughs) I I didn't. didn't. (laughs) Okay, I'm waiting. 
Hi, Josh and Leah. <laughs> Love your show. I mostly work alone or spend several hours a day driving. I found the show several weeks ago. Welcome, Braxton. Yeah, welcome. I started at the beginning. Whoa. That's <laughs> impressive. And have been catching up since. That's dedication. Thank you. You were like, I found the show. I'm going to... But the beginning of the show, oh, on Podbean, right? Maybe. Is us. Yeah. But there is a section of this show. Where it's that, just my re-hosting right. the, yeah. the audio yeah, from my streams. All right. Well, Braxton says, I have made it to the beginning of 2021. That's, <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I did, however, skip ahead and listen to last week's episode before sending this email. What a it's, cheater. It's ham related, I kidding. promise. I'm just kidding. Spoiler alert, Leia has a call sign. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, oh, Braxton. Oh, could you imagine? You're like, <laughs> uh, okay, I, I see what's happening right here. I thought he was congratulating me on my general. And I'm like, we are nowhere near that. We're not there. <laughs> yeah. But yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. I did get my yes, tech. <laughs> she did. Yep. I am very new to amateur radio, but I tend to hyper focus hard when I'm interested in something. You know what, Braxton? I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for uh, shifting some of that hyper focus on us. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate. <laughs> the long podcast is great, and I know how important sleep is, so I will try to keep a long story short. Okay. My family and I are huge Clemson fans, college football. Mm, okay, got it. We yeah, have... I don't know. Thank you for the sports ball. Uh, <laughs> no context. Clue in there. Appreciate it. Had he not said college football, we would be like, uh, is Clemson... Uh... It's a long line of the Clemson family. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, is that an orange type <laughs> Clemson watch. Yes, the uh, the upstate Clemsons. <laughs> but yes, college football. We're with you. They were uh, diatonaceous earth magnates. We have season tickets and tailgate every game as a group with several people. I do love tailgate culture. We, we, we are oh. pro tailgate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes us a bit of bandwagoners because we're basically raw, raw, whatever team we ended up mm -hmm. tailgating for like all the fans right yep. uh, sure yeah <laughs> absolutely but tailgates are amazing they are yes. we do not have that culture we do not here. have that culture makes me sad this year we have a new satellite setup that for some reason excludes local channels we were trying to get channel 13 over the air but couldn't we had some conversation about cheap digital HD antennas. Mm -hmm. I have bought them in the past and know they are mostly, if not all, junk. I started researching over-the-air TV frequencies and directional antenna design. Fun fact, a channel listed as VHF may actually be broadcasting on UHF frequency. Anyway, it didn't take long before the searches started coming up <laughs> related to ham radio. Gotcha. <laughs> Fast forward several weeks, still no Channel 13. <laughs> but I got my head radio license. But I did just pack, pass my tech and general. All right. <laughs> what started out is looking for a TV <laughs> frequency. I'm now a ham. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's amazing. How, could you imagine? That that hyper focus got you so far. You were like, I want to watch over the air TV. I want to put pictures on my 
screen thing <laughs> that I bring out for the tailgate. Now he's doing SSTV, you know? It's, <laughs> it's his own show. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing ham TV to the tailgate party. Yeah. That's the jam right there. Or, that's Fast Scan so, TV. Fast TV, by the way. Braxton continues, mm-hmm. and everyone is getting a Balfang, getting ah. Balfang radios for Christmas. I programmed the radios to help keep them out of trouble, keeping it legal-ish. Legal-ish. Okay. <laughs> There's another T-shirt idea. It just says Balfang. It says keeping it legal-ish. <laughs> it's a picture of a Balfang. Yes. It says keeping it legal-ish. Okay. Legalishly Balfang. <laughs> all right. Well, Braxton signs off. Thanks for all the joy and knowledge you share. 73 Braxton. That's an amazing story. That's great, Braxton. That is Thanks for listening, man. One of the most interesting journeys to have <laughs> I have ever heard. Well, you see, my TV didn't work one day. I just wanted to watch reruns of MASH. There was like a TikTok trend where it was like and now i'm pregnant what it was like and and it was always ended up with like a woman holding a baby a huge baby okay do you remember what i'm talking about that whole trend uh-huh. what was the thing don't know, don't know. okay Mm-mm. no All no right. now i'm pregnant no it was a, a kylie no it, it wasn't a tiktok it was like a kylie jenner meme and now i'm pregnant i have no idea what okay. you're talking about all right yeah i'm sorry i know it's outside the tiktok by the way leia not a memer outside of TikTok. You have no memeology. You have no meme. I mean, like anthology I in your brain, huh? I mean, light. You're meme-ish. Yes. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled "There's no poop in the future." Star Trekking. I got this email and I didn't read it. <laughs> I, I saw this huge wall of text and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope." That's for the podcast. <laughs> and I didn't read it, so I'm going in blind too. And this is from Michael. Josh and Leia, there's no need to teleport poop in the future because their replicated food is more a fabrication of the perfect balance of nutrition and flavor that yields no solid waste. They've advanced beyond the three shells demolition man to an age where there are no solid waste and liquids are easily deposited in bathing facilities. This is, I I have posited this, this. I have posited the... Perfect you nutrition. Did. You did for for weeks. There's now. just no poop. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mike. Yeah. There's just no poop. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with me for a minute, I'll take you on a journey. <laughs> Do I need popcorn? If you is this going to be an internet fight again? <laughs> as all first fathers know, there is poop in babies when they're born. Yes. So you're basically telling me that there is. No solid waste. That would be impossible because what goes into your solid waste? Fiber. Blood cells. So unless the replicator figured out a way of getting rid of your wasted blood, that's what's in your stool. So that's not true. Hmm. So you didn't smart your way out of this one. Thanks for playing, though. <laughs> That's why. I got to go back. So why is poop brown? Blood cells. Thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't see that one coming, did you? 
I have to, I, I gotta go back. Uh, but uh, also the, the poop that babies give off is horrible. And so I was just thinking like, could you imagine the people that are on the Starship Enterprise when they have to, they have to poop once a year uh, and it's that? Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> What's the name well, for that? Michael, What's the name for that? Muconium. It is Muconium. Yeah. yeah. Poof, man, that's, that's rough. Michael continues, now for the radio bits. Newly minted ham, October 9th, 2021, past the tech and general. Congratulations. Congratulations, Michael. Man, I just, I love it when people write in to celebrate mm-hmm. their, new, their new licenses. So it's the best. Yeah. Ham radio's dying, by the way, Lynn. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. Apparently not. Mm, I, yeah. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> well, what do I know about this? I, well, I guess it depends on like the rate that people are getting licensed versus expiring. Oh my goodness, Leah. That. I mean, the license is expiring. We're all not having the a good people time. Expiring. Oh. The license is expiring. No, the people expiring is literally a <laughs> thing to worry about. You went dark. I'm That's just, the only where you go. I've got no. I've no. I'm no. I'm the bringer of the touch lamp, the giver of light, okay? <laughs> I mean the lamp is the giver of light. I just buy the touch lamp. Mm-hmm. You know. So the bringer I of the thing that brings light. Yeah. So I gotcha. I'm like, you know, I didn't go dark. I meant licenses expiring. Cuz yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm receiving my first HF rig for Christmas. Woo! An IC 706 MK 2, uh, two G. Yeah, Mark 2G. MK is Mark. Mark 2G. Oh. 706 Mark 2G is a legit HF radio. You can't. I mean, they're what, all in the used market. They don't make you, it anymore. They're really what good. What do you though. mean legit HF radio? It's like this one is impersonating an HF radio. This one. <laughs> This one's legit, though. Legitness. <laughs> no, it's it's a very good HF radio. Well, it is good for the time, and it's still just as good a radio, and it retains its value very well. People will pay very good money for that radio. Good radio. All right. Mm-hmm. I'd like to use it while walking the dogs and nope. have the... I'm kidding. <laughs> dogs hate it. <laughs> they will not walk in the vicinity of this radio. That's the one downside. <laughs> yeah. And have the intention. It was a horrible, that's how we found this out was a horrible situation. It was the Anirondack race. Oh. It was the first dog sled portable HF radio. Oh no, it's not the Adirondack, it's the Iditarod. God, I hate it when, I hate it when I pull an esoteric term out of my brain and then I have to self-correct myself. So that I people did. don't, e- feverish email. I, I also like to think of all the people who begin typing. <laughs> And then they're like, damn, got it. <laughs> I tried to tell the kids about Huskies because on Thanksgiving, yeah. one of your family's traditions is to watch a dog show <laughs> on oh, TV. The American okay. Kennel Club. And so the kids saw the Husky. Who, who was it who came at me that they're and like, no, Thanksgiving is the Westminster dog show. And I'm like, me. you shut your mouth. It was me. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. I was like, I think it's a Westminster dog show. And you were like, that makes no sense. They don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) 
yelling at me about dog shows, man. So they saw a husky and I was like, it's a, that's a cold weather dog. But then I was trying to tell the kids that there's a race where these dogs pull people. I'm like, can you imagine? I just want to point out, it's a living thing. It's a team of them, though. Yeah, but it's a living thing that uh-huh. is at its peak performance when it's in the negatives. Right, like that's, right. That's when it's like warmed up. It can't, it's like an indie car. Like you can't let the tires get too cold. Yeah. Uh-huh. They always have to be super hot because it's got to travel at over like 100 miles an hour at mm-hmm. all time. Otherwise it gets too cold and then it loses traction. Right? Yeah, I was ex- trying to explain to the kids that it's actually not really good to have a husky in Southern No, California. well, I'm not going to at not, anybody yeah. about huskies, but like, no, these are dogs. It's like they're, they're working dogs. Mm-hmm. You can't just... It's cute. I want it. You have to have respect for this lineage of this breed, right? right? And and what they're supposed to be doing with that energy they have. And so the next day, I showed them videos of the Iditarod, and they spent like half an hour watching Iditarod. Whoa! There's a there's a Disney movie. I told them about it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, I didn't know about the movie. I, I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. It was good. I don't even. God, what's the freaking movie now? <laughs> okay. Now I can't pull that esoteric term. <laughs> Well, Michael continues <laughs> while he's walking the dogs. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where we left off. And have the intention of building, I think it's called a man pack. Iron Will. I. Oh, when was that? 1994. Amazing. There is literally a blog that is titled 25 Best Dog Sledding Movies of All Time. What? I didn't even know. There's 25 of them? <laughs> There's maybe more. <laughs> I want to DIY as much as possible, Michael says, particularly the antenna and bag setup. Mm-hmm. I'm in a rural area. Two meter simplex is dead. There are two repeaters in neighboring counties with some activity, but they're out of transmitting range of my five watt HT, Yesu FX1 XD and signal stick. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in digital yet. I really want to cut my teeth on analog. Good. Now the part where you come in. One, can you recommend a man pack build? They're all homebrew mostly. Okay. Two. I mean, so you get like an Alice pack, an okay. Alice pack frame. All right. You put the antenna mount, you know, that's kind of your ground plane. So you would mount your, like you could get an automotive car mount, like a diamond car mount, mount it to the, the, the pack frame and use that as a vertical. And then you could probably put just a mobile radio vertical antenna off of it. If you want to go HF though, there's a couple of other options, but I don't know if these go in there yet. Ah, uh, yeah. And then you need battery and then go mobile radio. Well, that's your the head next one. That close to the transmitter is probably not a great idea. So you crank mm-hmm. down the power when you're walking and then where you get to your going, you know, put the thing down and power up. <coughs> the next question is, what antenna setup would you recommend for pedestrian mobile man pack? I, I want to make sure. So here's one of those back, you know, the, the background info thing. He's only talked about vhf uhf right now right is he talking about hf because that's a different animal uh he is talking about um transmitting to a repeaters in neighboring counties yeah that's that's what i heard too mobile radio mobile radio mount uh for like a car 
Get a okay. quarter wave, uh, two meter, 70 centimeter vertical for a car with a car mount and mounted to an Alice pack frame or a backpack that has a frame. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. All right. And the last question is, what bands or frequencies would be practical and useful? Yeah, see, this is where I'm getting thrown off again. Because um, he was talking about two meters just a bit ago or 70 centimeters. Well, he's saying that two meter simplex is dead. There are two repeaters in neighboring counties with some activity, mm -hmm. but out of his transmitting range. Yeah, so that makes me think he's talking about HF. Yeah. He, well, he's receiving his first HF rig. Right, right? with the 706 mm -hmm. Mark IIG. Um, okay, so if you're going, if, if you want to man pack HF, you got pretty much two options. You can go vertical. The problem with the vertical, and literally people do this, they will drag a wire behind them for the radial. Like a radial cut to resonance for the antenna vertical that they have. The dog might get tangled up in that. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that's kind of a nightmare. Uh, other people will use a mag loop, but having a mag loop that close to your head is also not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might get RF burns. So right? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not um, I'm not a a man pack. A lot of and by the way, man pack can mean a lot of things. It could just mean you like your go bag radio that you take out into the field and then you set it up. Uh, if that's the case, and fed half wave all day, get yourself like a pack tenna or get something that's specifically designed. Throw it into a tree or just bring a mast and do it that way. There's plenty of different options for that. That's what I would do if you truly want pedestrian mobile which is what they kind of connotate that as, then you kind of have to go the vertical route with a radial or you're going to run a mag loop, which is kind of not a great plan necessarily. You you can do it, just, you know, keep your power low. So you're probably running QRP um, in, in those cases. You're not going to want to run 100 watts into that thing next to your head. That's okay. my tip. Yeah. Well, keep, Michael, keep it safe. Michael signs off. Thank you both for being the voices of ham in my ear with no ability to make contacts in my current ham shack situation. I rely on podcasts to get my fix and there are only a couple worth listening to. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for uh, making us one of the ones that you do listen to. Appreciate that. And that's Michael KA4AMP. P.S. went looking on the HRCC website for the correct spelling of Leah's name. That's L-E-A-H. Mm-hmm. And didn't see her listed anywhere. There are many episodes in which I hear her voice more than yours. She's only mentioned in a nonsense sentence on your about page. I I made the entire yep. website. Blame so, Leia for her yeah. own references to herself on the website or hamtactical.com. On the about page, it says, I don't like to toot my own horn, but my wife is writing this. So here's some highlights to my amateur radio experience. I wrote the website, mm -hmm. but the about me page... <laughs> Is written in first person. <laughs> Great. This is fantastic. So I was posing as Josh <laughs> writing. So if you wanted to make sense of that, <laughs> that's where that came from. That's that's fun. She's not at least on the team page. Got to fix that. So uh, we do have a team page. Leah, fix it. <laughs> The team is really for the uh, the admin yeah. mod team. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to add Scotty on that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for, I mean, I could add me, but mm -hmm. in, in terms of like any kind of useful knowledge or really any uh, functional administration of the Discord, I'm useless. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> putting me on there would uh, not really help anybody. You could give yourself the title of figurehead. Yeah. So every there, I have received like requests for tech help on mm-hmm. the Discord. <laughs> right. Like maybe a couple times. Yeah. And every time I just have to go directly to the team and go. I need an adult. Somebody has a question. <laughs> help <laughs> i need help so yeah i'm not i'm not on the team page because i i can help no one <laughs> for right. the things that are right related to that but thank you i i appreciate it and i appreciate the email and all of the nice words i hope josh kind of answers your question otherwise email us back with a little bit more background on what you're trying to do and then i can sure. help you out further all right, now it's time. <gasps> it's the final email. Okay. All right, the next email is titled Quick Email and Song. <gasps> and this is from a volunteer podcast <laughs> co-producer, Nathan. Uh, here we go. Hello, coffee drinkers. Honestly, when I have coffee, oftentimes I have stomach issues that cause me to need to stay near the facilities for a while. <laughs> okay. Like, um, drink less, more slowly. <laughs> that is, that's, yeah. That's my advice. And not on an empty stomach. Mm, okay. Yeah. Sure. That's have it with, you know food yeah mm-hmm. and you know maybe some oat milk Let's... your finest replicator food <laughs> maybe some frothed oat milk frothed up I really hate well. oat milk god why do you say that because it doesn't taste good it doesn't it's taste super good. creamy it it doesn't taste good what about the the chai oat milk latte that was the closest thing that you had to good that was keep going oat milk is my favorite creamer oh no yeah (laughs) am i drinking coffee incorrectly nathan asks should i try a different kind of roast darker should i make sure i eat with my coffee yes less sugar milk change milk i like the flavor and such and would like to drink it more but i need to find my way to not have issues i figure you might know something about coffee with your limited edition coffee beans and even and you even podcast host site is called pod bean mm-hmm. yeah i drink it black this <laughs> this podcast has been bean related longer than we all knew all these questions are for the podcasters and listeners. If you have different ideas than Josh and Leia, hit me on Discord or look me up on QRZ. Okay. Yes. Eat with it, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and if you're not lactose intolerant, I don't know that the milk matters so much. Okay. But uh, make it l- a little less coffee. And what? drink it more slowly. Okay. You know, just don't. I generally do when I have a coffee, mm-hmm. drink it over the course of like an hour or so. Okay. So I'm not, you will slam like a cups whole pot and cups yeah. or mugs and mugs. Yeah. Just, 
Till I shake. That's how I know it's, it's in there. It's, I remember we went to go visit your dad and your dad used to be a Keurig guy. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he had a coffee pot the last time we went up. And he was like, well, I couldn't have you making fun of my coffee maker anymore. I didn't even make fun of it. Sure you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> anyway. Drink a lot of coffee. So now he, there's like a whole pot. Right. And I'm pretty sure you drank the vast majority of Easily. the pot. Yeah. Easily. You'll just keep on brewing. Uh, generally, yeah, generally two brews, and it's not a full pot. It's not like a family style, like size pot. Okay. Like three okay. or f- three cups or so in a pot. Um, I'll run and I'll drink probably two thirds of every pot. <laughs> so there is this thought about coffee mm-hmm. and how um, if you don't buy like single origin coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they'll mix in like kind of worse beans mm-hmm. with good beans. Who told you this? The coffee thought? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of theories about like how to make the best coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, and when I say best, I don't mean just by flavor, but like a nootropic life hacking kind of coffee situation. Okay. Like there's people who believe in bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Right. Good. And how that really gets your mind in the perfect uh, operating space. That you do drink on an empty stomach. Right. Right. At least I did. Because it's like loaded with butter. (laughs) Well, butter and uh, MCT oil. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of different theories. I'm I'm not going to tell you any of them because I don't actually know the science behind yeah. it. But get, try it different ways. <laughs> you know what the problem with bulletproof coffee is? It's cleaning the Vitamix after. I know it's so oily. It's such a pain in the butt to clean that thing. I just, lo- I like bulletproof coffee. I would I would continue to do it. It's a pain in the butt to do. And I know people use that little spinny whisk thing, but it's not as good as a Vitamix. It's just not. Yeah, because when you put it into a Vitamix, it... It emulsifies everything. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's fantastic, but nope. But then it's an oily mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Nathan and listeners, if if you want to give Nathan some tips on how you overcame... Uh, coffee nausea it sounds like and digestive issues growing up anytime like i had a stomach problem because like i i was fine with breakfast but i was usually too busy to necessarily sit down and have a breakfast Mm -hmm. toast oh toast without butter just toast Uh, toast with avocado though no yeah if you got the time for it sure and and if you got the time for the butter sure but if you're going to think you're going to have a stomach problem throwing butter on top of that's probably not the way just a piece of toast. Grab a piece of toast, toast it up on the way out. Or maybe better. Maybe the butter makes it better. Sure, but again, he's he's trying things out. So okay. um, just a piece of toast and coffee, that's sometimes fine. <clears throat> you know, if you really want to jazz it up, hmm. a cigarette. Wow. That's... <laughs> I'm kidding. That'll really... So the weird thing is that I think that some people actually drink coffee and have a cigarette with the expectation of doing exactly what Nathan is trying to avoid. <laughs> like models, for instance. Right, right. <laughs> Not eat. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Well, Nathan continues after that thrilling conversation. Let's get to what the podcast is about. Ham radio. I actually had a little break in transmitting recently with life and other things going on, but I got back on and hunted a number of poda parks a couple of days ago. Nice. Good to be back on. Lastly, you know, when you have headphones on, turn up the volume to hear someone better on the radio and then bam, someone tunes up. <laughs> it just blows your ears out. Yeah. The agony. Or when you have a whistler during a contest or POTA activation. My song this week deals with this. This is fully parody and in no way meant to shame those that do it. But maybe they could whistle then ID or whistle in Morse code their call sign. Just saying. Or do what the DXC, uh, the DX code of contact suggests, which is tune up off frequency. Right. Slide off of the frequency, tune up, and then slide onto the frequency. The song is called Somewhere on the Air. Enjoy. Please play it, Josh. Somewhere on the air, beneath the earth layer sky, <laughs> someone's talking to me and rag chewing tonight. Somewhere out there. Someone's transmitting from a park <laughs> that's on a frequency I like. So I'll just tune up on there. <laughs> frequency. And even though I know I don't own the frequency, it helps to think that I can show them my whistling skills. <laughs> And when I start to whistle a tweedly diddle tweet, I hope they'll get annoyed and leave my frequency. <laughs> We're here out there. If we are left alone, then we'll rag together until someone whistles for us to. Okay, very good. That was that was funny. Uh, just reminder, everybody: tune up off frequency. <laughs> Highly recommended. It's so Nathan's really got me in the feels. I grew up in an era where children's movies made you cry. Yeah, and I, okay. I didn't like Fifel. I loved An American Tale. No, didn't that, like it. That was one of the movies that I watched over and over again oh, as a no. kid. Oh, no. I was definitely Land Before Time. Also Land Before Time. Yeah. I used to watch these movies and just cry. <laughs> that was... Did you... God, I still remember, like... It was like an age where parent puts tape on, child doesn't fully understand how to stop and rewind tape, mm -hmm. so you just let it play, and then the movie started again at some point. <laughs> so That was like the, okay, movie's over, busy yourself with He-Man or whatever, and then uh -huh. when the movie starts again, come back. 
I used to watch Land Before Time just to cry. What? <laughs> that might be a girl thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Billy, this is so sad. <laughs> okay. All right. Littlefoot's mother. <laughs> Thank you so much for an, another. She gave him a tree star. <laughs> oh, it's a leaf. <laughs> They're stupid dinosaurs. <laughs> Their body to brain ratio is insane. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you again for your amazing musical stylings, Nathan. Thank you and for that, Nathan. Nathan signs off. 73K1, amazing, Nathan in Southern Vermont. I feel that if I keep trying for the last email, it will only make the podcast longer. So if sometimes I happen to get it, great. No worries either way. Your life balance is more important than my email. <laughs> I realize now that when I keep typing this paragraph, it lengthens the podcast. Sorry. Nathan, <laughs> don't feel bad about lengthening the podcast, but congratulations on the last email. You made it. You did it. All right. Leia. Leia, would you like to take a test? I suppose so. That's... All right. I am on question 17 of 35. Okay. It reads... Which of the following is a typical application for direct digital synthesizer? What is that? DDS? <laughs> Keep going. It's different from DDR, you know? Yeah. A, a digital voltometer, voltmeter, mm-hmm. volt, voltmeter, a voltometer. What does it say? <laughs> it says voltmeter. <laughs> okay. B, a digital mode interface between a computer and a transceiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. C, a high sensitivity radio direction finder. Correct. Computer. Stop. Computer. Stop. What did it think I said? I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping she would tell me the answer. <laughs> no. Uh, so that's C, a high sensitivity radio direction finder, or D, a high stability variable frequency oscillator in a transceiver. Mm. I'm going to go with A, a digital mode. No. <laughs> well, oh, that was B, a digital mode interface between a computer. That's wrong. It's D, a high stability variable frequency oscillator in a transceiver. In a transceiver. Yes. What makes that digital? It's a digital conversion from analog. What? So it's it's like a processing body. So it is a <sighs> chip or multiple chips that does audio processing in the body of the radio to do something. Generally, this is all received stuff um, on the output. All right. The next question reads, what is a beta or hairpin match? Okay. A, it is a series capacitor selected to cancel the inductive reactance of a folded dipole antenna. Okay. B, it is a shorted transmission line sub placed at the feed point of a Yagi antenna to provide impedance matching. C, it is a section of 300 ohm twin lead used to match a folded dipole antenna. 
D, it is a quarter wavelength section of 75 ohm coax in series with the feed point of a Yagi to provide impedance matching. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with B. It's a shorted transmission line stub placed at the feed point of a Yagi antenna to provide impedance matching. You got it. Did you watch my video with the modern rogue? This is so awkward. It's it's literally <laughs> it's literally like a folded piece of wire, and it's there for impedance matching. I have actually watched the video, and that so, little piece of wire um, yeah. helps you get the impedance of the Yagi to match your transceiver, which yes. is the point. Yeah, and it's called a beta or hairpin match. I've always called it a hairpin match. I've never called it a beta, but sure, sure, it's like the most beta of matches. Yeah, what what is the new thing? There's like an alpha Sigma. male. A sigma male. And what is the difference between... I don't know, actually. Uh, yeah. It's like the It's alpha. like the anti-alpha. It's oh. like the kryptonite of alpha. Oh, I thought it was just like a bunch of alphas that came up with like a new thing to We're make. like more alpha. Yeah. We like found another <laughs> Greek letter that's like pretty... We played Mega Man X growing up. It's like our dad's Super Nintendo game we found. It's pretty sweet. So we're Sigmas now? We're Sigmas. <laughs> There's right. like dudes that are really into that. Like ride or die. Like they get. Sigmas? It's like. No offense, guys, who really align yourself with this, but this is starting to feel a little bit like astrology chicks. I I thought it was not like based on woo, though. It's just a, a identifier for the type of male they personality they have it's not that it's based on woo it's that the people who are like ride or die about it like the the people that are making tiktok videos that their channel is like alpha learn how to be a sigma yeah like that's like that's a lot all right it's a lot of energy you're putting out there (laughs) you radiating harness harness that energy (laughs) into a tiktok okay the next question says, what is impedance? Oh, okay. This should be in the in the wheelhouse. A, the force of repulsion between two similar electric fields. B, the inverse of resistance. C, the opposition to the flow of current in an AC circuit. D, the electric charge stored by a capacitor. And it is C, the opposition of flow of a current in an AC circuit. Good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next question reads, what portion of the AC cycle is converted to DC by a half-wave rectifier? A, 180 degrees, B, 360 degrees, C, 90 degrees, or D, 270 degrees? Mm. <laughs> 90 degrees. No, it's 180 degrees. I should have. You should have mathed it. Should have mathed half it. one half mm-hmm. of a whole. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's that's like that's where two you on turn the nose. around in a circle. Do you think it was a, a, a ham trick? Yes. <laughs> it's a subtle ham trick. I was like, is it different because it's like a wavelength instead of a circle? <laughs> you know what? Okay. All right. And this is my last question okay. for today. Mm-hmm. 
Which of the following connectors would be a good choice for a serial data port? A, type SMA, B, DE9, C, PL259, or D, type N? I don't want to go with A, type SMA. That's wrong. That's B, DE9, which I I don't know what that is. Okay. Read A, C, and D again. SMA. A is type SMA, C is PL259, or D is type N. Those are all antenna connectors. But oh. the question was serial connection, oh. like to a computer. I see now. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so that was just straight up antenna. Sick burn test, thanks. <laughs> and and that's, that's literally one of those questions. Like often the questions in the testing pool are like two that are kind of subtly close mm-hmm. and then two you can you can get rid of. Uh-huh. That's one of those ones where if you just know the difference between like computer stuff and antenna stuff, uh-huh. you're good. You're oh. good. You can omit three of them. There's the answer. Straight up. So tricksy. Was it? I don't know anything about computer stuff, so. You don't know anything about computer I stuff. I mean, I know some things about computer so stuff. So the craziest but... thing about this is like if no, you probably didn't have a serial connector on a, on a, on your modem for your BBSs. They were all uh, like phone cable. Yeah. Like that type. True. Interesting. Okay. All right. So the show topic, as some of you have already figured out by the title, big trouble in little, I don't know if it's going to be China radio or Chinese radio. Okay. What do you prefer? Grammatically correct would be Chinese radio. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the the title of the movie is Big Trouble in Little China. Anyway, so the uh, the Shegu X sixty one came out, right? We talked about it on a couple of podcasts. Yeah, I've done a couple. And of videos X is going to give it to you. That's right. I've talked about it on a couple of uh, videos, and it has got some interesting comments from people. So I'm going to start this off. So I got a comment, and by the way, I've got a lot of comments on this topic, and we're going to try and break them down and talk through them a little bit. But we're going to kick it off with this comment to start. So Andy Cowley, who's on all the live streams, he's out there all the time, great ham radio operator, says it's a good radio, be great when all the bugs get sorted or are sorted, Mm -hmm. okay? And somebody replies, Andy, true. And this is uh, VE3FAL Fred, who also has one of these radios. He got one of these radios before, like most people did. Okay. He says, true, found a bug in one, and I and I have already. So Randy AB9GO replied and says, good luck on the bug fixes. If the G90 and the GSOC software, these are all uh, Shegu products. Mm-hmm. One's a radio, the other's in a screen. Oh, didn't the... The, the G-Sock was, failed terribly. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Is any indication of future performance, I'd buy the TX-599, which is a Russian-made radio. That's the one that looks super cool. Yeah, the all-metal one? Yeah. yeah. Or the 705. Shegu really, really needs to step up their game. Software development is haphazard at best, and after the warranty is up, how do you get the radio repaired? No service literature or schematics are available, which is true. No official service center exists in the United States or Europe that I'm aware of. The hardware needs to be shipped back to China, so this effectively makes the radio a throwaway on anything but a simple repair. 
I have a G90 and I like it, but the lack of documentation and slow to non-existent software updates are a concern. I kept the G90, but also bought this, bought a 705. Certainly far from perfect, but if I need a repair part, I can get it and service literature is downloadable on the internet. So there's a couple of things going on in that comment. I'm curious as to why this company got into producing ham radios, because it's not actually a massive market, right? Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, the majority of radios come out of countries where there's a very large ham-like community, right? right? Like right. Japan, well, lo- lots of hams in Japan, mm-hmm. right? The U.S., <laughs> Hams, lots of hams in the U.S., right? right? I don't know about Russia. Does Russia make a lot of hams? Yeah, a lot of hams. Yeah, a lot of hams. But for a country as large as China Oh, it's not just a lot of hams, but they're passionate about ham radio. Right. Like, it's it's an old, you know, long thing that they've been supportive of for a long time in Russia. So in China, Mm -hmm. which is just a massive population of Tiny amount of hams. 90,000 hams. Mm -hmm. Why did they get into it? Because they're they're selling products to America that they think America wants. Right. So they have actually no clue. Well, they I think they're basing their their business models off of consumer tactics. Sure. And Who are they copying? Well, let me let me get what I think why they're going this route. Mm-hmm. Baofangs. <laughs> Straight up, they Baofeng was made. And then it created a litany of copies of the Baofeng. There are many variations and copies by other Chinese companies or just rebranded Baofengs that are sold to Americans. And it's a huge market because the people use it that are way outside of ham radio. It's, How did they get the G, uh, the G90 is not a terrible radio. No, the G90 is the best Shegu radio that's been produced. Who do they copy? As far as I know, there's it's it's not really a copy. It's like a it's a Chinese radio. Huh. But if if you're considering the the market pressure, why there's people that are going after this, right? Mm-hmm. From a if you were just looking at it purely from like a business standpoint. Yeah. Baofeng was huge. Sure. Still is huge. Mm-hmm. Tons of people buying Baofengs. But the HF market, much smaller. Sure. So if Shegu comes out and they produce radios that are popular, they become the Chinese equivalent of a Baofeng, just with a smaller market cap. The problem is is that the cost of that radio is much higher than a Baofeng. I mean, the Baofeng got traction because it's dirt cheap for a ham radio. It's dirt cheap for a ham radio, relatively easy to use, and Americans, by and large, there are far more technicians then there are generals and extras. Right. And then the people that would use said Baofeng is wider than ham radio. Right. Again, like yeah. GMRS, FRS, whatever. Regardless, Shegu kind of hit the market with the X5105, which was a QRP radio that looks more similar, more akin to the X6100 mm-hmm. than the, the G90 does. And it had problems out of the chute, and it had some firmware issues, and there was a tumultuous path to get it updated. Uh, then the G90 came along, better radio, better firmware updates, and that's that radio was actually very popular. If you if you were to talk to retailers that had it, 
they sold more G90s than they did the X5105, right? Okay. So yeah. China as a byproduct of that, and I'm saying China, I know China's huge, but Chegu, you know, they focused more of their development efforts on the radios that sold more. Sure. So the G90 got more updates and better updates. Yeah. Now, to take a step back for a, se a second, let's compare and contrast that to Japanese radios. Japanese radios, it would be like a dishonor if you released a radio that had a lot of bugs in it. Yeah. It would be a very bad thing because, again, Japan has a, a long, proud lineage of ham radio. Yeah. They have the best companies that produce ham radios on a wide spectrum, mm -hmm. right? All handhelds, mobiles, HF. Some of the best radios are Japanese radios. So now you have uh, Shegu, which is kind of an upstart in this market. They come out and they start releasing these radios that have bugs. Right. They come out, they have problems. And I think hams see them and they go, we should just be able to firmware this out. Mm -hmm. They think that it's kind of like a, an easy thing to firmware problems. It'll get like. better. It'll get better. But to the Chinese, as we've seen with the G90, it is often a game of, we will spend the money on the radio that sells. Right. So the G90 got the updates. The X6105 got a, a couple of good updates, one big major upgrade. But then it kind of just got ignored. Mm -hmm. So now the, this um, X6100 hits the market. And between the G90 and the 6100, you had the G-SOC, which right. was the just Terrible. flop. It yeah. was not good. Arguably one of the worst things that, that Shegu did. And it hurt its its uh, market a bit. Yeah, the brand is <coughs> now not, not trusted to know exactly what it's doing. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is that a lot of people are now looking at some of the Chinese radios, particularly when released to the market, as they are the beta testers for the radio. Well, that's what it sounds like is happening. Right. But because, at the same is it time, because they don't have enough ham radio operators to understand the market? That is possible. So it, it, it's somewhat a, um, it, to China, ham radio is kind of a new market, right? And also, because they don't have a lot of hams, they're not, it feels like when I'm looking at some of these radios, it feels like they don't know the the user space like they don't understand the end user needs for some of the radios right i mean politically speaking i don't know that china wants there to be ham radio operators right it is a method of communication that they can't control right 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 so it's almost like you have i don't want to say blind person but but somebody who doesn't fully see the the market that they're trying to sell to they don't understand their consumer right they they understand their consumer via how many product how many units are sold right and then that's where they focus their intentions that is pretty much the exact opposite of what ham radio loves right ham radio likes to support the creators of products who are also a part of the community. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you see this all the time. There's like so many small makers. It, uh, yes and no. So interestingly enough, hams will open their doors wide for a single individual that is making a scrappy little radio that they sell in kit form. And if right. it has some bugs, 
people are like, well, you're just one person. Right. But I think no one's giving that uh, that space to to China for the radios they make. But why would they? Correct. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I'm, I'm trying to repaint what you're saying. I'm like restating it kind of. Well, so hams, hams are really flexible when it comes to like hams making a kit that right. may not be the best. Right. But then if a if a business retails a radio and it has problems, then hams are going to be the first people to point out this is not ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. Right. But while I was thinking about this this topic, I was remissed or reminded of growing up with video games. Okay. Where do most video games come from or had Japan. come from? Japan. Sony, Nintendo, Sega, big manufacturers that, again, it was a great <laughs> dishonor if you released a game that had bugs in it, mm-hmm. right? To the point that I think some games were pulled from market, from shelves if they had problems. Mm-hmm. But then the speed of video game marketing went up and how many sales were made and how many people were, were, were the demand went through the roof. And we got to the point of where we stopped using cartridges. But then things started to change when the internet got added to consoles mm-hmm. and CDs were produced because then all of a sudden you could have a base CD and you had a hard drive in your your console that you could release a patch. The company could release a patch, mm-hmm. fix some problems. So then that kind of opened the door to bugs getting out day one in video games. Mm-hmm. And then we got these concepts of zero-day patches or release-day patches. That's what video games became. We went from this world of like cartridges where this kind of pristine world where you bought that cartridge and it was... That was it. That was the game. And then we moved to this world where internet-enabled things allowed for manufacturers with closed architectures like PlayStations and Nintendos to update, not Nintendos necessarily, that came later, but PlayStations and Xboxes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We got this world where we could just, we could we could release the game. Let's take all the money. <laughs> we'll release the game okay. and then we'll patch it. And we'll we'll support it with patches up into the point that the people stop complaining enough. Right? Well, they we had, found market balance. Well, they had already built a good enough reputation that there was consumer trust. There was, but um, there there was also a time when the Xbox was the new thing in town, and nobody knew you know anything about it, right? Because it was like a large American based video game manufacturer but it was sony no xbox it was microsoft oh oh sorry sorry i right. was thinking playstation regardless they all started to go this route right where but you also get... microsoft was also already a trusted name in computing yeah but they patched all the time too right so they, they brought this idea of we'll just patch it out later to video games right but that's that's not what i'm getting at mm-hmm. i'm saying that if you have trust in a brand mm-hmm. you know that even if they release a bad product they will make it right uh, sure. Okay. So that's a good that's a good thing to bring back into ham radio. So then you have the gravitas of a brand that carries along certain respect. Microsoft had that. Right. Sony, Nintendo, etc. So then you to bring it back to ham radio, we have a bit of this new upstart company that hasn't fully bedded its respect. Right. That hams have for it with right. Shegu. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing though is that they're also 
kind of the one that's pushing the cutting edge in a way. How so? Because they are adding features to radios early, even though they're, they don't have firmware support in some cases. Mm. Right? So that's, that's kind of the wild thing. The, the reason why the Japanese radios are rock solid is because they're kind of behind the technological curve. They're implementing okay. things that we have a, a handle on, and they take the time to get a very good control of it before they release it. Okay. So that curated product you buy is going to work even if you kept it at firmware release, release mm -hmm. firmware. But the Shegu, or maybe the brand, and again, this is all just my thinking. Sure. It's, it's not based on somebody telling me, oh, no, yeah, we do that. They're releasing things before other brands are like, oh, hey, this is going to have, uh, so this, this X6100 has promised uh, full memory card control for things like recording QSOs and, and playing back audio recordings. It has Bluetooth and it has Wi-Fi. And this is all hardware that's baked in. It's all right. hardware that's okay. baked in. And it will do digital modes for decoding. It'll do CW decode, all that stuff. But some of those features in the firmware are not working. So Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are not so working. So they're selling things. Mm -hmm. They're So typically when something like this happens, mm -hmm. like for instance, Apple, right? Apple releases a phone. Right. And every feature they say is going to be in the phone mm -hmm. is there day one. Right. When you have it. Well, you're paying then, for that experience too. But Android phones might not have the same track record. But people, mm -hmm. when a new phone, especially like with the new form factor or whatever, mm -hmm. people will dissect these phones mm -hmm. and look into them and go, whoa, 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 there's something here right. in this phone that would allow it to do this, even though Apple hasn't said it will do this. So we believe that it will eventually be enabled. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But the problem is that when you sell things, you can't sell them on what they might do in the future. Right. Because oh, in no, reality, no, but, okay. you may never get it to work well because you released the hardware before you got the, the software mm -hmm. aligned with it. True, but also... Uh, nothing that is listed on the Shegu website, mm -hmm. that's what they included in the radio. It's its implied it's going to work. Right, right, and it doesn't. Uh, some of them, some of the features, like the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi. But that, or the that's, USB that's the problem. Control because, for keyboard. Because there's, there's this thing where when you give someone something, like when you're selling someone something, right mm -hmm. that you have to respect them as the consumer right right you can't be like oh i'm going to sell you something that does all of these things mm -hmm. i'm going to ship it to you it doesn't do all of those things but it's going to one day right right you know and then you're just going to have to trust me but that i'm going to release a patch that you then have to load onto the radio right, that you right. bought right right and they would have been better off saying, this is what the radio does, leaving mm -hmm. off everything that has the onboard hardware to do. Or, or noting it, right? Like, here's the hardware that's on board. 
And here's what's working in the current firmware. No, not even that. It well, I would be, do that. Because you always want to... As a ham, under, I would tell other hams that, right? Under-promise and over-deliver. And then let your market go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys, I got this radio. It does everything it says it's going to do. And also this. But I think that it's going to also do this. Right, right. Right? Because it's not like you're going to stop producing the radio and it's not like the market is evolving so quickly mm-hmm. that like somebody is going to or multiple somebody's are going to beat you to these features right right because you're literally custom building a radio like, right so why not just not say all of those things well so then this is and i i i don't i don't i didn't bring this topic up specifically because you're like the china expert i know you are chinese but you're 100 percent american but so here's kind of a question with 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 china is the idea to just let's get the market share and then we'll fix it in firmware like let's let's overstate our capabilities under deliver but we'll fix it in firmware because we think we can and we're just very confident no i think that because they're producing a product that they don't actually have a strong grasp of the end user mm-hmm. with which is with a ton of products that chinese companies push out not just in ham radio mm-hmm. right that they are saying what people want to hear mm-hmm. and they'll say whatever it takes to sell the item right because it's it, it's not even as heavily regulated over here like w- what are you going to do if like you end up suing this company okay whatever we fold we're going to open another and it's china company. how are you going like, to sue a yeah, chinese exactly. company exactly it's like so much like the ham radio watch i bought you that has a speculum in it mm-hmm. like there's there's a speculum yeah there's an element of uh we're we're going to market this in a way that we think will sell this item mm-hmm. right and if, if we sell it, great. If we don't, we're just going to move on to the next thing. Right. And I guess that's the kind of like buyer confidence that people should have with these radios. Right. And But you've already seen them not support radios that don't sell well. Right. That's not to say this couldn't improve in the future. I mean, at one point, you know, post-World War II, Japan, the quality of Japanese products carried kind of the same connotation we have now with Chinese products. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember when Japanese products were considered junk? Do you remember that? No. It was like in the 80s. Like the Japanese toys were like the the knockoff toys, the cheap plastics, the cheap toys were the big thing. That no. they, you don't remember this? Mm-mm. Wow. Nope. That's, that was a big part of growing up where you actually like flipped the toy over and went, oh, it was made in Japan. No. You don't remember? Wow. Okay. For me, I definitely remember this. This was like it's racist. No, it's why is that? <laughs> just you're kidding. Chinese. <laughs> so that's kind of like this weird dichotomy I find myself in because at the end of the day, if I if I make a video review on a radio, there's someone out there that's going to go and buy that radio, right? Mm-hmm. So now I have to consider. If you were to ask me, you know, 150,000 subscribers ago, 
should I just talk about this radio? I'd probably say, yeah, give me the radio. I'll talk about it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I'm in this situation where I have to like think about if I talk about this radio, I'm giving it a mouthpiece that is getting in front of people. No, I mean, I think if you're honestly reviewing something, because well, that's a problem. In reality, you you are not somebody who's like, oh, every radio is great. You're like, this is you're pretty unbiased. I think I I try to be, but even when I approach it, like I'm going to cover every feature, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you everything about this radio. I can't. Mm-hmm. There's things I'm going to miss, right? Yeah. And plus, I'm not the same operator as everybody. Right, right. So I don't I don't go as hard into Morse code on the aspects of Morse code for these radios. Right, but I mean, the idea that the radio could decode Morse code is a really big deal. No, but there there's other things. Like the, um, the G90 had a what's called a key clicks problem. Like it would, it would, when you would key down and and let up, it would actually, the waveform of the Morse code would be wider or splatter outside of the space it's supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And that was within the radio. That was outside the human control, right? The human would have let go of the key. They had finished keying their character and the radio would create basically spurious interference outside of where that operator wanted to be transmitted. Oh, wow. Right? Not not huge, but it was enough that people were upset by it, right? That's a level of detail that I often can't go into also because I'm not a CW operator, right? Right. So there's, there's a level of concern I have when I start looking at some of these Chinese radios where I'm like, do I even want to touch this stuff? Because it's it's getting to that point where they're so cheap because if you, okay, let me, let me, let me go even, let me go up to a, a level set. The 705 is my favorite radio, period. The ICOM right. 705 is my favorite radio. Right. People ask me. I couldn't tell. People ask me, <laughs> apocalyptic situation, you can only have one radio. And I've, I've been on Jason's Ham Radio 2.0 streams and other people's videos where we ask this question. And my answer is the 705. It is the Swiss Army utility tool of radio. Like it does mm-hmm. all the things. I bought it, I got mine, and I am absolutely in love with the feature set. It is packed with features and they all work. Right. Right. The level of confidence I I will go out into ridiculous situations and just go like I've got ten watts. And most of the time I'm only using five. And I'm gonna make contacts. I'm gonna be fine with that. But I'm I'm confident in the feature set. I know that I can make it work in the field and I'm happy. But then I start seeing, you know, things like the X6100 come out. It's half the price. See, that's mm. the problem. So now now we're, now we're tying into my, my big problem is this is all a, a, a dollar game at some point. Right. Americans are going to look at these radios, Europeans too, international mm-hmm. markets are going to look at these radios and go, this feature set is the same as the 705. But it's not. And it's half the price. And then it's not, right? Well, yes. Not all of those features work. Right. But it's but then they go, well, the features that aren't working aren't the features I'm gonna use now anyway. I care if it works in the future. Maybe I will do that stuff in the future. But right now, 
the 80% of features that work that it's shipped with, that's all I care about. And statistically, that's probably the majority, right? Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. When you do like a walkthrough on a radio, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody believes that every video you do is you endorsing a radio i hope it's not. just a walkthrough on a radio i hope so not. that especially for people who aren't near a retailer that has that radio in stock right or they're just people who love to see the new innovations that are happening in the ham radio space mm-hmm. they want to see the radio I, I i mean that's what i hope but at the same time now i have i feel like more responsibility than ever than to like to fully account for all the quirks and foibles that any radio has, and even when I l- approach it that way, it's impossible for me to hit them all. You know what I mean? Like it's it's feeling more like that when I look at a Chinese radio. I mean, I think it's fair that if a Chinese radio or any radio is representing that it has you know X Y Z feature set, that you test those feature sets. And then you say, honestly, it it works, it doesn't work, it's good, sucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that unless it's a video where you're like, I love this radio, or you're or somebody's asking you a question, you're recommending that radio, mm-hmm. that anybody would just watch your video and buy that radio because you did a walkthrough on it at all. Well, that's what I would hope. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of stuff I think about, right? That's keeps me up at night when I think about this kind of stuff. It's like, Oh my God, go to sleep, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough because (laughs) like there, there are literally people who, who are like, oh no, yeah, Josh said this is pretty good or they fix most of the bugs. Mm. Right. So, okay. That's probably good enough for me. And I'd rather. And what if it is good enough for them? I mean, you you are not the same user as other people. Yeah, I wasn't and, trying to turn this into like solving my my mental problems, mm. but um, I'm I'm kind of here's and and to put a cap on this because I think this is probably running into the the rand area a little bit. I think that in a lot of ways, Chinese radios pushing to put more hardware into radios for feature sense, even if it's not working, is a good thing. Yeah, because put it I think, in, but don't advertise that you've got that feature. Right, but I'm thinking high level, like market high level. Because I think that when they start saying, oh yeah, we're including all this stuff, the Japanese companies are listening. And they're also going to start pushing to include more of the stuff. Which at the end of the day means it's going to have a Japanese level of quality on it in the radio market that they've already established. That but all the more in. reason to not advertise features that don't work sure uh, uh, yeah i i don't i don't uh, from their brand's that. perspective mm-hmm. why not hide that feature so that your competition isn't also vying to put in the same thing and then every time you go okay well now releasing this firmware and now this works 
that's just going to create a bump in sales because you have now upgraded and it's a new marketing push. So instead of disappointing people when Wi-Fi and Bluetooth doesn't work, you ship the radio with the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Yeah, put it all in there. When you push out a firmware or every radio after subsequent date has this built in, then you can upgrade and new press release and we unlock this capability, go at it. That's really, yeah, that's the, that's the better way of doing it's it. Like to go back to video games, it's kind of like Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Like Animal Crossing was great here. Mm-hmm. You could tell that they had already built certain things for later releases. You didn't know what they were. You didn't know how they were going to work. Right. And then lo and behold, Animal Crossing like basically doubled what the game features were. Right. In in like a release that came a year and a half later, right? And I appreciate that we're talking about hardware activating yeah. hardware in a box versus yeah. purely software features. But then everyone got pricing. super yes. excited about yeah, yeah, it, yeah. started playing it all over again, mm-hmm. right? And the other thing is that if you underpromise mm-hmm. and meet or exceed those things, mm-hmm. right? Especially with with like technology equipment Mm -hmm. that people are spending a lot of money on. Yeah. You want them to be happy. You don't want them to receive something. It'd be like, well, we got your money. Ha ha. Right. We win. You want them to have a good feeling of your brand. Right. And then I would would hope. And then as you unlock things, then everybody who has your radio is so excited mm-hmm. about them suddenly getting what are new radio features right i like it yeah that's a that's a good way and then but then also your competition's not going oh they're doing that now we're going to put that in development you will have launched something and they will be over a year behind you. Well, more than that in the case of ham radio, but sure, I yeah, I. I see. Whereas, like, you're advertising a feature set now, and now mm-hmm. all your competition is working to implement that, and they now you have a smaller window of being the only game in town that does it. Plus, you disappointed people out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, Leia, this is this is wise words for marketing and features. I think. Mm, thank you. Now there is one uh, avenue that uh, I haven't gone into. There is, so here, here's an interesting thing, and, and we'll, we'll tie it up on this. So the one thing that the 6100 does that I don't think other radios have done, hmm. it's running Linux. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. Well, let me finish. So temporarily offline, mm-hmm. rooted it. Okay. So through him and some of the people on his Discord, they figured out the login password. Okay. So now they have full admin control of the radio. All right. They jailbroke the radio. They basically, rooting is another term for jailbreaking. Uh So now we have a radio that has uh, not working Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, Mm -hmm. but it's Linux-based. And that hardware will have Linux drivers that they can load at so the it could be access. open source it's not ne- we don't know but hypothetically in the world of hardware what we do know about hardware it is theoretically capable that we could buy this radio mm-hmm. and 
completely on the side of the Chinese re- re- Shegu releasing firmware mm-hmm. could be loading our own drivers and software on this radio right, right now. That's something I don't think that we would see from the Japanese or other manufacturers. Right. I think they would, would ratchet it down. But the looseness and the chaotic, so almost scenario, wild west of yeah. hardware, this is like hams finding a way. So this is, this is like the Japanese radios are like Apple, mm-hmm. but... The, Under-promising, over-performing. Right. But then the Shegu is like an android but like in full shenanigans mode like just we'll take all we'll take literally because they've got chinese hardware everywhere they're like let's just take all this chinese hardware the chinese have always been good in hardware they've been copying hardware for Mm -hmm. decades we'll we'll throw it into a box and then we'll figure out the software later because the user interface is not as great as the japanese Mm -hmm. radios etc etc but now you open up this world where hams being hams have to find a way particularly if something's broken oh man but what if you brick your radio at the next firmware update well it's it's mostly all eprom loaded so i think eprom loaded so there's already an image on there that they they'll never brick it really They'd, they'd have to do something super detrimental to do that which you can do with root access i'm not saying you can't um but it's kind of an interesting time because we both have the the software is underperforming for the spec sheet, but at the same time, now we have literally the capability to do some untold mm-hmm. number of things, right? Which I don't know that we would have the same ability. I mean, if I were Shigu, I would have, uh, I would not advertise that this is something that could be done, but I would partner with like uh, developers, basically. Oh yeah, they like don't want under under the table. Mm-hmm. To kind of make this a uh, like a hacker special kind of thing. Oh, you know? that would be. I mean, again, good marketing. That is how you would do this. Yeah. But yeah, no, they don't want people rooting the radio. Sure. They don't want this out there. But that's it's that's where we're at right now. Is that there are hams out there that can uh, directly Ham control. Savvy. So yeah, a lot of respect for that. That's that's super cool. Anyway, I think that's where we'll leave it. Um, it isn't. It's something that we're gonna keep talking about in the future as the evolution of Chinese radios happens. There's probably gonna be more Chinese radio companies that get into the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, things will get better over time, but at the same time, we can subtly get not the experience we want from the retail place, but through backdoor means we can also get in some cases more capability because theoretically where this could go we could have the x6100 have the soft we could load the software on it Mm -hmm. that could just have all the digital modes on the radio there's no radios that do this hypothetically yeah you could be running FT8. You could do all your WinLink emails technically on the screen of the Shegu capability, like at the at the peak level of capability. Would is that or is that where we are now? No. Right. Could that happen? Hypothetically, yes. Mm. Do I want you all to go buy this radio because of that potential future? Maybe not. Right. So that's where we'll leave it. Okay. 
Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot. 73. 73. And if you want to help us out, support us on Patreon. Show notes, links, it's all there. Thank you.